of our fifth year. Take their podcast. This is episode 244, not episode one. However, we have just celebrated our fifth year anniversary, and we couldn't be more excited to be here with you guys one more time. And we're going to keep going till the next five year anniversary. We're just going to start the clock over again until next week. Until, until next, until we're, we're like Pacific Rim, restart the clock. Yeah, our, our, the entire career starts over, so we both blip out of here right now. You oh come back in two episodes, I come back in 30. Oh my god, it's just fake nerds, brotherhood. So wait, wait, we have to restart? Oh no. Oh no! Oh, oh. <laughs> What's there up? It's episode oh, three. Batman versus Superman. <laughs> no, we should call it, uh, just like Marvel does, 244.1. Oh, mm. yeah, no. let's not because I hate that. Yeah, me too. Um, yes, yeah, Ryan. Mar- you said tomorrow does it. My brain went to Kingdom Hearts because at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts three, it's Kingdom Hearts two point nine, and I was, I had a whole conversation about that this weekend. Holy crap! That was that was funny. At least they did that after everything yeah. else that they named. Three hundred eighty-five days over two. <laughs> Nothing is as bad as zero point two birth by sleep of fragmentary passage. Let me no. introduce us. Sorry. Oh. I am Brandon C. McClure. With me, as always, is Ben Magnet. That's me. Sparks Witty. I mean, the opening of Kingdom Hearts 3 really was Nomura being just acknowledging he's up his own butt. It's true. <laughs> true. And Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me, and I'm here. Let's talk about things. We're a little later than we had anticipated, but we're back, and we've got links in the description below. Got a Did lot we? of links. We had a busy Ooh. week this week, guys. We did have a busy week. Uh, as I said, this was our fifth year anniversary celebration yesterday, just yesterday on June 12th. Uh, oh. So that is up. That is the first link I'll mention. Our fifth anniversary special is up now. Both the audio and the video are in the description below. Guys, check that one out. It's a blast. I'm about halfway through it right now. I've never rewatched anything we've done. I was <laughs> eagerly awaiting this one. Ooh, Yay. love it. I, I, it's now cleared for 720p. So Ooh. nice. There you High go. High quality. High quality. quality. So you get that you get that good shit. Get the good well, shit. Well, I was I, I was checking in on it just to make sure everything was running smooth while it was doing our live premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was all running at 360p. And I'm like, I mean, I know the webcam looks kind of shitty, but all the cameras shouldn't look this shitty. <laughs> um but that's yeah, about and yeah, I couldn't I be more to... excited. I couldn't be more excited to be to be celebrating our 50th anniversary um and what 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 better way to do it than with that special that sparks painstakingly put together and edited um and we appreciate all of the work that he'd put into that i just want to acknowledge that right up front because it's incredible um and and i do not think i'm overhyping it when i say it's probably the best thing we've ever done i really appreciate that thank you it was many hours pain was staked i am glad i did it I wish I could just talk about that all night, but I cannot because we have plenty of other things in the description below, such as a Basement Arcade pause menu episode where Ryan and Ben were joined by Inga from the Adult mm-hmm. Stalking Anime Plus. True. E3 predictions. Ben, you want to talk a bit about, about that? I will talk a little bit about that because E3 is going on. We're right in the middle of E3. More stuff True. is happening tomorrow. Um, and some of the stuff, uh, some of the companies that we were we mentioned in set predictions had their shows earlier today and boy howdy was i wrong on a lot of those same <laughs> same god damn 
It happens. Not, not only that, so right before we started recording, I actually went on IG Live. Mag, who's probably watching us right now, watched me do a quick little rant on set. It was just about the Square Enix Presents because, man, that was just um, – I don't like Kevin Sorbo all that much, but to quote Kevin Sor- Sorbo, disappointed! That was Kevin uh, Sorbo, right, from Hercules? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I, I, because we're going to, like, break down a lot of game stuff uh, later in our episode tonight. I just want to mention, like, I was talking to Ryan about, like, you know, kind of like what you're saying in general, like a lackluster outshowing in a sense. And I'm like, I'm, I definitely would rather that the companies were coming back and not making promises they inevitably couldn't do. I'm kind of glad that they came back and were like, look, you know, like a pandemic happened. So we're mm-hmm. behind and we're going to yeah. be behind. And I'm glad that that there wasn't a lot of overpromising because overpromising right now would have just been pissed me off. True. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's up now. You can check out those predictions. If you haven't seen any of the E3 stuff, watch that first. If you have watch it now and then laugh. Um, you can check out our A Quiet Place Part 2 review special. By the way, that's audio and video mm-hmm. in the description below, as well as this one, A Quiet Place Part 2 uh, yeah. special is up now. Our audio and video will be review the new Quiet Place film, but directed by John Krasinski. That's in the description as well. Um, I also have an episode of Conversation in the description below where I talked to Richard Kirk from the D20 Future Show. Um, that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about um, uh, D&D, tabletop role-playing uh, fandom. Um, he runs a, for those of you who don't know, he runs a podcast that uh, runs a, uh, a tabletop role-playing game called D- D20 Future, where he is doing a, a superhero-style uh, show, uh, campaign. Yes. Um, really cool. I've listened to a couple of episodes now. It's actually really, really great. He's a, he's a cool dude. Marvel. Cool to talk to. Marvel is putting out their own um, like version of basically like their like uh, like D and D fifth edition, which is the 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 thing you use to play D and D. So is there just going to be an official Marvely life like D and D thing where you can like be Iron Man or some something? Oh, you know what? I just learned about the fifth edition because D twenty Future is the th- is an expansion of the third edition. So mm. he's using the third edition of D and D. So it's a fun episode. I highly recommend people listening to that and listen to his show. But my episode where I talked to him about that fandom is linked below um that's awesome brandon now that you have a little more inkling so when we uh, when i eventually make my mecha rpg you'll have a little more insight on how on what yeah. you know you actually come up in the episode oh i'm definitely listening now <laughs> <laughs> um and uh before i ramp up to this one uh we did record an episode of fickner's watch for loki uh that will go up within this coming week um, it did not go up before this episode, so it's not in the description below. But it is coming. I recorded it's it on Monday, so there's a good chance that if you're listening to this later, it is already up. Check check the feed. And then a new show launched this week. Our seventh podcast on this crazy network of ours, guys. Here it is. Oh. Animation Station. Wow. Animation Choo-choo. Station is here. Sparks, this is your show. Do you want to talk a bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. I made that logo, and Jeremy made the music, as he always does. And uh, Animation Station is just a place where both we can do kind of fake nerds watch style things about uh, animation and cartoons and things like that, but it also is a place where I'll have the opportunity, when I can, put the time into it, or anyone else on the podcast is welcome to do so as well, to uh, spend some time and actually deep dive on, like, 
topics related to things like that. Like uh, something I talk about a lot is like uh, wanting to talk about on that show is prog pro progressivism, especially with like LGBTQ representation that's happening in children's programming, because there has been an increasing surge of that over the past like six, seven years. Um, and there's a lot to dig into and to analyze about how that happened. It's crazy to think that just barely over a decade ago, an episode of Arthur was pulled for just for having like a side character's parents be two moms. That was that long ago. That was wow. that was just a little over a decade. I remember ago. that news. Yeah, uh, that was ten years ago. And it's crazy that like we've come as far as we have from that moment. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty great. No, that kind of reminds me of something that I also feel was like 10, 12 or so years ago. But um, when Toys R Us was still in business, they also were selling some kid comics, and Archie was the one who said comics. And apparently this one mom caused a huge um, kerfuffle nationwide that actually I think Toys R Us did pull the book eventually because it yeah. featured Kevin Keller, the mm -hmm. first openly gay character in the Archie universe. Yes. So this and this mom was like very obviously very anti-gay. So she's like, oh, we I can't have kids reading this. How dare you? So don't buy yeah. a comic. And, and, and they buckled. We're, we're at a really cool uh, point of like, you know, people really, really like embracing inclusion, even if it's like, you know, it's it's still completely an uphill battle, but it is happening and it's being won in weird and interesting places. And one of the most interesting places I think is children's cartoons where a lot of those small battles are getting won pretty frequently, which mm -hmm. is really great um, because I think that's probably one of the most important places for it to happen because that is shaping young minds to be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot to talk about and it's not just that, but that's like one of the major things I know I definitely want to dive into. Um, but uh, for the first episode, it is uh, Brandon and I breaking down the first special from Adventure Time Distant Lands, BMO. Uh, and we just dive into that and we talk about like what worked for us and why why we think that was so valuable to have after the show ended and things like that. And and uh, we're excited to do more because our next uh, two episodes are definitely going to be the next two specials of Distant Lands before we move on to something else. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I had a good time talking to I you about that episode. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that I'm happy that you finally launched the show. I'm happy that we finally got a new show under our belt. Uh, I love launching shows. I love doing this with you guys. Um, and for you audio listeners, I did pull up the logo for the video watchers. Um, so, but it is on Instagram. You can check it out on Instagram. True, um, true. For you. So yeah, that's everything. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. all the links in the description. As we did Brandon, a lot this week. As Brandon pointed out to me, this is the first week in our time running the show where we release something new. Every single day of the week. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Isn't that crazy? That we is. did it. Um, that's, but that's all I have to say up top. Um, so definitely check those links out. And again, you know, happy anniversary, guys. Um, and thank happy you to everyone. Thank you to everyone again for doing this with, with us, uh, watching the show and, and everything. Five years is a long time. We, we, we love it. And we, we're going to keep going. Yeah, if you're if you are still kind of undecided on that special, please definitely go watch it. We have some really great special guest appearances. Um, it was a super big surprise for these three gentlemen because they had no idea what I was going to put them through. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, I've heard this from other people, and I also really enjoy it. And uh, I don't think that's me talking it up too much. I think it's really solid. Yeah. Barack Obama showed up. You wouldn't believe it. It was insane. Um, but shall we get into our weeks? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go um, because uh, 
I only have one thing to talk about that isn't already going to be talked about on this episode. And that's just that uh, I want to talk a little bit about the new season of Fortnite. Because that's pretty much all I had time for, guys. Oh, um, I did some of that. And I, I went, believe Ben also did some of that. He did, I also uh, did some of that. I did some of that with both of y'all. I went, I went back to the status of uh, having a job. So that made things even more like crazy this week on top of like editing the special and editing a different project that uh, I'm doing for someone else. Um, so uh, Fortnite launched its new season. And honestly, I got the dates wrong in my head. So when it happened, I kind of was like, wait, it's now? I thought I still had time. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bummed that I didn't go back into Primal like one more time to enjoy the bow and to do some last minute stuff. I had most of my quests. I unlocked all the stuff in the battle pass. So I wasn't stressing about it. But like I, if I'd remembered, I would I like to do like a one last night. Uh, mm -hmm. before the battle pass changes at this point because i'm i'm a big Fortnite player i guess that's mm -hmm. really happened um uh this season of Fortnite is cool i Fortnite's a it's every time i think oh maybe i'll get tired of Fortnite. the new season comes out and they're like we're changing this dynamic, it's dynamic. thing and it i'm is... like dang it guys you got me again here i am and now we can fly saucers and there's a lot of um there's a lot Flying of saucers, uh, yeah. uh aliens destroy all humans kind of feel in the aesthetic of what's with going the weapons for this season. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm digging it. I'm digging on it hardcore. Um, of course, this uh, battle pass has Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty and Superman as two of the main gets, uh, which is awesome. Um, and you love to see it. And I'm excited for that. But I'm also just excited. Uh, this is one of the first times where I'm really excited about the battle pass tree for a Fortnite original character. Um, your first character for the battle pass is, uh, is an alien that's an original design. However, as you find alien artifacts in the map, you unlock uh, currency to select customizations for like different head shapes, different jaw shapes, different eyes, different skin patterns, different colors, different Costumes. armor colors. Yeah. Um, and that kind of customization with a Fortnite original character hasn't happened on this level yeah. before. And it's really fun. It's really cool. And I like actually just sitting there and flipping uh, away from the... Um, on the main battle pass screen, you can flip away from the alien customization and flip back and it shows you a different just like randomized design. I'm like, man, there is so much creativity right there that you can just make something your own. Um, really impressed with it, honestly. I, I really am appreciative of it. Uh, Fortnite, you just you just keep you keep on giving, guys. And it, and it's like literally every single week the game gets updated. And not just in some tiny way, like something is always like they add a new weapon or something changes in the map or they add this new quest or like, like uh, last season, it was just like so much like DC stuff. And I'm just like, it's really impressive that like the game's so good. So it makes a lot of money. Like, like I know Sparks and I have alone put more money than any game deserves, but the game is so good. So they reward you with more good content. It's not like they're. They're they're never out to just just make something just to make it. Yeah. They actually like care and like like it's really impressive again how much that game has changed from when it first came out. I don't, like, it's really impressive. Yeah, it really oh, yeah. is. I don't want to admit it, but he's right. I definitely <laughs> more than I'm proud. Bro, to I bought Black that. Mana. I didn't. I didn't have the V Bucks for that. Like, come on. I do not. I. I'm like. I can't, man. Like, look how much you have. You do not need to buy Black Mana. How often are you gonna play Black Mana? I've been I'm playing like, on the last two days. No, no, no. Me. <laughs> oh, this you, is me yeah, talking yeah. to me. I'm like. You're not gonna look at your whole roster. How yeah. often are you gonna play Black Mana? Like, I had the same conversation with myself when Silver Surfer was up. I'm like, let's be real. Yeah. How many times are you gonna play Silver Surfer? But that board like too. Because the thing is, like, Silver Surfer is more fun to see yeah. than he is to play. Mm -hmm. Because just seeing the back of him isn't as exciting. Like, yeah. it's cool that you like know you're the Silver Surfer, but like, 
I enjoy like having the backs of like Harley Quinn, yeah, Batman, yeah. and mm-hmm. now, someone else that isn't DC. Now I have um, a question. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Superman, he can't fly, yes. right? So if I were to surmise a guess, uh, his glide uh, his, is his flying. His glide is his flying, absolutely. Um, which everyone has their own glide when they come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not be shocked if. Um, you have uh, they do this when they do stuff with uh, specific superhero characters. Um, I'm sure that in the season there are ways to unlock Superman's flying ability in map. Not yeah. right now, but later in the season that will be there because he's, he's not that, available. Yet. We've had that with Predator. Like mm-hmm. when Predator was in the game, if you defeated the Predator, you got the Predator's cloaking. Iron Man had the Unibeam, Wolverine's claws, Doctor Doom's gauntlet blast. So like, and you could like you could either engage with the characters to get those things, or sometimes you could like find random supply places or like hidden rooms or something, and that would have the ability in it. So it's okay. probably an unlockable later in the season because there's only going to be like so many of them a map, but it's not like a consistent thing you can do. Superman is depowered. He's a regular. Everyone on on the Fortnite map is is the same ability basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious because I, I wasn't sure like how how uh, far the skins uh, went. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're all just cosmetic. Yeah. No. It's it's all it's all cosmetic unless that character is like tied to the season. Then there's usually something like a little extra that you can do for that season as like a special celebration of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. I I agree, Mag. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a bunch of emotes. Oh, Mag, Mag says, curious if he gets lasers, cold breath emote. Bat- Batman has like three emotes or something. So like I wouldn't be, and Harley has some, like I, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of emotes, the only Batman emote I got was the Bat-Signal one, just because I, I, uh, cool. I definitely, I definitely decided to like go the extra mile and I got, because um, they give you a Harley Quinn pack that has the Suicide Squad look, but it also has the Birds of Prey look. Yeah. But you to get the birds of prey look, you have to do special challenges, and I did those special challenges, so I have the birds of prey look. Oh, nice! Which I'm really happy about. Nice. Yeah, I didn't want to get that. The Suicide no. Squad. When you guys, no. I mean, I would play Fortnite every once in a while when it was Primal, and I wasn't the biggest fan of the of Primal. I don't know why. Like the, the season before, I was like into it. I was like, yeah, let's go. And I kicked myself for not for missing the Marvel event. And with Primal, I was like, I don't know. It just felt I I just didn't enjoy all that much. I don't know why. Uh, well, you didn't like bows, so there's a start. Um, I love which bows. I, which we loved the bows, so that was a big. I'm thing. a bow boy. Here's, here's the, but I will I will admit like something to kind of knock on on Fortnite's previous season. Um, we definitely like talked it up when Primal started that like I was waiting for the bigger dinosaurs to come mm-hmm. at some yeah, point. I assumed there was going to be a big T Rex somewhere in the map that always just spawned in that like you'd have to occasionally deal with if you ended up in the same territory as it, it would randomly be somewhere on the map. Yeah. Um, because we, you have these giant eggs and then they start hatching and I'm like, whoa, where's the big T-Rex? And I, and I don't know whatever happened with that. And I was hoping that that was going to like, it, makes it seems me so think... obvious with the Raptors mm-hmm. coming in mid season. I was like, yeah. there has to be another big dinosaur thing. Right? I makes and me that think that, uh, that we're going to have like a big alien monster. Yeah. Cause like we had like in the, I think it was the Marlow event. We had like that big galactic, like purple thing that we, we that would shoot lasers and we have to like uh, shoot the laser back at it. Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be something like that. Well, not only yeah. that, but also a lot of the quests were like, because I, I really stopped playing was with the quest with Kaz, with the thief, where you had to go get certain things for him. Oh, yeah, I didn't do many of those. It, it didn't tell you that you had to do them in order, because I kept like killing chickens, boars. I couldn't find a wolf to save my life. And now the new season starts, wolves are freaking everywhere. But I was like, I need to find these things. How come I can't find these things to the point of frustration that I just, I'm just done. I just stopped playing. 
And then when yeah. this new season drops, aliens. I'm like, I actually I'm having a lot of fun with the aliens. I'm having a lot of fun with IO. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm probably, the, uh, the, I'm probably gonna put the effort in to get Rick Sanchez. Oh yeah, he because he's like the level one hundred. Like you have yeah. to play a lot to get him. I like yeah, his he, look. I like that he's he looks like a cartoon. Yeah, he has his um his green Uzi form Uzi form uh, as, a, as a variant you yeah. can unlock by doing bonus challenges. That is the cool, cool thing about um Fortnite in like in the like into the Spider Verse way like whatever like it has many different art styles for its characters. So like there's anime girls, there's like CG characters, there's like mm-hmm. there's like the like the 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 1930s like steam steampunk Willie or whatever. Yeah, I got um, a, I've got a character steampunk yeah. Willie. What's his uh, name? He's a steampunk Willie. Sorry. So he's yeah. a he's steampunk. a Fortnite original who they made a variant of him where he's designed in the style of like early 1920s cartoons and so he looks like that anime. like the black and white like yeah and with the he looks like a like yeah. Thing, yeah he looks like a Fleischer okay. cartoon Fleischer yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking of yeah 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 so yeah, like I know, like, I know what you're so many different types of art styles. Yeah, Fortnite's a that's, continues to impress. That's one of the things is like Fortnite has the money to make the game look really good and make the character models look really good. And that is a big part of the reason why I enjoy playing is because Same. I'm like, mm-hmm. the, and why I spend V-Bucks and money to get uh, these these characters is because they look so good. Um, that's why I bought Black Manta because like the, he's, he's so shiny. The, the, um, the comic uh specific variant uh costumes for batman and catwoman i really like yeah they're i cool. think they're really cool and they don't look like any other batman catwoman they are designed based on the character's appearance in the comics which are wholly original to those comic stories and if you and don't they look really good and if you don't like the fortnite original batman you can buy the christian bale dark knight batman that's true it's, cool. it's available for you yeah. and i'm like that's so stupid i cannot believe there's just a christian bale batman standing in the fortnite thing i can't believe it but that's the world we live in it, it is cool. I, when I first started, I, I get it. I get it. Because like the Arkham games, I would constantly try to unlock all those Batman costumes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. being like 1960s Adam West yeah. and like all yeah. the time. Yeah. I remember when I got Arkham Knight. I would. I didn't. And I uh, put some. I think I put. Yeah, I did put some money down. I put some money down for the 1989 skin. I was flying around. All of them, man. All of them. I every single Arkham game, even Origins, had awesome alternate skins i think it was city that had the animated series skin which was done in the style of the animated series uh i think it also had like a an arkham aesthetic batman beyond skin which i really dug because you got the the red wings came out when you glide there was a really in arkham knight because in i remember the the batman beyond skin in um arkham city that was Mm -hmm. like true to the cartoon but made to be like you know batman like arkham city's batman's physique whereas arkham knight had a a, like a redo version of it it you saw it and it was like that's batman beyond but it looked more like a proto batman beyond but I really yeah i remember it. that arkham origins also bad. had the arkham origins had the white knight had the uh, uh blackest night no brightest day variant skin yeah. so it was oh, a yeah. white lantern it looked awesome yeah, yeah. Um, uh, i love I'm it. sorry i do no, 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 okay. my uh is my favorite that's thing. that's why yeah. that's a big part of the reason why fortnite appeals um New season's happening. It's fun. Uh, Brandon, I'm waiting for you to just dabble in it a little so you get bit by the bug, too. It's got flying saucers now. It has flying oh. saucers now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, Aliens. Aliens. Ben, do you want to go next? Because you're, yeah. you're, yeah, sure, you're I'm eager. You're jumping at the bit. Well, also, I want to talk about a bit about Fortnite because, like I said earlier, I got back into Fortnite this season. Um, I got a little bit of time off work, so I was like, I need to decompress, and I was playing some Fortnite, and goddamn, I was actually pretty good. I won quite a few matches i won one with brian i won one with sparks and i won one with my buddy tonio from work because he was also playing the game 
and I even won a singles match. But um, because so, so the most of the emotes I got um after the when the new season hit were the music ones. I was missing the blinding lights one, which I got. I got Gangnam Style a while ago, um, Doja Cat and Dua Lipa, of course, because I've been listening to them a lot lately. Nice and. And now, because the skin that I've been meaning is a, a Fortnite Megazord of sorts, where you have like different Fortnite characters as like the arms, the teddy bears, the head, and you have a burger as a leg. And awesome. it's, it's, uh, have you watched the video from the end of uh, chapter one yet? I have not. Okay, because that that is a thing—the whole map built to fight a giant monster. That was the finale of chapter oh, one. Okay, um, and it pulled a sword out that was made with like the nexus point as the, the part of the hilt of yeah. the sword. Um, oh, so, but that was the this that is a player sized version of that mech that they built. An actual mech. Um, so yeah. you should watch that video. Okay, uh, for sure. It's got yes. lore, surprisingly. Like, like they. Oh, yeah. Not like like deep, but like it's got a silly story that like keeps it is evolving. building. It is building a story, yeah. 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 So I mean, I got that. So I got so essentially now my um so now my my mech character is just doing a bunch of dances like Gotham style, never gonna give you up, and a whole bunch of things. So something that I started saying, and I'm gonna probably keep saying until the end of the season, is let's Gotham style on their graves because every oh, time I want a match, you can every time you want a match, you can emote. And I've emoted Gondam style. So I've Gondam styled on the graves of my enemies, and it has been glorious. I want to just say, because, you know, he humble bragged at the beginning about all the matches he won. I went to go try and download a medal, a first place medal for him. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't do it in time, and now the moment has passed. But I wanted, I desperately wanted the validation of trying to do it. So there the you thought, go. The that it feels uh, like it's it's cool to win uh team matches for sure it's awesome when you get that solo win that solo win feels so it's all on you the one. Oh yeah i i got the one solo win and sorry brand i'm gonna humble brag a little bit more it was just you know obviously it was me as another guy i was like one bullet away from dying and the other guy would have won uh but we, i had I had the same experience with three other players and I hopped in a flying saucer. Someone else had jumped out of, and I just went as high up as I could and tried to kill them all from above before they killed me. Nice. <laughs> and I <No>. did. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Cause it was me and this one guy. I go up, I fire, I miss, I'm out of ammo. Switch to another weapon. That was out of ammo too. Switch to my third weapon. Just so I must've gotten some sort of headshot. Cause it was one hit doom or boom. Victory Royale, good job. And I'm like, gone up style in their graves, baby. Yeah, man. Doom and boom. What else did you do this week? So I also, of course, went to Frankenson's, as I like to do quite a few, as I like to do. Um, I got some I got some good pickups. I got some good games. I got this awesome uh, Samus Aran t-shirt. Um, nice. You can't see it, but it says Armored Maiden for those um, audio listeners. It's a spoof off of an, a famous Iron Maiden album, which I cannot Same. remember. Which I can't remember, but Samus Aran. And speaking of Samus, I also got, I finally got her amiibo for a decent price. The Smash Bros. amiibo when that came out a while ago. Oh, that's cool, actually. Yeah, that's awesome, a, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful figure. Um, you guys know I've been on a huge Metroid kick recently, but mm-hmm. one of the big things that I was really happy to um to get was, as you all, know, if you have watched it, cool. But if you haven't, um, as a present for the fifth anniversary, Sparks was kind enough to gift me the Super Mario Brothers Lego set, the starter set that came with Mario. So I built that over my during my time off, and I've been playing with it, and now I can finally start posting it because I told myself, I was like, I, I'm going to wait until that special's out because I want to <laughs> I I post about this. This is just too 
too cool. And while I was at Frankincense, um, I got the uh, Super Mushroom little Lego set oh, that cool. goes oh, with the starter, of course. And this is, I want to, I want to vamp about this Lego set or about these Legos for a little bit. Here's Mario, by the way. He's he's turned off, so that's why he's like, it looks he's black eyed and before you they killed before, Mario. Yeah, they killed Mario. Before he's you vamp. Off. Before you vamp about that real quickly, I, I look, I watch Community a lot, so I apologize for quoting Community one more time. But um, what the African American guy with the scar across his face who plays um, uh, Lovecraft, like a dad in Lovecraft Country, I forgot his name. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know you mean. The, yeah. yeah, he's in, he's in Community. He's in season three as the biology professor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a bit where he's just sitting there. He goes, I "Ask you guys a question. What ever happened to Legos? You know what I mean? Legos. These be so simple, right?" Something happened when I was in the was because he was in prison. He goes, something oh. happened when I was in prison, man. <laughs> and I just I just always think about that whenever I see a Lego set. <laughs> wow, that's actually you're you're not wrong because I remember what I felt like Legos were ten times more simpler when I was a kid. Now I walk into the Lego store at Disneyland and they're selling the the Cinderella Castle set. But I look at that. I look at like the Mario thing, which you're about to talk about. Like you know, it has like electronics in it. And I'm always just kind of like, whatever happened to Legos, man? So, it's so simple. <laughs> Two things. One, his name is Michael K. Williams. I, I had to Williams. look it up. Thank uh, you. It's not off the top of my head. Two, I don't know, because back in like 2000, and I remember I got this, and it was like $200, and $200 Legos back then is like $7,000 Legos now. So like, I'm just thinking my parents thinking about it now. But there was this Mission to Mars set that had little aliens, and it was this giant city, and they had pneumatic tubes that would you would pump, and it would send the aliens through the tubes. I like, remember that. Set. And I was I remember that set. So oh, like it's uh, cool. You just gotta you gotta afford it. For context, yeah. this guy was in prison in like the early nineties, mid eighties. Oh, okay, I got it. To two thousand and nine. So it's okay. Okay, um, Legos, understandable. Legos are complex enough. I know you know this because you listen to Waypoint just like I do. Um, Legos are complex enough now that like there's a person who like designs custom layouts and instructions for how to build like super elaborate things, super incredibly elaborate things. Uh, with Legos and one of the things they designed beyond like you know lots of pop culture things uh, that you can do with Legos they also designed their own mechs for a comic fiction series that they design and create which is so cool and then you take their instructions that you purchase from them and then you go to the Lego site and you buy individual pieces because you can buy Lego pieces and you buy that whole thing and you build it and I'm like Lego is wild wild west at this point man it's it's crazy anyway Ben. <laughs> yeah. So here's the little Lego Mario piece that I've been wanting to get for the longest time. Once again, thank you. Zombie, zombie, Mar- zombie, zombie Mario. Mario, because he's turned off. Um, this is I can turn cool. him on if you want. Uh sure, I'll, I will turn him on for a little bit. Let's go. Do you ben, hear that? I, ben, I said I could turn him on if you want. It's the same oh, thing. Oh wow. I took there you go. <laughs> well, look at that. I mean, I've, I've, audio listeners, I'm so sorry, but look at these are some this is some of the most beautiful lcd screens i have ever seen in a, in a little toy like this so ben and, i've actually yeah. i didn't i didn't know that's what it did yeah. uh that's effing wild yeah is that that he's mario just blinked at me I, and his, his eyes, eyes. sideways yeah. at me his eyes are blinking. that's right. the creepiest thing i've ever seen that's incredible <laughs> all right so i want to i really i feel like i'm doing like a sales pitch for lego mario and i, I apologize but this is how freaking wild this thing is so there's a bright light underneath Mario's feet. That's a scanner. So every time you get a um, uh, a, Le- a Mario Lego set for like his the power up items, like the mushroom, the question block, there's a little barcode on top. So that's to scan. And when you scan it, look, 
Like you get a coin, or you scan that, and you get the power-up mushroom. And he does the sound effects and everything. And it's just so and and when you place them on like a blue uh Lego, it's not just things, it's colors. You place them on blue Lego bricks, his chest is like, Oh, I'm in water now. Oh, look, I'm on I'm on grass now. Look, green grass. This is amazing. This is incredible. It's red. Oh no, it's fire. I have I have never I have never had any interest in Mario until right now. <laughs> that's just like legitimately. So I want this. <laughs> so, so Brandon, that's the thing is like, because because when I was looking at like Lego Mario sets for Ben, uh, I was I was always like like I'm gonna do it, but I was always like, why do you get so few Legos for such a high price? I'm like I don't understand the ratio here, but I also did not know about this electronic thing and now i'm like oh it makes a ton of sense because they have all these little pieces and you build your own mario level and then you send mario through the level and he does all this that is 100 percent true like here's the the first mario lego piece i ever got was this little mushroom from a blind bag right because these are these are added you can add this to your course that you made that you make and he touches that oh no wait did his mouth just move yes his mouth moves it's a screen. Yeah, and he lost his because this is a poison mushroom. You touch the poison mushroom, this is what happens with the power mushroom. He gets the poison, and his eyes go crazy. That's wild. This is insane. Kids are so lucky. I know, no, right? I, all right, so I'm with, I'm I mean, with, Ben also has a bunch. I know. So. I, I was. You have no idea how I am a 30 year old man, and I'm playing with Legos. I was the happiest person I mean, in the this, world when I was playing. I, man, this. I like Mario. This more, is yeah. this is very inventive. Like it's it makes you feel like six years old again. Yeah. yeah. So and I'll, even when you turn them off, or we'll hold up. There we go. I mean, it's okay. He goes, see you later, and then he closes his eyes and goes to sleep, and then boom. <laughs> Don't any time. Don't kill me. <laughs> No, so that's crazy. No, that, just, so, to, just to like really quick, like let the audio listeners know. Literally, the Lego Mario when he's turned off looks like his soul was sucked out of his yeah, black eyes. Just has black vapid void eyes. Black vapid void mouth. I mean, okay. So besides that, audio listeners, these are some very detailed little figures. But look at Bowser Jr. How detailed that is, and, this little, and the little Goomba. And of course, they all have little barcodes, so you can scan them when you're playing Lego Mario. This is quite possibly the most um, intricate set that I've ever played with in Legos, yeah. and it's simple, so simple to build. But it's—I mean, when I first turned on, when I first uh, put the batteries in and turned on Lego Mario, and what? Because you have to have—you don't have to, but there's an app that goes along with it, the Lego Mario app that saves courses. You could upload courses. You could do all sorts of things with it. And there's a Bluetooth um, component to it, which I thought was weird because I I had to update Lego Mario. I was like, oh my god, this is a freaking video game. I have to <laughs> update it now. Why do oh, my no. Legos need an update? But then I realized, oh wait, of course they need an update because new sets are coming out eventually, yep. and they need to know what the barcode is. Yep. My my Lego toys firmware. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> Mario's not compatible with this new suit. I need to update. Yeah, I know, mm. but. In, just playing with and building That's my insane. first course and building it and, and like because you have a warp pipe warp pipe start a, a timer goes and if you don't go through the course um in the amount of time because you're supposed to get coins and do all this other crazy stuff then it's literally turning the video game into real life and you are the master it's essentially it's mario maker, no no you're no. it's mario maker irl essentially uh, 
Yeah, uh, it's the most expensive Mario Maker IRL because you have to go buy the the sets and then build them at home. Worth but it. it is just so much fun, and I love it. And I am probably gonna put a lot of money into these. I'm not looking forward. Ben, to that. Ben, I'm really glad that you love it. Um, you should definitely go, listeners and viewers. You should go watch our special if you haven't, because Ben absolutely loses his mind when this comes out. Um, <laughs> I, I watched it twice, and he's almost crying. Um, <laughs> and, and, honest, uh, honest to God, it was. It was I probably would have cried if you got me the NES Lego set that I want, because with the NES Lego set, you. <laughs> And whoa, whoa, whoa. Who, who do I look like to you? Do I look like Elon Musk? My Mr. No, Moneybags. <laughs> I'm no Jeff Bezos. No, I'm gonna probably buy that thing for myself someday. But the cool I thing look, about I looked that... at that when that first came out, that's that SNES mm-hmm. set first came out. I looked at it and I go, Oh my god, Ben would love this. How much nope? <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, when I went, when I finally found it IRL at a store, I was like, I'm gonna see how much is it. Oh uh, nope, not doing that, not doing that. Uh but anyway, we do have a lot to get to, uh, so I want you to finish up yeah. your week, Ben. If anyone wants yeah. to see your Lego Mario toy, uh, it'll be on your Instagram. Yeah, eventually, yeah. Eventually. So there was that. Um, Frankenstein's Fortnite. Um, I've, been wa- also, I've been watching a lot of MasterChef here at the house. Um, yes. That has been a – like earlier today, Fanny and I were making dinner, and we had MasterChef on in the back room. So now, and even today, I took my dad and my, and his wife out to a Korean barbecue. And as I was making the meat for him, I was just talking to him. And I was like, man, I feel like Master Chef right now. This is, I know I'm not the Master Chef, but I'm just like cooking them the food. And I'm like, this is nice. Just think okay. of all the, just think of all the stuff about from Master Chef. Uh, did I do anything? <laughs> was that the one where, where Gordon Ramsay puts the breads on the dude, on the person and goes, what are you? An idiot sandwich. An idiot. I don't know. Is it? I think that's I think that's uh, Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. That, He's got so many. Kind of like, oh, he yeah. does yell at people in Master Chef, though. It is very yeah. entertaining it's when he yells at yeah. people. Yeah. So. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, video game wise, oh, played a little bit more Shantae on um, my Switch. Got a little farther than that. Oh, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Started. Uh huh. Mm. I still keep <laughs> it there, Brandon. I like Sparks. Space. Sparks, you're so amused by me. I love it. <laughs> And uh, really quickly, I also for just for a few minutes, I started Mario Golf Mario, Mario Golf Advance Tour for the GBA, which I got over the weekend. Guys, that is another handheld Mario Golf game that is also an RPG. I did not realize this. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this is actually pretty cool. I just barely started it, but I'm probably gonna like it. And then, got, and then uh, yeah, I guess, and yeah, that's my week. Awesome. Hey, that's man. Um, let's see. One. I played multiple Spider-Mans this week because Spider-Man. I started to play Miles Morales because I just wanted 100% it because I just wanted something nice and easy to play. Um, and then I realized I I want to play Spider-Man again, but I don't have a PS5 version. And it's like, hey, you want to spend $20 and get the PS5 Spider-Man? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I did that. Um, and what's really <laughs> cool, if you buy a PS4 version of a game that you almost 100%ed, on the PS5, it gives you all of those trophies again. So right. literally for five minutes, it was just trophy popping, trophy popping, trophy popping, because I almost did everything in that game except for the DLC. So, um, hey, I'm not going to talk about it too much. We've all played that, those games uh, or some or one of those games, but it, that remastered version looks insane. It looks like the Miles Morales game, but it's the Peter Parker version. Um, I I went to some of the DLCs, uh, and I just 100% of those just so I can get all the costumes, and I just like, you know, it's fun being Spider-Man. The Miles Morales one, I didn't 100% until now, and I did all the stuff. Um, Brandon, you played it. Have you mm-hmm. beaten it? 
played a little bit of it. Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Yeah, I, I'm you like twenty percent. Okay. Um, Brandon, have you one hundred percent of that game? I don't remember. I think so. Okay. Uh, anyway, there, there's like a bunch of side activities in those games, um, and I finally did all of them. And normally, like in the DLC games, <laughs> oh, Astra's uh, Astra the pooing over here. Astra's literally like stuck in a in like her fear, like dangling out. Um, <laughs> so in uh, the Spider-Man DLC side side missions, there's not really a big um, like when you finish the quest, there's not really like a big thing that happens, right? It's kind of just, so you finish a side mission, here's a cool thing. So I thought that's what it was going to be in Miles Morales as well. But if you do the Miles Morales side stuff, if you complete all of the training courses, which is like three of each, like three combat, three stealth, and three racing ones, sure. um, there's something really awesome that happens at the end of that game that I did not know was in the game. Oh. And it was like, oh, I really wish I would have done this when it came out because it's excellent. It's like one of my favorite things I've done in the game. Okay. Um, so do that for okay, sure. Okay, noted. Also, um, get all of the recordings of um, your Uncle Aaron because you have to go get um, sounds from the city to make a rap song. Um, you get something really cool from that, and I'm glad I did that. So, like, 100% Miles Morales. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I um, agree. 100% Miles Morales. Uh, uh, that game's super great. And that just, it even sets up more stuff for the sequel where I'm like, it's absolutely going to be like a Spider-Man game where it's like a multiplayer. That's like, awesome. Like Gotham Knights. Like, and I'm just so stoked for the future of that franchise when they can actually make a full PS5 game instead of like the cross-gen uh, Miles Morales game, which is still good. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I, I got back into Mass Effect. I decided not to make a series on it because if I was going to make a series on it, I would end up never playing it because you have to be on to stream and I'm never on anymore because I'm really tired all the time. So I just started playing it. Um, that game's great. Again, it's a 2007 game. That's the uh, 2011, uh, 2021 graphics. It looks great. Um, what year do you think we're in, Ryan? I don't know anymore. Nose ring stuff. Star Wars Legos are awesome. That is a true statement. Um, I just want to talk about one thing that I did in Mass Effect that I, it was a really fun thing. Um, I had to go to this planet to rescue this this archaeologist uh, Indiana Jones doctor lady, right? And I get there and I got to use a mining thing to break through uh, the break through the planet to get to her, right? And that causes this the the structure she's in to start breaking apart and destabilizing. And it's like falling apart. Uh, so I so I rescue her and I'm leaving. And then the enemies who come to capture her are like, "Hey, we're here." And um, the guy the guy who's there to, to get you is really funny and I love him. He's like, "Hey, we're here for the doctor. Surrender or not, I really don't care." Um, and I'm like, that's really funny. And the structure is literally falling around you. And um, this is a role playing game, so you can choose like good choices, evil choices, or whatever. And I'm just like trying to reach to this guy. He's like, hey, bro, this this building's falling apart. Like, this is not the time for this. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. yeah, isn't it? The the place it's the falling apart. And he's like, life or death struggle seems like the perfect time to me. And he's just this like monster. And I'm like, oh, I love this guy. And he's like, can we can we talk about this? And he's like, no. Um, you know what? Actually, just kill the doctor. I don't even care anymore. And then you just fight the dude. And I'm like. <laughs> Is there any other way this could have gone? And I'm like, that's why I love role-playing games. Because any type of choice you make can change a thing. Also, that dude just loves to murder. So maybe he just wanted to murder me. Um, it's just a really fun moment. That game's really great. Great character stuff. Um, I'm having a, a great time. Um, I played a lot of Fortnite. I played some Avengers. Because um, I'm excited for that expansion stuff. For sure. And then it's Brandon's turn. Did you read any comics? Did I read any comics? Um, No. No Hellfire Gala? Oh, no. I think I might have read one, and I thought it was fine. Um, which one did I read? If you read one, then probably Marauders, the first one? You know what? I think I did read... Um, I read. I think I read Marauders and X-Force, like, on Monday. Right. Um, that was so long ago. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, for me, at least. Um, Marauders was good. I think it's... I think... 
Um, I this is wow. This is actually how I feel about it because I've forgotten mostly about it. Um, I think they overhyped this event because it doesn't really feel like an event. It feels like we're kind of just waiting for Planet Size X Men to happen. Um, because uh, it does. It, I'll have to read more. I'll have to read more. I will definitely say that this is also how you were feeling at like the early half of X of Swords. No, it's so. not. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was in the middle part of like issue like 13. Sure. This is the first two issues where if all of these issues before Planet Size X-Men are like this, where it's something that happens during the event, it's just like it's just like a random issue that's happening. And it's cool. And also the celebrities that are in there are really stupid and really weird. Um, I, I don't need to see Pat Oswald and like rappers show up and stuff. Um, I'll read. I'll try to read more because I know Planet Size comes out next week. Um, I brought I brought that up because I read the next two issues of Hellfire Gala, which are yeah. X Men and Excalibur. Yeah, yeah, sure, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I really liked Excalibur, honestly. Uh, and I also really liked X Men. It's probably the one that has the most happen. But the the gimmick is that this is all happening in the same day, so every issue is a different perspective of the same day. Yes, and I and I don't I if that's the whole thing where I'm going to read like seven issues of the same event, just from different perspectives, yeah. then I don't think they should have pushed it as hard as an event. Cause it's not an event. It's us watching this thing happen before the big issue comes out. Yeah. Um, I will say that it actually, the X-Men one has one of my favorite has probably no. Okay. I'll say one of my favorite Emma Frost lines, which mm -hmm. is when she's setting up the hellfire Gallus is not a spoiler in the, in the brochure. It says there are, there are the brochure that's been everywhere says there are going to be, fireworks so the so emma frost sets up the fireworks like you're gonna want to see these fireworks because this is a uh where were you when moment mm, yeah and i was like that's pretty cool that is cool yeah um i definitely need to read more um yeah. i'm just kind of waiting for planet size x-men though to be yeah. honest uh truthfully the the best i can say is that i'm vibing with it yeah and i'm just kind of okay. just having kind of having a good time with reading it but, I, but i look forward to putting in the time to catch up yeah, yeah. me too Whenever I, that is. I went to see a couple movies this week. I uh, saw actually a few movies, but I went to the theater to go see a movie called Spirit Untamed. This is a new spirit movie talk with a horse, guys. Remember the horse spirit movie? Nope. Uh, well, yeah, I remember when I found out about this with you at the exact same moment by walking by a poster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Spirit is an old DreamWorks, uh, older, oldish DreamWorks era movie around the same time they did Road to El Dorado and Sinbad. Dalian of the Cimarron. Yeah. Uh, it's about a horse. I remember that one. Um, so there is a new one called Spirit Untamed. Now, this is weird. So I went to see it because Zara wanted to see it. You know, one for her, one for me. Um, we will go to see this movie. It's cute. And I, think, and I start to realize I've seen you watch this before. <laughs> because she watches the TV show on Netflix, which is like Spirit Subtitle. I don't know the subtitle. Um, and, uh, and I was like, is this the same? Is this a prequel? And she goes, it's the first episode. Uh, it's the first episode. And then we watched it when we got home. Yeah, it's the first episode. Is this like, that, are they clone, clone warsing it? <laughs> it's, our, it's an hour and a half version of a 30 minute TV episode. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> Why, Why would you do they... that? It's the same company. That's... I, I don't even get that one. I can't wait till next year when we get Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous, the movie. Oh, gee, and right? it's just the first <laughs> like, couple episodes. Weird. 
followed by Fast and Furious Spy Racers. It's not the Clone Wars situation, which is the Clone Wars was the first three episodes stitched together into yeah. a into a movie. This no, is redone, uh, expanded, new animation. Even they tweak the story a bit. Like the dad's not as prevalent in it. Obviously, it's a different voice cast because. Um, uh, Dora from Dora and the Lost City of Gold is the main character, and Jake Gyllenhaal is his dad, and it's got an incredible voice, guys. Honestly, I was blown away by every single person name that showed up in the credits. Wow. Um, oh, uh, Annabelle comes home. War the Warren's daughter. Forgot her sure. name. Yeah. yeah. Grace McKenna. McKenna Grace. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's she's in it. Um, it's cute, but honestly, the only thing I wanted to tell you is that it's. A really weird version of that first episode. That is weird. That's really weird. It's yeah. Weird. It also ends the exact same way, too. <laughs> All right. But I saw... Yeah, I'll do this next. Uh, Mothra. I watched the original Mothra film, the 1961 Mothra film by, from Toho. Uh, this was their kind of attempt to make another Godzilla uh, situation. Um it's most of the same creative team, I believe all of, but I don't want to say that with, uh, with certainty. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, Honda. Yeah. Uh, and I be only because I re recently did that paper about it. Um, Honda really wanted with Mothra to create someone who was both representative of nature. Um, it's a deeply like probably the most, um, probably the most overtly anti-american kind of idea is present because the villain who kidnaps the girls is very much implied to be an american capitalist even though it's not an american mm -hmm. um that's what he is um and it's very much like a criticism of how american capitalism has damaged earth mm -hmm. uh yeah. in general um and mothra as a response to that it's also the first honda really wanted to do something where there was a monster who wasn't uh, a destruction without purpose um, was a, was a reactionary force and a, and a morally, a morally staunchant force. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, unlike, it's really interesting. Unlike Godzilla, Mothra immediately has a personality because she has a motivation for what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and they introduced the fairies as well. Uh, the Shinigami. Shinigami. Mm -hmm. twin? Sure. Shinobu twins? I don't remember Shinobu what they're really called. Shinobu, Shinobu twins. Shinobu twins. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, Shinigami's not it. That's not it. I was about to say, that, yeah. that doesn't sound like it. Uh, we call, The Americans call them fairies, but I think the, the, the Japanese Shin, Shinobu this was, twins. Uh, this was particularly funny for me because I've talked to Brandon a bit about how like uh, how problematic our dubbing has been with these older films. And he, mm -hmm. was, he was like, well, I was doing something else. Uh, like you were eating or something. And yeah, so I was like, eating. Yeah, so you were like, well, I want to make it easy to watch. So he put on the dub, and then like five minutes in, he was like, oh, no. Yeah, because I was eating, and I, I I can't eat and read at the same time. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm an idiot. It's it's, it, it can be hard. Like, if it's something where you look down a lot, like a yeah. soup or something, like, not easy to watch subtitle movies doing that because i was like how bad could it possibly be i've seen dubs before and like it starts and the first guy is speaking in a heavy fake white asian accent if you thought new gun ray was bad in and i just go and i just go uh-oh yeah <laughs> uh mag though says um about mothra 
Uh, it's a good movie and how it connects to Mothra vs. Godzilla. Oh no, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Does it uh, connect to, to the original Mothra? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Mothra yeah. versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus the Thing. All, was, was all of uh, all of that era of uh, monster films because Honda worked on most of them. They're all connected. So, like the Rodan film is part of that canon, or the Gargantuas, um, Varen. All Lord. of these films are. Uh, Honda was so deeply involved in all of these, so they're all a big cinematic universe where Godzilla is definitely the linchpin and main connecting factor. Um, there's also Brandon and I recently found out about there was a TV show that Honda yeah. did for a while. Uh, that's a power team and in like two episodes of that show godzilla megalon and king Ghidorah all show up and gigan and uh uh godzilla and one of these uh like kind of like a power ranger style team and they exist in the godzilla world canon okay they literally murder gigan Hell this yeah. is right after the megalon movie and then they murder gigan and gigan is dead in that era like they absolutely decapitate him. Like, it's Jeez. wild. Bye, Gan. Uh, Bye, Gan. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed going through that. It's one of the, I haven't seen any of the Mothra films, so I also decided to watch Rebirth of Mothra, which is the first of the trilogy that happened in the '90s. Uh, this was Godzilla no longer was profitable, so Toho decided to do some Mothra films. Nice. And it was not crazy about this one. This one was a little difficult to get through. Man, I'm so bummed you bounced off this one. Yeah, I... I didn't ask you, did you watch dub or sub? I, wa I watched uh, subtitles because I learned my okay. lesson. Okay. <laughs> I, I, just, I, found, I just was curious. I found a lot of the kids... I found the kids who are the main characters of the film pretty much uh, to be pretty annoying. However, I'm not going to say I disliked it because I actually really liked the stuff with Mothra. Yeah. Um, I found her to, actually, to be a very compelling character in this in that she is older um, and the uh, Shinobu twins are hesitant to summon her to fight Deskidora, um, who is this ancient monster that came to Earth, um, because they're certain, because she is older and has just given birth, that she'll die in this battle. Um, and it becomes this kind of like race against the clock to try to stop Deskidora, and then Mothra does intervene, and her child is born early, and it's kind of this whole, like, it's really, it's really interesting stuff. I found myself really engaged in it. You're, you're talking about it? And I'm thinking about it. Is this the one where they go to the temple in the middle of the ocean? No. Okay, cool. I'm definitely thinking of Rebirth of Mothra 2 when I'm defending it. Oh, okay. I think all my, like, mm, I don't remember Rebirth of Mothra very well. I've watched Rebirth of Mothra 2. I, it's my favorite of the trilogy. I probably watched that one like three or four times. Rebirth of Mothra again. Yeah, this um, whole trilogy was called just Rebirth of Mothra, and then there was parts one, two, and three. Um, it's really cool because, like, they they redesigned Mothra in the sense that Mothra has this new child who has a totally slick new design. Um, and, and gender. And, uh, yes, and is a boy. Is the first boy Mothra because it's her son. Um, Man, and uh, and <laughs> it, it it just existed in this one pocket in when Godzilla wasn't doing anything anymore. Um, because it was, it was, the, just, it was the, the gap between Destroya and um, 2000. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm, you saying that makes me more interested to watch too, uh, though. So I'm, I'm, I will keep going because I haven't seen them before. And I'm kind of going through this thing where I'm watching a bunch of kaiju films that I haven't seen before, which I'll talk about later on in the episode with the trailer we're yeah. doing. Um, I watched the fourth Fast and Furious film, Fast and Furious. Uh, I'm going through them all again because Zara hasn't seen any of them except for Tokyo Drift and 8, as I mentioned last week. Drug tunnels. So, yeah, 
I didn't realize how much I actually really enjoyed this one. And, uh, and it kind of sneaks up on me uh, every single time. Cause like, I, I remember it being a pretty, a good sequel to, to one. I think it's, it's the sequel one deserved. Um, and there's the opening with the oil tanker flipping over and Dom drives under it. So I was good. literally thinking about that. And I'm like, I think about that action scene from that film a lot. Four is good. And then the, the ending spoilers for a 20 year old movie um, is Dom has now switched cars inside the collapsing tunnel under the border, under the Mexico, under the Mexico California border, and which I totally didn't catch. And he rides out of there and does his like signature thing where his tires, where he shoots his tires up and murders the bad guy that he's been going after who killed Letty. And oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I flipped. I was really into it. It has been a long time since I've seen that movie, it's, but I believe it's a, it good, it's a pretty good sequel. Man, just like Mission Impossible, there's only one bad movie in both these franchises, and it's two. You're so freaking right. That's so crazy. Yeah. They both keep getting better and crazier, and there's just one down, and it's and like, two. And like, four, and like four was like the revitalization. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you're so right. Crazy. Um, yeah, I'm really happy I'm going through them again. I forget how much I like these movies. Uh, sometimes I watched Peter Rabbit 2 in theaters. James, I, Gordon, James Gordon? James Gordon. I remember liking the first Peter Rabbit fine enough. I was, like, it's a decent kids movie. I remember, I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters with Zara, but I found this to be genuinely hilarious. That's good. And <laughs> go ahead. No, I was going to say, unfortunately, those movies, I feel I, I love it when movies like that like peter rabbit or uh, another one i know i saw that i thought the trailer was gonna be bad but it was turned out oh lego movie um i'll see the trailer i like, would not put those in the same category my friend well <laughs> what i mean is like you see the trailer you think that's gonna be a, a dumpster fire and then you go see it and go oh I was, that was actually really good i was pleasantly surprised I mean, one is, I would argue, probably leagues above, head and shoulders above the other one. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling anybody on this screen to go see Peter Rabbit 2. I'm not. I am just expressing how much I actually found myself hysterically laughing. Brandon, uh, this movie. The internet, surprisingly, is more favorable on this movie than you'd think. Interesting. Uh, uh, it has sixty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, that's not okay. like a very like a quality thing or anything. But at, but like people are saying, no, this movie actually isn't bad. So like I I believe you. I just like I'm not big into these movies unless they're like ten out of tens. Yeah, I, I don't. And like I said, the first one's not great. Um, and not every joke in this one landed for me very well. But the, so there is there's three specifically that I just lost it. There's a bit where Dom Hall Gleason has to go round up all his, all the barnyard friends. Uh, I don't know what they're actually called. Um, and the deer, the, the moose, it's a deer or a moose. I don't know which um, has, <laughs> has been adopted. It's either a big deer or a small moose. They have different types of antlers. So it's definitely a deer because there's a joke about it being a deer. Okay. It's a deer. There you go. Um, okay. okay. So there is a, a, a sequence where all the animals have been adopted out through London and other places. And there's a fun little action sequence, but what, it keeps escalating into eventually they jump out of an airplane. Um, they, there's a bit where Dom Hall Gleason and Rose Byrne come into a, a, a hunting club and they, they turn the corner and there's a mounted deer. And Dom Hall Gleason, mistaking it for the deer that he's trying to rescue, just goes, no, we're too late. That's cute. Wow. And I lost it because Rose Byrne just goes, uh, excuse me, honey, uh, 
and the, the deer's just being measured. <laughs> it's really hard thinking about it. It's really funny to me. Um, there's another bit with the deer where the deer's in the back of a convertible, and the, this is in the trailer. Uh, and Dom Hall Gleason's parachute gets. Uh, I remember gets, seeing this. Gets I remember that off of him. Gets gets like blasted off of him. And it latches onto the deer and it gets blown into the sky. I remember laughing really hard at that. I saw that in the trailer and I was like, Wait, "That was really funny." It was. It, it's a. It's a fun movie. I had a good time. I was surprised at how much you hear me laughing now. Like this is a taste of what I was doing in the theater. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of collect I forgot I saw that. I forgot <laughs> what movie that was from, but I do. That was funny. Yeah. Um, it's no Paddington, but it's a good time. Uh, and then I saw In the Heights. Uh, this is the new Lin Manuel Miranda, Justin M. Chu um, joint. Uh, really liked it. Loved it. It's incredible. I have, uh, I've never seen the musical, I've never heard the music before. Uh, I had a really good time in this one. Jimmy Smith is great. Which should be no surprise to anybody on this panel, but he's in this, and I was like, "Whoa, Jimmy Smith's cool!" Hell yeah, Jimmy Smith. Um, yeah, I really loved it. Uh, highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max, so if you want to watch it there, Woo! go right, go right ahead. But I do recommend it in theaters, even though my theater experience was awful because the sound That's... didn't work at first. Oh wow, Ooh. my TV always works crazy. Um, th- th- we went to the. Th- we went to the same theater sparks where we went to see Dr. Sleep and the movie didn't start because the projector was broken. And so we, they had to move us to the same, to a different theater. <laughs> That's the same theater where we saw Godzilla and that one fine. So that's true. So it's kind of hit or miss mostly miss. There you go. Yeah. Um, I prefer the city walk theater, which I've never had a problem with. Sure. Um, um, that's where we saw Godzilla. Uh, cause I'm not being specific. Um, uh, Nope, it's gone. I was gonna bring up something related to you that this made me think of. What? It's gone. I'm sorry. Oh man. Okay. Um, hey, but yeah, I forgot. The, I forgot oh, something shit. that it's I just that we're not. We haven't watched in the Heights yet. We're gonna oh, no. do that together. We've I... talked about it, but we've been too busy. There's something I forgot to bring up that I did this week, and I should have brought it up when you talked about tabletop role playing. Uh, Critical Role's uh, second season ended this this week. Um, 141 episodes over the course of three and a half years, almost 600 hours of content that I have now officially watched all of. That's insane that I've watched 600 hours of this show in the last year alone. Um, yeah. Definitely cried like a freaking baby like everyone else did watching that show at the end. A seven hour last episode, seven hours. I watched that thing wow. like three, three different nights. Um, crazy that that thing did what it did. It's impressive. Yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. awesome. I'm really happy for you. Are all yeah. those hours just season two or is that seasons one? And no, two? that's season two. Yeah. Wow. Season one would be like double that length. Yeah. Adding it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked In the Heights. Um, it's great. It got great music. It's got great dancing. It feels like an, it feels like a better old school Hollywood movie. I'm not crazy about the old Hollywood, uh, uh, musicals like Music Man or West Side Story. I like them, but they feel a little cheap, uh, nowadays. Uh, it feels like that, but with the budget behind it to do what it needed to do. Uh, having the In the Heights film out and received the way it has been where I I wasn't worried about it. I knew what it was going to be. Um, it still just makes me sit here and go, what, why are we doing this Spielberg West Side Story, man? Yeah. I don't, I just don't know why we're doing it. Yeah. It's so bright and colorful and original. And the, what I've never, there are visuals in this movie I've never seen before in a movie. And it happens in the musical. Uh, you see it in the trailer. They're dancing on the side of a building. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I really, I want more of this 
from Hollywood. I want more bold, imaginative ideas with color. <laughs> more blockbusters with color would be great. There you go. I agree. Um, and finally, I finished Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize. I had a lot to say about the things I did this week. Um, if Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous ended now, I'd be very, very happy. And as of now, they do not have a fourth season renewed. They've not been renewed for a fourth season. However, they do have ideas for it. Um, I think that this show, I kind of vamped a bit, bit about it on Twitter. So I'll be re- repeating myself a little bit. Um, I think the show did a lot of things that Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which isn't hard, uh, much better, such as the hybrid dinosaur concept, I think really worked in this. Maybe about as well, if not better, as the Indominus Rex, which I do actually think works in the context of Jurassic World. Um, but the Indoraptor's bullshit. I'll never, I'll never care about the Indoraptor from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's character development for Doctor Wu that really works for me. That I, I, I hope to God they carry over into this, into the third Jurassic Jurassic World film because I think that would be excellent. Um, the only problem that I had with this season, I think season two is the best, um, is that we've now connected to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. The season three ends in the beginning of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, around that time, we see it from a different perspective of where the guy is running running, and then jumps onto the ladder and then the Jurassic, the, the T-Rex is the thing. How long were these kids on this island? Seven years. Apparently, the, 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 between that scene specifically, because the volcano hasn't erupted, because that scene specifically in Jurassic World is only six months. It's a little bit of retconning. I... Uh, yeah. So okay. These kids were on the island for six months. Yes, these kids were on the island for six months between Jurassic World and Jurassic World Falling. Hey, man, we've seen Jurassic World three. We know kids are survivors. So yeah, Jurassic Park three. You mean? I said Jurassic Park three. He said Jurassic World three. Oh, uh, Jurassic Park six point five shares. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow. Um, these parents must really hate their kids. They never explain. Some of these kids are estranged from their parents, to be fair, but they never really explain why nobody came back for the kids. It's kind of uh, alluded that there are probably some legal issues happening with the park, uh, that the UN has taken like custody of it and won't let anybody on it. Um, there's a really good, there's some really good episodes in season two with with poachers that are played by Stephanie Beatrice and um, oh Bradley Bradley Whitford, um, and that I found to be really excellent. That's kind of where we get a lot of the ideas of like. Nobody can get to the island. They're here very illegally. Um, do the kids get off the island? Yes, they do get off the island. Finally, Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do get off the island. That's the that's where season three ends. They're leaving the island. Now, here's the One problem. Question. One question, Brandon. You said Bradley Whitford. Isn't he in Jurassic World? No. Yeah, isn't he the... Isn't he the, uh, the... Oh, never mind. You're okay. Never mind. Go ahead. Think about Jake Johnson? Maybe. I don't know anymore. Um, here's my biggest problem with it, and I cannot stress enough. I think that I think that Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is a very solid entry in the Jurassic Park franchise, one of the better entries in it, um, and I think a worthy uh, successor to the franchise. Um, sorry, but from Jurassic Park. Now that said, if it doesn't end now, I am not okay with the fact that they're going to connect it to Fallen Kingdom because it being a kids show, we've connected to some of these dinosaurs. Um, we've gotten to know a lot of the dinosaurs, their habitats on the, on the island. Um, you know, we, 
we, we see various versions of dinosaurs and the kids have connected to them. Um, there is one that is kind of a pet, but it kind of like latches onto them. It's kind of like uh, imprinted on one of the kids and his name is Bumpy. He's a ankylosaurus. And he stays on the island. Now, if you're going to continue the show and you're going to tell me that that volcano erupts and Bumpy dies, no, 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 sir. No, 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 sir. I mean, the the obvious answer is that miraculously, all the dinosaurs that matter to the kids show will have survived and been dinosaurs who came over. And now they're part of Dominion because, let's be honest, they're going to pad the crap out of how many dinosaurs exactly were in that mansion. It's going to be Noah's Ark, but Noah's Ark actually held like four times the amount of dinosaurs you saw on screen. Sorry about that. But it doesn't. But I don't. I, I kind of like thought had that same thought, too. But also those kids aren't in Jurassic World Dominion. So it doesn't matter if the emotional connection with those dinosaurs are lost. There are, but the thing is Bumpy. Uh, um, he's a, no, I, I just mean I just mean like. I don't think it would do anything in Fallen Kingdom. Like it would jump it right. So it'd be yeah. in the in like the time that Dominion is playing out of. We haven't seen it yet. So whatever. But yeah. like dinosaurs are out in the wild. So they're dinosaurs. The important dinosaurs are out in the wild. The kids will just go on a mission to go find Bumpy, or whatever. <laughs> I look if that's if that's the case, I'm still gonna call bullshit. The the whole the I was kind of lukewarm on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I was very lukewarm on Jurassic World world fallen kingdom as a, as a film but i did kind of like the idea of opening the world and destroying the island even if it was bullshit how they did it um the but now that i've connected with the dinosaurs on that island through this show i no longer like that as a storytelling element especially if the show is canon but the opposite of that is jurassic world fallen kingdom jurassic world camp cretaceous has made me more interested again in the jurassic park franchise so much so that i would even say that i'm more than interested, maybe less than excited, somewhere in between there for Jurassic World Dominion. Sure. Um, and that, you know, a good entry in a franchise can do that too. It can kind of reignite your your interest in it. It's true, yeah. Um, such as dress, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness destroyed my interest in Star Trek, but Star Trek Beyond brought it back. That easy. Um, yeah, anyway. I think it's a solid season. If anyone wants to check it out, I don't think they'd, I don't think they'd regret it. But that's all I have to say. Okay. Shall we get into our moves? Let's do it. All right. News time. We got some sad news to talk about up top, though. This just happened today. Ned oh. Beatty. Oh, Beatty. yeah. Yeah, I think it's Beatty. Yeah. Um, who most people will probably know as Lotso from Toy Story 3, but he was also Otis in Superman. He had was he got a Best Supporting... Um, Actor nominee for um, Network, which is a great film. Highly recommend. I know from Deliverance. It's very prominent Deliverance. That's where he got notoriety. He unfortunately passed away today at the oh. age of 83, and they cite natural causes. Oh, that's sad. Uh, baby. And baby. baby. Thank you. I, I thought that's what it was, but I wanted to check before I said it. Yeah. Names are weird. Um, hey, man, long, long, like 50 year, like legacy. Like, yeah. And it was natural causes. He lived a long like life. That's that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Rest He's, in peace. I didn't know that the guy who played Lotso was the same guy who played Otis. Yeah, did I? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very sad. Um, love Lotso, one of the best characters in Toy Story. Uh, long legacy. Yeah. All right. Some casting news before we get into some of the major events that happened this week. Um, the Untitled Knives Out sequel has casted Madeline Klein. Uh, who is currently starring in Outer Banks. 
she's been cast in this in this film. I don't know who she is, but hey, that film's still casting. Madeline Klein. Um, she's also in Stranger Things. Don't say it unless you know. <laughs> it's a question. Put a question that, mark there. That is true. She is in like two episodes. I'll Good take job. it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, she's an up and coming actor. Yeah, very cool. I'm yeah. excited for this movie. Um, excited to see a cast still. Mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker will be tur- will be returning as Saul Guerrera, Star Wars Andor. Cool. This so this is like literally around the same time as like Rogue One, like a little bit a couple years earlier. So like years before, he'll yeah. still be like. Oogly, oogly, looking man, right? I I have a feeling like Andor's like more buddy buddy with Guerrera at this moment mm-hmm. than than he gets with the rebellion later. Yeah. He so, might be he might be less oogly boogly because this might be around the same time that we that of rebels. You fucking say that? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But I but I he does in my brain. I almost this, made that. Uh, I couldn't find the right way to make that a question. <laughs> I wanted to. And you know what's funny thing is I don't know what he actually says anymore. I just know it's lies, deception. The reason you think of oogly boogly is because uh, uh, the the boogala. Uh, that yeah. The, that that is the, the creature, creature that yeah. will. Uh, but that line is three lines later because I went to see if there was a way to do like quotes of pop culture for you guys in the special to make you have to fill it in and and like figure it out. And I'm like. No, he says like lies, deception, and then like two normal things, and then he talks about the alien. Like the Google. Listen, yeah. I just focus on what's important. <laughs> yeah. um, if it's around the time of Rebels, he's not quite as robotic yet. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's after that, who knows? I'm sorry, Sparks. He will always be. He's not uh, as oogly boogly. I, I know. I know. I know. I, know. I, I blame Ryan. He always. That's just how it works now. What's the weirdest line in Star Wars? Lies, deception. Oogly boogly. <laughs> I wonder if I can make that a shirt. Soccer, I go on. Maybe. Um, Bill Skarsgård has been cast in John Wick Four. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. I bet he's a, a very thin, spooky assassin man. I'm sure. I'm still waiting to hear back to see if Common's coming back. <sighs> We're not sure if he survived, right? Because no, he, we're not. He, yeah, he's a he got that knife. The knife was, he just said the knife. If you take this knife out, it will kill you. God, he didn't say so if you take it out by a doctor, it'll kill you. Yeah. I mean, it'd be weird if he didn't come back in this one because if he was only in that one entry of John Wick, then that would be an uncommon appearance. Oh no! <sighs> I'm gonna skip Ooh. that and just say. Light the Ooh. fire candle and wick out of here or, or whatever. I'm just going to say, I'm going to skip that and just say that if John Wick can fall off a building, then Common can survive. Absolutely. I don't know. Common's not the Reaper. Sure. Uh, remember last time when I talked when I talked about Toxic Avengers saying that Elijah Wood has been cast as the villain? Yeah, it was super exciting. Yeah, he passed and Kevin Bacon has been cast as the villain. Oh, weird. weird. Equally, I mean, Kevin Bacon's really good. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Cats on computers. Cats on computers. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Kevin Bacon was Kevin Bacon was the villain in James Gunn's Super. Um, he's really good at that. Kevin Bacon's a good bad guy. He was in X-Men for Spider-Man. It definitely, it definitely makes me a teeny bit nervous that Elijah Wood said no. Yes. That is a cu- curious, because, like, that dude has, like, pretty good taste in, like, genre stuff. So, like, right. I wonder if it was maybe a scheduling It would seem like thing. something that was up his alley. Yeah. So uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have nothing against Kevin Bacon. 
Kevin Bacon was the, the Kevin Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was the uh, villain in R.I.P.D. He oh, was cool. Oh I boy. I was really happy never thinking about that again. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. In a, in a Liam Neeson level Men in Black Three turn, yeah, he was. <laughs> that was a uh, that was a movie I watched. Liam Neeson was in Men in Black Three. He was. I'm sorry, Men no, in Black, Black Four. Oh yeah, he was. Guys, remember they made. I another, erased that movie. <laughs> they made another big budget Men in Black movie with like two of the biggest stars in the world, and nobody remembers it because <laughs> it's, it's bad. Really That's bad. one of the worst blockbusters that's come out in a long time. That's so nice. No, I think that might be like one of the worst franchise sequels I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Easily. And also you had two of the biggest stars come off one of the biggest hits in Thor Ragnarok. And you thought like, oh, these two with their chemistry, it's going to be a smash hit. There's nothing to, oh, wait, never mind. Oh, this again. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Man. Yeah. Actual I, I, funny stuff that Taika Waititi can do. I could write an essay about how bad Men in Black International is, how much it just wastes all of its potential. Mm-hmm. I could probably the fact that we got that instead of the Jump Street crossover. Get the fuck out of here. I don't even watch Jump Street and I would have been, been more into that. They, it retcons the whole universe. Look, the whole idea of Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill <laughs> pretending that they can function inside of Men in Black is hilarious, regardless of knowing those characters. But if you know those characters, it's really funny. Holy crap, would that be good? I'm so glad we watched those movies. Comic book comic book stuff. So it's got everything, even comics. So we're going to talk about some comics first, which is Demon Days. Uh, if you guys remember Demon Days X-Men, great book by Peach Momoko. Mm-hmm. Um, Demon Days Mariko is coming out this month, I believe. Um, and the third entry, um, the Mag-, Mag talked about uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah, Man of the Black Internationals. All right. Um, part three of Demon Days will be called Cursed Web. This will be out in September. Um, we'll introduce fascinating versions. This is from the from the article from Marvel's own article. We'll introduce fascinating versions of characters like Ghost Spider, Mystique, and Sabretooth. Ooh, Mystique. Yeah. Um, obviously, Peach Momoko will probably reimagine them in the same way that she reimagined Psy- Psylocke and Jubilee and Hulk. And these are very different characters than the ones we know. And that's really Venom. fun to see. Yeah. Venom. Venom was so cool. Yeah. That, that book is excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It's true. Yeah. Every word of it. Um, this one will follow Mariko Yoshida as she journeys deep into a dark forest to find answers about her past. Instead, she finds a magical wolf with three toes and a strange girl with a pet spider. But there are deadly creatures in these woods to a mysterious blue-skinned woman and a giant with super strength and claws, and they're after Mariko. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Wolverine is a wolverine. He's a wolf man. Uh, Emma Frost was in the... Weird that the King in Black number four has that demon days. It's on Marvel Unlimited now, so I'm definitely going to check that out to read that. You should. Uh, It's got got Emma Frost. So if you want to see it, demon days, Emma Frost. I need it. Ben, do you like fables? Oh, I boy. do like fables. Oh, Guess so what, Ben? Ben. Batman versus Big B, a wolf in Gotham, is coming out uh, in September. It's going to be a six-issue miniseries uh, written by Bill Willingham with art by Brian Level, uh, Level as the uh, p- penciler. That's the that's what that's what I wrote there. Um, Jay Leaston as uh, will be the will do the ink. Uh, and Lee Luth- 
Low Ridge. Low Ridge. Yeah. We'll do the colors. Um, okay. There's going to be a Black Label spinoff of Fables. I'm surprisingly not mad about it. I'm sure. actually kind of looking forward to it. I I love Bigby and Fables, and I think him and Batman, it's going to be a, a good clash between him and Batman. It's too... Bigby's willing... It, Bigby is true um, chaotic good, whereas he's willing to like kick a dude over the the ledge if it's gonna just if it's justified. So, well, Ben, if you're excited about that, then you must be excited about this next news, which is that Fables will be returning with issue 151. For to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Fables number one, Mark Buckingham, billing Mark Buckingham, who is the artist of Fables, will return. Mm-hmm. With Bill Willingham, who is the writer of Fables. Um, and this will be a 12-issue arc called The Black Forest, which picks up right where 150 left off. And will also be new reader-friendly, even though uh, it'll be it'll be set right after. I don't know if, they're, if they can do new reader-friendly, because Fables 150, that was like, that, that put a bow on all the major characters. Then Batman 1037 is out, like... <laughs> They can very easily, especially after a long hiatus, return to a comic book. Like and uh, Sparks, you wanted to say something? You were gonna say uh, something? Yeah, I was gonna. Do we know if Batman is Batman or is Batman like Fables World Batman? I don't know. I That's a good question. Because I, I would be Batman. way more like intrigued by it if it's like the Batman that lives in the Fables world. So he's yeah. like slightly different. He's you know he's got his own origin. It's not like Batman tossed into Fables. Okay, I think so, it's I think it's comic book Batman just so happens to be in the Fables universe. Yeah. Uh, so I hate to I hate to uh, be that guy, but we got to talk about um, uh, uh, how people how Fables was a cool comic when it was coming out. Um, if you read the last half of that comic, and I haven't, but now I live on the internet, so people have told me this, and I've seen it myself now. Um, Bill Willingham is extremely pro-Israel, and he's very conservative and extremely right-wing, and he writes for Breitbart. And if you guys know what Breitbart is, this is a huge problem. I did not um, know he for Breitbart. Yep, Bill Willingham is not a good man, and I will not be supporting this book. Um, he There's directly a page from Fables where it's like, hey, have you ever heard of this place called Israel? They get bullied a lot. Um, oh, shit. No, he directly... Fables is an Israel allegory, you guys. It's a huge problem, so I can't support that book anymore. So um, I'm sorry, sorry to bring the news down, but like we got to learn and we can't support shitty writers. Sorry. I but did Batman's not... cool, I guess. No, funny enough, I remember the exact scene where he is meant where Bigby. Ooh, it's gross. Ooh. I, I read that scene like like when this news is announced, and I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe. Like again, this was like 15, 20 years ago, so times are different. But like, this really bummed me out that this news came out. That that DC is doing. Oh yeah, look at that. No, yeah, I'm not. No, yeah, I wouldn't lie. No, I just I wasn't suggesting you were. I just yeah, yeah. There it is. Yep. No, yeah. Um, uh, now I, I I know this. I mean, because I bought all the trades. I have the entire Fables run in my, but it's not on my bookshelf. It's I own I own American Alien. Like, no, no, no. Hey, Fables is still like it has great stuff in it. It's just like. Uh, it's just just no just no no your writers because like if you it, like if that if again like Ben we've talked about this before you know separating art from artists yeah like, you know yeah uh, if if fables has something that it offers you that you want yeah then you can have it but it's important to be informed I didn't know that until Ryan said I didn't it. So, know I mean, either until it's important, until but it's important yeah. to be it's important to be informed yeah know what um, you're doing know who you're supporting yeah that's all it is yeah 
Oh yeah, he describes this is funny. Sorry, I was doing a bit more research. He describes himself as rabidly pro-Israel. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, the Good for you, buddy. The, the, the fables page that it talks about it's extremely disgusting. Man, and the fact that it was published a lot is the line. It, it's not the right line, but it is it is the it is that the the villains are 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 the people living in the other country. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah. And that the Israels are like, no, this is uh -huh. we're the we're in the right. right. Um and it's just especially especially now. Uh, yeah. I I cannot I just cannot support yeah. this. I mean I yeah. mean I'm not surprised that it got through uh, at the time at the when time, it did yeah, certainly because ago, like yeah. you know um, like I have no shame admit in admitting that like until the most recent like surge of discussion about the conflict no, with Israel too. and Palestine like I didn't understand I bought into the American lie that it's too complicated yeah it's too complicated it's to not. understand <laughs> turns out it's not yeah. Um, I just had to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, um, but that, but we have a very deep American propaganda machine about Israel and Palestine that runs a specific narrative of, uh, you know, there's no right or wrong necessarily. There's just two people that disagree, uh, and it's it's too complicated for us to get involved. And that's a bold face. And that's lie. not true. Um, Israel does really bad things. Uh, sorry Palestine to. Uh, sorry to turn the podcast into that, but it's like you. I have. We're we're a progressive place, and I wish we got to bring it up. Yeah, I want to I want to real quickly say that he did stop writing in two thousand and nine. Oh, that's um, good. His okay. his last article was in October twenty fifth. Was October twenty fifth, two thousand nine, and it says, "I've seen the future, and is it and it is quote uh, dot 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 safe." I'm interested in reading that. I wouldn't support that website, Brandon. I wouldn't support that website because they're they write some of the most disgusting things you could possibly write about. I didn't find it on the website. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I had no idea about any of that, and uh, fuck them. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. But that, that's that's why I love the internet because it's it, a great resource. Could that be why uh, Miracle Man? The gold, the silver, the bronze age, whatever Neil Gaiman's been working on with him, because he's the artist on Miracle Man with Neil Gaiman. Could that well, be why that hasn't finished? Mark Buckingham, the the artist, uh, is separate from Bill Willingham. Oh, the writer. I thought. I'm sorry. I thought Bill Willingham was the was the artist on. on no, Miracle they have Man. very similar names. <laughs> yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. Cool. I get you. Yeah, this is cool. a Mark Wade and a uh, 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 Warren Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Um, I mean, truth be told, at first I was kind of like, eh, maybe, because I've kind of fallen off. I mean, I liked Fables when I first read it, but it's not, not a series I've gone back to very much. So, I mean, now I probably will pick this up. I, mean, I still, that Telltale series, the the Wolf the Wolf Among Wolf Us, Among like, okay. I don't know Wolf how much involvement he has in that, but, like, that game series is still great. doesn't yeah, have I any other balance. I play that game. That game is amazing, and I'm yeah. really looking forward to the sequel, but I really hope that he doesn't have a lot of involvement with it now, because mm -hmm. I don't know if I play that game. Um... But I forgot to bring this up. But Toby Jones has been cast in Indiana Jones Five. Cool, awesome. That dude's great. Is he gonna be a villain? Probably. Uh, he's with he's with Indy in the uh, he's with Harrison Ford. Oh. Like in, in, like they look like they're friends. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. On the set photos, so maybe maybe not. Could he be the not replacement, but the Marcus Standin? Oh, I think he's Shia LaBeouf's character. Anyway, DC <laughs> Super Pets. <laughs> um, can you imagine? Oh my god! <laughs> All right, DC Ooh. Super Pets has really released a bit of a a bit of a tease, but that really just announced the cast for this new animated movie, which we know had already known at this point stars Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Crypto the Super Dog. Um, but now we know 
that Kevin Hart, Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Bayer Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, and Keanu Reeves have also been cast as various members of the Super Pets. Now, which one do you guys think? And the people who know cannot answer this. So, Ben, which one do you think is playing Ace the Bat Hound? I'm going to say Kevin Hart. You're right. It is Kevin Hart. I should have known Kevin Hart would be in this the moment Dwayne Johnson was 100%. Casting, I'm like, I should yeah. just assumed Kevin Hart would be in it, too. This... I didn't expect a little heart follows a big jump. There you go. Oh. Um, I didn't ex- oh, like because we know this is like an anime movie, but like I didn't expect this to have the caliber of talent it has behind it. So like they really must like 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 want this thing to succeed because like this that's a huge all star cast. Like once you got you Dwayne Johnson, I think the 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 writer staff was like, oh yeah, like what I now I'm wondering like what this what is this movie like? It's not just some like small thing they throw out for kids. Like oh no, it's gonna be like a big like superhero action movie with animals. Can but you how do you get back as Superman? But how do you get Keanu Reeves and not make him Ace the Bat Hound? Come on, that'd be so good. He's do gonna be Bat Cow. Do Probably. we know? Who I love it, but do we know for sure who he's playing or no? We don't know who anyone is playing outside of Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Okay. No, yeah, we're discussing. I think Kate McKinnon might be playing Kanga or Streaky. I was gonna say streaky. Yeah. What if Keanu no. Reeves is Batman? Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> no, I just mean like like they they don't all have to be the pets. Some of them That's could true. be the heroes associated with the pets. Because I'm thinking John Krasinski might be Superman. He'd be a good oh. Superman voice. Yeah. I was gonna say. Oh, yeah, okay. I was. I mean, he's too big of a name to not involve in the credits. But I was gonna say, bring Nick Cage back and voice Superman again, like he did in the. Uh, I Dick just made that joke to Ryan. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I don't think he is because The Rock is the biggest star like in the world. I think Nick Cage could use a paycheck. Like yeah. he's making Willy's Wonderland where he's fighting like animatronic Chuck E. Cheese's. Uh, like look, yeah, this clearly has a bigger budget than Teen Titans Go to the Movies, and they had they had Nick Cage. That's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no disrespect to that movie, but it had a small budget. Yeah. Um, all right, God Country uh, has a director. Oh my gottos. Uh, Sweet Tooth show co the the show Sweet Tooth on Netflix co creator Jim Mickle will direct the legendary adaptation written by Donny Cates. This is a really good choice, just from the Sweet Tooth that yeah. we watched, like that, like mm-hmm. being like an adventure, a familial adventure about mm-hmm. emotional growth and stuff. Like Very that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's good, good, uh, good choice. Yeah, I'm I'm, intru- I'm I was always interested in this. God Country is great. I'm curious to see how Donny Cates does writing a screenplay. It's very yeah. different discipline. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I like the talent, so I can't be anything but excited at this point. Crazy. I think he's more self-aware of the transition and what is valuable in film versus what is valuable in a comic or a book mm-hmm. than J.K. Rowling is, so I trust it's going to go relatively smooth. I also think he's open to uh, guidance yep. from people who know better about writing sure. a script. Oh, I'm sure because like producers are always involved in stuff. So yeah. he's not going to be like, you know, ignoring notes, that yeah. kind of thing. He's yes. probably got he's probably got a few uh, script doctors' phones, phone numbers, and he's like talking to them like, "Hey, Donnie, Donnie, um, my phone's always open." Script doctor, Just letting you know. This All movie's right. really happening. That's really cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. The only news about Aquaman that I have is that it has a title, and I really like it: Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Sweet. Indiana Jones, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, I love the and the titles. Give me more of that. 100%. Um, And then She-Hulk has cast Jamila Jamil from The Good Place as an undisclosed character at this point. 
Love it. I thought she was a villain. Everyone's a. Oh, uh, she yeah, is a villain. She is yeah, a villain. She's Titania, yeah. Who yeah. is in Immortal Hulk as a hero? Uh, people are wondering. Oh, does that mean her husband Crusher Creel is going to show up? I'm like, no, because that guy was in Agents of Shield, and they're not going to acknowledge that show. Yeah, the report <laughs> I saw was that she was playing Titania. Yeah. Uh, I just I just saw a villain, but uh, maybe it has been confirmed or speculation, whatever. There are um, set photos yeah. where she's wearing some wacky outfit that looks very titanish. So I'm assuming Let's it's do it. Let's Hell do it. Yeah. I'm excited. That's just that's just oh my god, Marvel. That actor's maybe. that actor's really great. So funny. So I'm happy to see her come over to the universe, and the idea of her matching against Maslani is awesome. Also did growing. You guys see, did you guys see the uh, the set photos with Mark Ruffalo? Uh, taking like he's taking pictures of some of the cast uh, and crew, and he's got like full mocap and he's dots professor. And he's Professor Hulk in this. I, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, and I'm looking at this. And I'm like, man, we're about to get a show that is going to have a, a, a fully CGI character for all six episodes potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now we are in what happened this week, which was the first ever Netflix Geeked Week. Uh, this is a Twitter event that Netflix put out. Um, so we're gonna get into it in conjunction with E3 in a way because a lot of the yeah. video game stuff got like TV stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, E3 and the Summer Game Fest all happened this week, um, so as well as this. We'll get to uh, them, so we'll get to them. But first, we're gonna start with this. I did accidentally put the trailers from day one in our trailer section, so we'll wait to talk about those. Uh, I didn't want to have to piece them out again, mm-hmm. so we'll just skip to day two, which was anime. Um, no. No. I don't know what day two was, but it was something. Anyway, day two announced that Cowboy Bebop um, will be airing sometime this fall, the live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, as well as um, surprising everyone with the confirmation that Yoko Kano, who is the composer for the anime, he is returning to compose the live action series. Yeah, that's great. Um, they released a little um, video uh, with the cast and like what they look like in the show, yeah. Um, and Boy. like confirming that this that he was coming back to do the music. Um, th- another one of those situations, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is real. Like, yeah. it's just like, and they got like John Cho is such a good, like, I'm so glad it's not just like a white guy. Like, it's like, like everything that I've seen, like, makes me believe in the show, especially the music. The music is so important to Cowboy Bebop, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's um, a, that's a really great thing. Um, I'm so, I'm so jazzed. I'm so jazzed. Very excited. And Sandman. Released a behind-the-scenes look. Did anybody watch this? Yes, I, I did. See that one. Um, looks great. I'm. I really like the look of the show. It's hella expensive. I yeah. am not worried. They are. Yeah, I like the thing about Sandman is that's that's one of those comics where it's like this is like one of the unfilmable things because it's all about ethereal shit, like being immortal and talking about death and souls and stuff, right? So it's a lot of just like like only stuff you can imagine in your brain like a novel except comics you can obviously draw yeah. um they're really putting the budget behind it like holy shit like big big huge sets yeah um so like thank god uh everyone looks great yeah. neil gaiman's super involved he's happy about it i'm happy about it they are filming now which means it might be a, oh he said it's coming out next year beginning yeah. of next year i'm probably i'm assuming like in a year from now by the way yeah um but yeah i'm super stoked for that show even though i haven't read the comic i love neil gaiman i'm gonna totally pick up the comic soon oh yeah Day three was all about, I'm assuming, TV because they talked about Stranger Things. Um, Stranger Things announced that they have added four new cast members. Um, Amy Beth McNulty, who is currently starring in Anne with an E, which is another Netflix show, mm-hmm. um, who has been cast as Vicky, a cool, fast-talking band nerd who catches the eye of one of our beloved heroes. Ooh. 
Miles Truitt has been cast as Patrick, a Hawkins basketball star who has friends, talent, and a good life until shocking events send his life spiraling out of control. Spiral. Regina Ting Chen. That'd be a crazy crossover. <laughs> uh, Regina Ting Chen will play Miss Kelly, a popular guidance counselor who cares deeply for her students, especially those struggling the most. And Grace Van Deen has been cast as Chrissy. I don't know if she's related to Casper Van Deen. I hope so. Okay. Uh, has been cast as Hawkins high, high, high school lead cheerleader and the most popular girl in school, but beneath the seemingly perfect surface lies a dark secret. Cool. Those are all characters in a show. They are definitely all characters in a show. The dark secret is she loves playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it's a, a lot of ladies. It sounds like a lot of people getting smitten. Yes. And they also announced a six part scripted podcast called rebel robin surviving hawkins which will be a companion piece to the upcoming book stranger things rebel robin uh this will star maya hawk who plays the character robin Mm -hmm. um she will she will return to the character in the scripted podcast which will start on june 29th and she is also joined by sean mayer who as you know from serenity brandon me um casper van dean has two children a son and a daughter and her name is grace van dean yay huh look at that the family legacy continues good for the van dean family oh my god he could be johnny cage and she could be cassie cage who is his daughter in the games do it oh do it do it um yeah i i I heard a little bit about i heard a little bit of this they released a bit of a trailer um looks sounds really cool i'm actually really interested in this rebel robin i like this character and this actress yeah Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the no, 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 like plot stuff was released, and then the trailer. We've come to our first trailer of the night, Fear Street trilogy, released a full trailer. I thought this was a Shutter thing until it said Netflix because this is a really cool thing to do. Like, yeah, a, like did a, I miss this one? I think I missed. It's like, this an, it's like a. It, it was up in the news. Don't worry about it. Ben. It's fine. I told uh, you to bounce. I told you you had to. You had to go all, was, the, all around. No, the thing is, I was going all around, so I, I totally missed this one. Damn it, Ben! We watched like thirty trailers. Trust me, you're yeah. probably good. Um, plenty, yeah, plenty of people can talk uh, with with you, but it looks uh, really cool. It, it basically the plot is Ben for for Ben. Um, it's three movies, feature length films that each go from 1994 to 19. 70 something and then 1666 and it's about this town being haunted it's oh. it's a it's 1606 1606 no it's okay. 1666 the 666 the mark of the beast it's I'm 1666 sure it was 1606 but okay mm, we have the internet we can check it out but yeah, what? What? it is a 1600s era yeah you know what i didn't see the whole trailer but i have seen clips clips of it so i know it's like trying to go every year with a six in it so all right speaking of Speaking of um, uh, Stranger Things, uh, Max from Stranger Things is in this, in one of them. Yeah, I noticed that too. And then she grows up to be Britta. And she does, so yeah, it looks like she grows up to be Britta uh, yeah. from Community. Uh, Sparks, were you about to say something? No. Oh, okay. I thought you just look like you're about to. Um, this is based on R.L. Stein book. Really into this. So yeah, this like I like this looks way more mature than like a typical R.L. Stein book. So I asked like him yeah. and Megan and like, they're like, oh, no, yeah. 1666. Yeah. Uh, in like this, like they definitely matured it up from being like for kids. It's like more like young adults. I love yeah. the look of these monsters. Yeah. Um, they looked really cool. I really enjoyed this. 
Um, uh, surprisingly so. I'm I'm excited. It's coming out in July. Oh, actually, July, my my favorite uh, time for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, okay. Day four was all about anime. It looks like. Um, and the first thing they showed was the Masters of the Universe uh, trailer. Oh, I forgot to watch this one. Oops. Holy oh, shit. I'm excited for this one. Legitimately looks great. I was stoked. I was pumped yeah. watching this trailer. The I'm... anime looks really good. The only criticism I have is that I'm I, gonna watch it right now. I like Mark Do Hamill it. a lot. I don't know if he's the right voice for Skeletor. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I have no... I've never seen the He-Man before, so... I, yeah, but I, you've I, heard Skeletor's voice. Hmm. I remember I watched a little bit of the 2004 revival in front of that came on after Transformers Amada. So I watched a little bit of that, but I remember I showed the trailer to Fanny and the second she heard Skeletor, she's like, of course it's Mark Hamill. (laughs) Um, To to be honest, I actually kind of dig Mark Hamill as Skeletor. I mean, I I just, I always watch this. I watched this trailer like five times. Let me be clear. Like, I'm not saying thank you. You know what? There's another trailer that held to holding out for a hero and that, that was the thing I was trying to Two holding out for our heroes yeah. in one day, baby. Uh, yeah. One, animation looks, animation looks incredible. Awesome. Um, it's saying after 40 years, they're back. That is He-Man 2000's Erasure. Uh, that He-Man show was fine. Uh, <laughs> it's not been 40 years. It's been like 20 years. Come on, Kevin Smith. Respect. Well, he said it's a sequel to, it's a direct sequel to the original show. No, I know, but it's, it's just Erasure. Um, I'm not saying like Mark Hamill will be bad. I, of course not. I just uh, who is he? Skeletor. He's Skeletor. Okay, um, yeah. which is it, it just it's, it's very clearly his Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like like what you usually hear him do when he's doing voice acting, and I'm like, I I kind of wish we had someone who was trying to capture classic Skeletor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we're, you're just not going to get that same energy. No, I feel yeah. Uh, looks sick though. Looks awesome. I'm yeah. so yeah. stoked. Um, Mag says. Uh, and and nineties. Um, was there another show that I missed? There's a nineties show. I remember the one in that aired on Toonami with um, Transformers. I haven't seen any He-Man property ever, uh, and this looks awesome. And I was super Everything. pumped. Oh my god! Of He-Man comes through memes and robot chicken. Oh, this looks awful. Yeah, yeah he's right. The Adventures of He-Man was a nineties show with a whole different look to it. No, thank you. It looks no. like the X-Men. Oh, man, no. thank you for letting me down this rabbit hole. Excuse me. Oh, 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 no. Skeletor's, Skeletor's like, ugly. Ew. It's like Looney Tunes Extreme or whatever. That one show. That it's, it's like it's like weird. Yeah. It's like, I, don't, I don't like it. What, no, is Skeletor like half Punisher or something? Yeah, it looked like it. Anyway, I'm super stoked for this. I, I was surprised at how excited I was for the show. I think the animation looks incredible. Um, I'm, uh, There's a bit where Skeletor, like, Makes a portal, makes a bigger portal, puts his fist to the portal, and makes a bigger fist come out of human. I'm like, yes, That's do this. Hella cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks great. All I'm, right, I'm on board. I'm gonna be watching some He-Man. It's gonna be Eden's Zero. Anime. This is an anime. anime. Oh yeah, definitely I, I watch the trailer. This is, based off, uh, this is based off a book that people like. I'm not familiar, so. Skip it. Shaman I watched, King? I watched, I watched that today and I already forgot about it. Yeah, me too. Shaman King? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's guys, one. Guys, there was a Shaman King anime and um, 
it really sucked here in the States because this was the, the four kids era. So they like right. botched that hardcore. Um, but also it just wasn't very good in general. Um, and it didn't, it didn't uh, get enough uh, clamor. So it didn't get very far. Um, this anime actually hard. came out. Ben, I am talking. This anime came out earlier in Japan a few months ago, um, and it's been received really well. So now it's coming stateside with a dub. Uh, I love it. I love it. The look this looks, looks so really good. cool. It looks yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. What did you want to say, Ben? I was gonna say the manga was pretty good. No, the manga Ben. Is pretty good, and this looks like this is finally going to be doing justice to that. So I'm happy. Cool. Look, yeah. Look you know nice. what? Just because of that, we're going to skip the next bit of news and just Is go it? down to. No, I'm kidding. It's Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, the new Gundam series. It's coming to Netflix. It's uh, so cool. Oh, no, nobody likes Gundam on this show, so I think we should skip it. Right. It's sorry. so yeah, cool yeah. that that Anne Hathaway's next project is involved in Gundam. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks. <laughs> this looks I, better than most Netflix anime, so that's good. The, yeah. The. The human animation is really good. Uh, it looks like they're trying to recreate the style of the older character models, but let them look newer, but they're not like going hard and modernizing the, the look of the characters. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I was going to point out when I was watching this trailer. The mobile suits, because if you have if you've seen Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn and Gundam The Origin, they're definitely doing a lot more CG fights with the mobile suits, mm-hmm. which the CG fight scenes with the, with the robots cool i'm glad they're still sticking with 2d drawings when they involve the human characters when i first saw it i was kind of on the human animation but then i was like oh wait no that looks like the original anime did so then as the more i watched it like the more i got used to it so i'm new gundam is coming out you guys know me i'm excited yay yeah can i can i say something real quickly the new sailor moon movie is on netflix and it says sailor moon the movie or whatever the subtitle is sailor moon the subtitle of the movie and then when you go there, it says watch part one of two. I'm like, that's yeah. not a movie. It's two movies. No, but it's not listed. As, it's weird. I don't know. Hey, what's, Fear, what's, what's Fear Street? A trilogy. No, but that's not going to be in the same... Whatever. I thought that was weird. <laughs> Twilight of the Gods is coming out. Uh, we know this already. This is the J. Olivia Z- Zack Snyder uh, anime based on Norse mythology. What was it called? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Twilight of the Gods. Twilight of the Gods, got it. Okay. So this... Has announced its cast. Sylvia Hoax will play Sigrid. Stuart Martin as Leaf. Philo as that's a word. As fake. As back. So I'm sorry. As Thor. I apologize. It's 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 a it's an A and an E. The the two that's together. The A and the E that's together. I don't know what that sound is. It depends uh, on the origin of the name. Uh, John Noble will play Odin. Nice. Uh, Patterson Joseph will play Loki. Raul Coley, who uh, hosted Geek Week, um, from uh, he's an I Zombie and Fly Manor, mm-hmm. uh, will play Egil. Uh, Jamie Clayton will play the Seed Kona, I think. Sorry, Christopher Hiv Hivju, H I V J U, as Andvari. Uh, Peter Stormare as Ulfer. Jamie Chung as Hell, Lauren Cohen as Ing, oh, and Corey Stoll as Hrafnikel. Hrafnikel, yeah, you got it. Uh, Norse names are hard. This is cool, and it seems like a lot of those people are actually like Nordic and in, in like in like they're like yeah. Nordic actors, um, which I always appreciate. Something again like watching like the Last Kingdom or Vikings, like uh, that really helps, like f- like make it like feel appropriate. Right. Um, 
that's cool. And like like Jamie Chung as hell, like that's cool. Like, um, um, yeah. and this is animated. You said right? It's an anime. This is awesome. Cool. Yeah, sure. Let's see what let's see what the Snides can do with some like like Animation. like anime. Yeah, I mean like we got the Gahul, but like we'll see one of his it. best things. Yeah, this will be his first time into anime. Um, it feels like his trajectory is always coming this this direction. I mean, he is like big bombast, so like yeah, yeah. the anime seems perfect for him. Yeah. Also, Army yeah. of the Dead is getting a prequel that's an anime also as well as yep. a movie so it's a good point you're right we did hear a bit about army of the dead but it wasn't too substantial we just know that they're hoping that army of thieves which is the prequel will come out later this year mm-hmm. um and that's directed by the guy who plays the safe theater, theater, theater. the blonde guy yeah that's cool yeah. he's like an f- actual filmmaker and stuff that's neat all right day five is all dedicated to video games which i won't hold this against them because the witcher does have a video game but it's based off a book the series is it's true. Um, the Witcher season two had a small teaser. Small teaser. Very small uh, teaser. First look of Cersei. Yep. And then kind of the big news was that the Witcher Con was announced. CD Projekt <laughs> Red and Netflix have teamed up for this convention, the Witcher Con. Is it this year? Yeah, it'll be this year, and we'll show. We'll not announce a new game, but we'll show the season two trailer. I there's no way there'd be a new Witcher game because they're still working on Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, they they had to, they had to like clarify no. No new game. Yeah. yeah. Do they say where it was going to happen? On the internet. Oh, okay. Virtual guy. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting the we're not getting in person convention until at least November, Gross. if we get one at all this year. Yeah. Um, they also announced a bit more about the Castlevania spinoff. We don't know the title, uh, but Eddie Shankar is working on it is hard at work currently and it will be about Richter Belmont who is the Ooh. son of Trevor Belmont and Saifa Belnades uh, which will be set during the 1792 French Revolution Sweet. so so uh, not that it matters or anything because like the game and the anime are different uh, uh, Richter is not the son of Trevor I'm pretty sure there's like hundreds of years between them but it doesn't really matter because they're just getting the symphony of the night which is the greatest Castlevania game of all time so they're just getting to the great greatest Castlevania stuff instead of like oh we don't want to wait seven seasons let's just get to it now uh so that's why the spinoff like this is great uh this this is like the best area of Castle- Castlevania coming up I think so um yeah. super stoked oh yeah there you go uh and we'll see how long that goes but apparently the Castlevania future is great after Warren Ellis thank goodness that's good. We we don't know that he's not involved with this. That's what worries me. They haven't officially said it. I guess that's true. We did assume that they canceled Castlevania because of him. We assume that, and that's and I want to believe that that it is the case. But there's because people online were saying they never officially said it. So that's true. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that one. Um. Yeah. Well. You know. As long as the title card doesn't say written by Warren Ellis, I yes, think it'll be okay. The creator of it, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Eddie Shankar also announced something else he's doing, uh, which I think is actually the third thing because he's working on a Devil May, Cry. Devil May Cry anime. Now he's working on a third anime called Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. Oh, um, this will um, be also for Netflix. It's going to be a six-episode adaptation of the Far Cry Three expansion, Blood Dragon. So this is super wild because Far Cry 3 is like a regular, like realistic game, uh, a video game realistic where you're, you're on an island, like shooting fools. And then Blood Dragon is a is a is a neo cyberpunk game where, where there are like laser dragons on this island. And it's like a fake it's a fake 80s game that stars Michael Bean as the main character. Cool. And he's Captain Laserhawk or whatever. 
and they're turning that into a show. Uh, that's awesome because that's like the coolest Far Cry thing that's ever been made, and they're not just going to make a boring Far Cry; they're going to make the coolest Far Cry. So this is awesome news. Uh, yeah. Is this animated or live action? It's anime. Okay, that's even better. You're going to have like laser dragons. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it will. Um, uh, apparently, there's also another Far Cry anime in the works, but unrelated to this. Um, oh, that's, that's exciting. This will be a part of a shared universe uh, of Ubisoft properties. Oh. And they're comparing it to uh, the Nintendo mashup Captain N, the Game Master. Which I oh. don't know what that means. That's not yes. good. That's, I mean, it, it's oh. like a Smash Brothers combining a bunch of things, but that's like not oh. the one you want to go to. Mm-mm, 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 <laughs> hey, guys, this is like a Dark Universe approaching thing. No, like, no, okay, oh. Cat, uh, if I can describe one word, uh, Captain N, one word, it is bad. Yeah. Okay, and that's the one word because we don't have time. No, we don't. Cuphead. The first clip for Cuphead was released, and they also announced that Wayne Brady will play the villain King Dice. Yeah, uh, that animation looks really good. To the surprise of no one, that animation looks really good. Yeah. I'm ready to watch that show. If it wasn't that, I think people would be mad. I'm, yeah, excited, that Wayne Brady, I'm excited that Wayne Brady's King Dice. Um, Resident Evil. Uh, they also did, a, I guess, the first couple minutes of Resident Evil Infinite. But we don't have to talk about that. No, I didn't uh, watch it. And then, but they did announce the live action Resident Evil cast. As we know, there are three Resident Evil adaptations in the work, and one of them is this live action show um, coming to Netflix. They have cast Ella Belinska, Tamara Smart, Sienna Agudong, Adeline, Adeline, Adeline Rudolph, Pe- Paula. I'm going to say Paula Nunez, and Lance Reddick as the only person we know who he's playing. He'll be Albert Wesker. That's such good casting. That's so good. Um, this is the one that the people that the Resident Evil fans are the most worried about because, especially with this casting, um, and it's not like casting a bunch of ladies and like is like the problem, but it feels like this is like going to be like the CW Re- the Resident Evil movie where it's like a lot of like the family drama and not like the the stuff people like care about in the lore. But I'm like. I got Lance Lance Reddick as, as Wesker. That that dude's perfect for like being like the sleazy, cool voice guy as like the bad guy. This is awesome. Um, uh, I just need to see more of what this one is because this one's the weirdest one with like a bunch of different kids and stuff. Yeah, it's the it's the one where that takes place in the past and the future uh, about these kids growing up as children in Raccoon City. Yeah, I I'm interested in all the Resident Evil properties because they're so also vastly different. Yeah, and so we'll see. Yep, Lance Reddick rules though. Sparks, did you want to add anything to this? No, not really. And then League of Legends, Arcane, the new anime coming to Netflix, uh, released a bit of a clip. And they also said that this series will focus on several characters from the utopian world of Piltover. Piltover. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. I mean, I love the animation. You watched the the, the Dota Dragon's Blood. So, like, Mm The, again, this is going to be another weirdly multiplayer-only game and no lore, getting a bunch of cool anime. So that's cool. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, I, I really like the animation in this. Honestly, uh, mm-hmm. I did watch this clip. Uh, I'm excited. Cool. So miscellaneous news, real quickly. Uh, the Monsters is getting reboot with Rob Zombie. Oh Ooh. my god, I am so ready to burn through the witches and dig through the dishes. It's really Lamb funny. the back of my Dracula. It's really funny that uh, Brian Fuller is right after this because Brian Fuller had that that 
Munsters reboot that didn't take off. Oh, that pilot. pilot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think was really what you want to see of a new version of the Munsters was what he was doing there. Yeah. Um, not that I like, I like most of what Rob Zombies put out. Not all of it, but most of it. I, I, I have a feeling this is not going to be traditional Rob Zombie. I think he's gonna, I, I think still think it'll be like weird and dark, but I think it'll be lighter in tone. Like, I think he, I think he loves, he loves the Munsters. Like, like, uh, so I think he won't do like what he did with with Halloween. I think he will. No, I don't think he will. I think it will still it will be like a PG thirteen. I don't think it'll be a hard R. Uh, and I think that'd be a cool challenge for him too. Uh, I'm really I'm I'm definitely intrigued by what his interpretation of this is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I wonder what his yeah. pitch was because it obviously was good and it worked. Um, yeah, I'm still I don't think it's gonna... Brian. I'm still bummed the Brian Fuller one didn't get picked up. Yeah. yeah. Must have not been good though. Then obviously, like if it didn't get picked they up, they released no, it, it as a what? good pilot. Oh really? Oh yeah, no, it's a great pilot. Dang. It just did not get the audience. Mm. They released it as like a movie. Well, actually, it's not even that. Di- Sorry, it's not even that it got the audience. It's just the studio saw it and they said, "No, nah, I don't think so." Mm. And it's a really good pilot, like because they decided to air that like uh, a year later for Halloween, a year oh. later after they passed on it, just as like a monster special thing, and like um, that was. Uh, uh ellen degeneres's wife portia de Rossi. thank you um playing uh the matriarch thought, um, oh yeah and okay. uh and izzard as the izzard? matriarch yeah oh, okay um and they were so the vibe uh for that show and brian fuller bringing his best like kind of weird pushing daisies aesthetic stuff oh, to yeah. it it really clicks like if you can find it i highly recommend watching sure it. it's, on... it's really really fun on youtube and uh it, it definitely like would have been a turn in television i think that uh we just totally missed yeah. out on which is a bummer anyway uh <laughs> brian fuller's working on another thing important thing to note it's not called the monsters what brian fuller did he really no it's it. called uh it's called mockingbird mockingbird lane lane yeah oh yeah, yeah i remember the trailer for that yeah, now. Yeah. okay yeah yeah um as uh sparks alluded to uh christine ben this is for you um a new adaptation of the stephen king book christine is coming being directed by brian fuller Awesome. Uh, for Blumhouse and Sony Pictures. This is awesome. Uh, I haven't read Christine, but Christine is an awesome, awesome movie. It's and the has car, some, right? Yeah, it has some of the coolest effects where you see a car get into a car crash, and then it like it reforms itself, but practically because um, cool. CGI didn't exist. Yeah, it's really cool. And now it's probably just going to be a big CG movie. But um, I don't know. It's Brian Fuller, so it could go either way. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, but yeah, like this. I tune in for anything he makes. So it's true. Yeah. Um, this is really cool news. Yeah. Is this his first feature? I forgot to check. After his Doctor Doom movie. Uh, oh, that's Noah Hawley. Never mind. No, uh, no, no, Holly. Yeah. No, Holly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I definitely don't think it's his first feature in general, but it might be the first one he's spearheading alone. Maybe. Um, I, I, you put this in, in here, Sparks. I'm assuming Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I just, I just caught on to this, and this is only important because, um, so you know, we don't really know what it is yet. There's an announcement coming on July 12th. Um, the important part of this is that Hiromu Arakawa is revealing a new project tied to Fullmetal Alchemist to celebrate the 20th anniversary. The 20th anniversary is going to hit on July 12th, which is when they're making the announcement. Um, I would not care, except Arakawa, who created Fullmetal Alchemist, is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has me excited uh, because mm-hmm. she hasn't stepped back into the world of Fullmetal Alchemist since she finished the series. That's cool. So That's really exciting. I, I'm I'm very pumped. I'm very curious what she's going to announce, what she's going to do, um, because as long as she's attached, I'm there. Yeah. 
Um, we, don't know, we don't know if this is an anime or a manga project that she's associated with. So we have no idea. It could be a, a manga special series or something. It could be a film. I have no clue. Yeah. No one knows. Well, we will find out. June 12th. Yeah. July 12th, right? July 12th, yeah. All right. Also, Florida... Alchemist is 20 years old, so feel that one, guys. <laughs> I remember when that started. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim as a new feature-length animated movie uh, that will be directed by the by Ghost in the Shell standalone standalone complex director Kenji Kam- Kamayama. Um, this will act as a companion piece to the six live-action films. This is not book continuity. This is New Line Cinema movie continuity. And the animation is being done by... Hey, Ryan, how would you say the animation in that Starship Troopers movie was? Oh, no. It's them. I mean, it's... Oh, boy. You have to imagine they have more money. I, they have to have more money because those humans look awful. Yeah. They look like 20, like 2005 like video games. Like, mm. They got a bigger budget, I like to imagine. Uh, Sola Entertainment uh, is, the, is the studio that does the animation for those Starship Troopers movies. So they did both of them. Um, and, and they are doing this movie. Let's hope it's better. Hey, hey, hey Kenji Kamiyama there is... Yeah. reason to be excited and like if maybe if it doesn't look the best but it has like a really good story and script i can i can probably get past it maybe yeah i'm really into going back to middle earth just in general and in an animated format i'm i'm there i love that it's it's tying to peter jackson and it's not because amazon has a show that's in production right now like there there's a big new lord of the rings yeah. happening and it's cool that they're like no we're gonna know like we got a we got a property that we know works so let's go back to yeah. the those. yeah ride to ruin oh it's gonna be sick yeah, I'm excited yeah. for it. But I will now pass it over to Sparks and Ryan because we're at video games. Guys, yeah, so we're going to talk about video games for a long time. So if you just want to talk about Sweet Tooth, go to that because otherwise we have a bunch of trailers to talk about because E3 is here. It's Christmas for gamers, baby. That's true. So we're going to jump into the Summer Game Fest and a lot of these are going to be some quick mentions um, and then we will discuss on things we want to discuss about. But otherwise, you know, feel free to just like, oh, yeah. And this, we'll move this on, is a there's a lot to do. This is a curated list. We have a lot to talk about. This is a curated list. Like yeah, there, cut down. The, the, there's going to be like also next week, like literally hundreds of games to talk about that we just can't yeah. talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Among Us has a major expansion coming soon uh, that was announced. It's going to move things up to a 15 player lobby. Three which is a big deal. Three imposters. Uh, and you can have three imposters. And there's a new map. Um, this is all really great, especially for a game like like that crew getting their game so praised years later and revived because of the pandemic is, and the stream is incredible. Yep. Um, so good for them. And now with crossplay and stuff and it's coming to Xbox and PlayStation. You get to play as new roles. There's like a sheriff and a scientist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're getting, they're getting spicy. They're getting, um, they're, they're making it very much, they're adding, it's basically like you can play like hide and go seek or like uh, like werewolf, like ultimate werewolf is right. what it would yeah. like. Not that the game is already that, but now you can have like a sheriff who can do things. Yeah. Um, it's right. really cool. It's like making more board games. Uh, Rocket League is getting a Fast and Furious crossover for F9. It's coming out June 17th. Uh, if you play Rocket League, that's pretty cool. You get to have the Fast and Furious cars now. It's pretty dope. Dom. Yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, that will probably make me play it a little more. I played the game lie. when it came out at launch for ever. Uh, Fall Did anybody Guys... play that? I'm sorry. Did anybody play video game? Did anybody play that Fast and Furious video game? No. It's apparently like no. one of the worst games ever. However, made. Uh, Forza, I think. I don't remember which one has a Fast and Furious like DLC pack free, too. and that's fun. Yeah, uh, like, I think Forza. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, Brandon, real quick, that uh, that Fast and Furious game, it is a full price game, and you can beat it in under four hours. Oof. Yeah, that's it, yeah. it's wild. You yeah. should definitely look into like people talking about how not good that is. Yeah. Um, Fall Guys is getting a near automata outfit uh, coming cool. June eighteenth for those who are interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back for Blood. Uh, the only thing I really want to get into, there's some great trailers out there. You should go check them out if you have an interest in this game. Um, there was one two weeks ago that does break down on the characters and the special, some of the specials. This is the, uh, the Left 4 Dead spiritual sequel, but yeah. same developers. Uh, and I and I highly recommend checking all that out. The important thing is that if you pre-order, you will get access to the open beta that starts August 5th, which is a whole two months before the game releases. Because oh. uh, the game comes out October 12th. So you bet your butt I'm doing that. Uh, um, and it, they did confirm already that like there is the the multiplayer where you can play as the zombies, which is always my favorite thing in those games. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a PvP. Yeah, Jurassic World Evolution Two was announced. Um, oh, you forgot Metal no, Slug. I did it on purpose. Jurassic World Evolution Two was announced. Uh, I guess that's that's going to be a thing. Um, the only reason why I'm curious about it is because that is a park builder, except the park's destroyed, so I don't know what you're doing. Um, you're fixing it. Uh, uh, Death Stranding director's cut is coming. What? I said I like hearing Jeff Goldblum. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you can also play that first game and you'll still hear Jeff Goldblum. I just like hearing him in the trailer. It's fine. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, Death Stranding's getting a director's cut. We Uh, don't know a ton. We don't know anything about it. It was a cute Metal Gear inspired trailer with Norman Reedus. Right. Uh, Um, yeah, until I know what's in that game, like, uh, it's probably just a port to PS5. Uh, and Metal Slug Tactics, I do want to talk about. That's the one Brandon was trying to tell me I was skipping. Hot I would dog. never. Um, I love the Metal Slug franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. And while I have really enjoyed it, like you can play that on PC, you can play that on Switch. Um, there are ways to play They're, they're everywhere. Uh, PlayStation. Um, <clears throat> I, I never really felt like I needed another Metal Slug because honestly, like there's seven. I don't need another metal slug game it'll be the same like i've got that bear in variants all over the place i'm happy they got it right however uh take that same series that same look and make a tactics game oh baby you have sold me they did it with halo and halo wars they did it with gears and gears tactics um final fantasy final fantasy tactics that's what you do if your franchise is dull you make it a strategy game we we have a, a lot of things we're going to talk about and this might be my most anticipated to be honest this is this definitely stuck up on me because I saw the trail on this on Nine Gag. I had to double check to make sure it was real, mm-hmm. and holy crap, it is! And that makes me so stupid excited because there is another tact- a military tactics game called Advance Wars. That is an amazing game, an amazing franchise. They haven't done much of it because Fire Emblem is running away with it. Yeah, but the fact that we're getting a new style tactics game with Metal Slug characters, give me. Uh, yeah. The sprites are incredibly faithful. The mm-hmm. gameplay looks like it's going to be awesome. Um, it's recreating that style, but in a whole new format. And the animation for the cinematic parts is gorgeous. Um, and both our ladies have abs. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Hell yeah. Um, it, I love it. it. Looks, it <clears throat> looks like a, I've, I've watched this trailer like three times. It looks like a Metal Slug side-scroller, but a tactics game. And all the aesthetics are there when you would play Metal Slug. Instead oh, yeah. of it being a run-and-gun shooter, it is a tactics you got to think. And I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm pumped for this. Um, oh, well, I'm buying the day one. I will have that I- immediately. Um, if this thing, if this thing did they sparks? Did they say that they're going to make this a physical release as well as digital? Or is it digital only? It I looks think it's like digital it's digital, only. but I would not be shocked if we get a limited run. 
If we get limited run, I'm buying it. I don't care. I, I, I would be, I would honestly be shocked if we didn't get limited run for it. Yeah. Um, they won't, they won't have announced it yet necessarily. Well, they did for, no, I know, games, but like so. limited run sometimes gets some of these things like six months later yeah. that they end up announcing. So, I mean, like it could happen. It could not happen. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Solar Ash, uh, has a new gameplay trailer. Um, we talked about this a while ago when the first trailer came out, this game looks pretty good. Uh, it's a really nice art style. Um, Solar Ash is like, uh, the, the kind of like, it looks a little like Hyperlight Drifter, but the gameplay is a, a different, st- different design. Um, in. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it looks really nice. Uh, I recommend watching that trailer. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, had a trailer. Um, the trailer's not super important beyond letting us know about the voice cast, which contains Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes, Will Arnett, and Ashley Birch. Uh, Ryan, you really want to say something? Yeah, about this. Uh, well, I mean, it is. If you like Borderlands, it is important because this is they're they're <clears> getting <throat> away from Borderlands and are taking it into the fantasy element. Like Borderlands is a sci-fi, like futuristic shooter, and they're turning it into a D and D game because that's what the the DLC for Borderlands Two is. Tiny Tina's like, uh, oh, like uh, something. It's Tiny Tina's adventure or whatever. <clears> but uh, <throat> she is the dungeon master, and you go into like this board game and you play a D and D game with her in the Borderlands setting. So they're just turning that whole thing into a game. <clears throat> which is awesome. Um, the, the gameplay for Borderlands is so fun. I actually just bought Borderlands 3 on sale on my PS5. I bought it on my on my PC last year when it was on sale. So now I bought it again, but now I bought it for full price totally uh, with all the DLC and stuff because I really want to play it on my PS5. It's great. It's so much fun. I just want to f- uh, fight a dragon. And that game, like, uh, it looks so fun. And, like, I love the art style. I just want to hear Andy Samberg talk. Uh, Borderlands is literally, like, the only thing uh, 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 Gearbox has going for them. <laughs> So like it makes sense that they keep pumping out these games. This one looks, yeah. Cool. Fantasy Borderlands. Yeah, it's a, it's a, oh, it is. <coughs> yes, and they also uh, talked about the movie a little bit. Uh, we didn't really see anything though. Yeah. Um, Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes was announced. This is the third Dark Pictures Anthology piece. Uh, did you guys watch this one? Do you have a chance? I did. I did. Okay, yeah. Um, this is a series uh, like I haven't been able to dive into yet, but I keep wanting to, and each one looks unique and different and solid. Um, and I hear that they all all work pretty well for what they are. Um, these always come out around $30, uh, which I think is a reasonable price for what these games are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, these are from the Until Dawn team, if you're familiar with that game. Great game. Uh, uh, this is one that has a narrative-based uh, gameplay, but it's also got the opportunity for what's uh, like... I think it's called like popcorn mode or something, which is uh, where a group can work together to make the decisions. And it's a gameplay designed around a group functioning together. The, the Telltale, Telltale Games. So it's something yeah. that I'd really like for us to do sometime for a stream. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. uh, I'm really excited about this one. I like the look of the creatures. And I like the setup of the story going into the cave. So <clears throat> uh, Tales of Arise had a trailer. Um, which one was this? There's so many. It's, uh, it's an anime one. Don't worry about it. It's an anime one. I mostly I, put this one for Ben and Ryan. Uh, this of all the anime games uh, that, that I watched, uh, this is probably the one with the best art style. Uh, this game looked. It, it has like you know, it has like like the cel shaded like like anime look that most that modern games do. But like, there's just something about it that like that stuck out to me, and I'm like, oh, this looks sick. And like, like I play one of these every couple of years, and like I'll probably play this one. Unfortunately, I I missed this trailer, but I know it's coming out, so I'm like, cool, another Tales game. They make a lot of them. Uh, Planet of Lana, I just want to mention real quick. It's it's just a sick indie. Uh, I like the look of it um, personally. You got if, a little monster with you. If you're, you, if you're yeah. interested in it, you should go watch that trailer. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's monster Hunter Stories. 
I was gonna say I also watched the uh, Planet of Lana. It's it's all hand drawn like or hand painted like Cuphead was. Our style's really good. Uh-huh. Um, there's not a whole lot shown, but it looks interesting, and I am actually in. I'm, it piqued my interest. I I'm a sucker for creative art styles in indie games, um, mm-hmm. and you will you will at least get me to talk about the art. Uh, and yeah. Planet, Planet of Lana is one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories Two: Wings of Ruin had a trailer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just wanted to give it a quick mention. Um, if you like that avenue of the Monster Hunter games, it looks like it's going to be a solid entry of that. More narrative, less gameplay. <laughs> that's why I'm not interested. Right. Um, so that's that's there. Uh, Tribes of Midgar uh, had a trailer. This looks pretty interesting. This is an RTS-style uh, Norse mythology game. Um, it is getting some decent buzz. Uh, I'm definitely curious to see how this one rolls out. Um, I'm not 100% sold by the art style. I'm not against it, but I'm not 100% sold on it either. Um, so the gameplay is going to have to be pretty good as well. Uh, I'm not going to play this just for the art. Um, but I am intrigued by the setup of it, and certainly that it's so Norse mythology dense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Evil Dead the Game had a trailer release and it's weird because this is a pretty long trailer and we still don't really know how this game plays um ryan and i are unsure if this is a dead by daylight or a left for dead i and, think it's and, a mix of both and it seems like it might be a mix of both but it's very confusing um well you can play as i i thought it's like you could play as the four you could play as four characters and then you could have a fifth play the 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 kandarian demon and then you just have like zombie hordes to fight off yeah, this is what we mean by, like, we're not sure if it's supposed to be, like, Left for Dead or Dead by Daylight. I was trying to save face because I realized that as I was describing it. Yeah. I was just describing exactly what you said. Right. No, I get you. Um, the character model designs look great. I like that they're pulling stuff from the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, all across and seeing uh, Bruce Campbell be able to come back and voice uh, Bad Ash's... I love Evil Ash. Right, I, that's uh, my the, favorite Evil Dead character. That... that, that I, I won't lie, like him showing up in the game kind of put me over on the like, I will probably play this at some point if it's on yeah. Game Pass especially, yeah. or if it's cheap. I don't um, know if I'll, I definitely won't. This this trailer sold me less on it, because like, again, it's a, it's a game, I want to get the gameplay is what matters and like, it, it didn't, it looked kind of just like, you, you punch a guy a couple times and you shoot him, and then you do that just, it seems very like, slow and kind of slow pace, and I'm like, it didn't it didn't really sell me like left for dead so much faster like i got back back for blood and i got all these other games that are like this like they yeah, like, seem very slow like i i like evil dead a lot i don't know if i like it enough to like it's like put the, a lot of time into this uh yeah. unless it's got something going for it it's like the friday the 13th game like the game had a cool idea but it wasn't good enough to have ju- that just be the game right so i'm wondering uh, yeah. i will say that honestly this actually got me more excited for it cool. um that's primarily great. primarily because of all the characters we're seeing in this um to me it i'm not a gamer so i'm yeah. sorry if i seem a little ignorant to no, it does no. look it does it does look fun to me um i really like the idea of playing characters from all the evil dead movies including a knight from the other and like the idea that you can summon like you can like finish the game by like summoning like this magical portal sounds really cool i wish we had seen a bit more of that but yeah. that's why I, i'm interested i think it's going to be like it is going to be more like left for dead whereas like you have objectives that you have to do and you progress through them instead I think of that's just what, i think that's what's up instead of you just um, do one thing i yeah. i will probably be more engaged with this if the multiplayer plays well if it's on game pass and, i'll play it and then like you know if i'm playing in a group I'll probably have a good time with it. I just, it's at this moment, it's a hard game for me to see myself playing by myself. Considering there's so many other games that do this kind of thing, 
Um, yeah, it's hard to choose. Like, see, but that see, I'm only looking at it as something that I would play with my friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I a hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. But we got there's like, a good chance that yeah. that it, there's enough there for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But we'll we'll see. Um. Because there's enough of these out now. What I mean where, is like, like we have like Back for Blood, and there's like two other games that we'll talk about that are multiplayer focused. And I'm like, if I have five games to choose from, I don't know if Evil Dead's going to be the and one. Then, and then we already do like Dead by Daylight. Not That's what I mean. And, we already have so yeah. many games. Like I don't know if it, it'll meet meet the. But cut. we'll see. Uh, I I agree with you, Brandon. I do like the character appearances and the models and things like that. I love Evil Dead. Really seeing the evil dead the series characters mm-hmm. me too uh the the creatures in particular um elden ring uh so we'll we'll take a decent chunk of time let's talk about elden ring uh which finally released a trailer um ben didn't like it but the rest of us did i think so let's definitely dive into that did ben, ben really not like it no he liked ben it. you're well, uh you're, you're loved a, it you're, somewhat recent convert of of the souls franchise so like I, I i have been converted to the glory that is from software souls Warren series and by god this thing is all i want i just you guys i just the creativity and the imagination and just like the balls to the wall nonsense of a dragon summoning a lightning and then smashing it into the ground it's the coolest thing i've ever seen in a video game that's See? a boss fight that we're gonna get to play and I'm like, oh my god, January, please. Seeing that giant multi-armed lord with that big ass axe smashing you, telling you to be gone, is just like, give me. Dark, dark, the, the, the Souls franchise, like they always have, they have the coolest bosses, like the biggest and like baddest enemies, and like this continues. It's what you come for. It's what you come for. But the thing that's different about this game is they're finally they're like. The Souls games have some open world to them, but they're but they are they are level based, they are mission based. They're just really long missions. This is an open world game, and they give you a mount. They give you a a, a horse goat that can double jump in the air. Like you you're riding around on this horse, double jumping, fighting this dragon. I'm like, this is like the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I texted my brother when I saw this trailer. I tweeted oh, at him yeah. and he texted me and straight up said that he has never been this hyped for a game just by the trailer. Yeah. I, I I joked on Twitter that like it gave me two years of my life back. Like, <laughs> like th- this is like not that any of these other games we're talking about have are like lazy or do anything, but like just like this game is like on another level of like everything is like just so is effortless effortlessly cool and fantastical. It's really nice when you know a studio can deliver, usually does deliver, almost always. And, always, yeah. and they're and they show up and they're like, here's what's coming, and and you know you there's good reason to be excited for this. Yeah. I remember uh, two years ago when this game was announced, and the one of the big draws for this game was that some of the story was done by George R. R. Martin. And we're like, mm-hmm. well, this game's not gonna come out in like 50 years because he's so, still describing that that door that's in the second so, floor of the castle. Ben, you've played excuse me ben you played the souls game now so you know that there's not the dark souls games are not narratively driven no. the narrative stuff is in the items and like characters mm-hmm. that you talk to and like you all piece the narrative together. yeah the narrative so, stuff you have to piece together through flavor text and and many npcs yeah. and it's yeah so george's role in this is he is he is the story guy he laid down the foundation of what the lore is what the story is what the characters are but like he is not writing every single piece of dialogue in this game because that's not what any writer does in any video game. There's do- no. there's so many writers in video games that have to write mm-hmm. thousands of minuscule pieces of dialogue just because, like, what if the character talks to you a hundred times? You have to have yeah. that dialogue ready, right? George did not write that. He gets paid too much money to write that. Uh, no. So, like, he wrote this, the treatment, and then he's gone. Like, I, I'm sure he's been done with this for a long time, honestly. 
but his name's there, so that's gonna. Tell no, him. I was just saying that that was the joke. Okay, that yeah, because yeah. he was part of it, and we're st- we still don't have Winds of Winter. I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember when first off, I want to say I really like the look of this. I really like the look of this. Um, The the I remember a book came out. I was written by some dude, but the biggest name on it was George R. R. Martin. And right under right above it in little tiny letters said edited by. And the cover was mostly covered with George R. R. Martin. Yeah, that's. That's Tom Clancy now too, because Tom Clancy, spoiler, he's been dead for a couple for several years yeah. now. But he's always the guy Tom Clancy's book, but it was actually written by this person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah sorry, I just want to say that. No, well, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, maybe this will finally be the gateway for Brandon into yeah from software. It's definitely just by making it open world, it's immediately more accessible than the Dark Souls games are, because those right. games are they're they are somewhat obtuse, and you have to really like want to learn that game. Um, so this is a little easier, yeah. And the, it is. I don't know why, but I, while I was watching this and you saw some of the scenes where you know your dad's like, oh, that's a, a, a your, you died screen. <laughs> Part of me is like, I know sometimes that, that might frustrate me, but at the same time, I'm up for the challenge. I'm like, yeah. all right, let's do this. And also, um, unlike on like uh, uh, Bloodborne, and I know there is magic in uh, Dark Souls 3, but ma- the magic of Dark Souls 3 was kind of eh. This one, you have like a lightsaber, like a magic sword, and you're it's a magic tech that you're able to swipe attack enemies with i'm like that's my kind of magic stuff yeah yes it's so dark souls is definitely more dark fantasy this is kind of more traditional fantasy yeah um which obviously it still has like like big dudes in metal suits and stuff but like it's definitely not as dark grim dark as the souls universe yeah uh, a lot of vibrant uh variants on mm-hmm. display big giant golden trees in the air yeah yeah i love uh, the name that they give the protagonist that the um the tarnished yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you, got, you got the hunter in Bloodborne, you got the Ashen one in Dark Souls Three, and now you got the Tarnished. It's like, yeah, yeah. these are so cool. Yeah, they they really delivered on this trailer. I'm I'm psyched. Uh, even even me, January I'm baby. Sitting here like, ooh, spicy. Please, I like it. I, I'm in a raffle for a PS5 right now, so please let me get that PS5 because once this comes out, it's a day one buy for me. Oh man. <laughs> uh, moving on to E3 proper. Uh, IGN, we'll start with IGN. Igan, Igan. Uh, Blacktail. Um, there was a trailer. Uh, this is a story about Baba Yaga, uh, where you are playing Baba Yaga. And what's interesting about this is both that you are playing Baba Yaga, but also uh, it's entirely a bow and arrow first person shooter. Oh, so this is a really interesting looking game, and I'm kind of sold by both of those concepts, and I'm super intrigued. The trailer also makes me think that there's an amount of the children lying or like arguing about what your story is. And that changes the elements of the story as it happens to mm-hmm. you. Because like, you got one kid who's like saying like, or it's bones and it's like, yeah, but it's actually gingerbread or like, or it's uh, toads and bats or it's mushrooms. Um, and so yeah. like one is playing something more favorable. And I think that's going to affect the story as it happens mm. to you. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know that. Um, but I'm I'm still just really interested. Uh, you don't get you don't get many shooters where it's just like yeah you just have a bow. Yeah, that makes me think it's probably going to be like super low budget. Oh yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's, a, like an it's indie a lower game. budget indie yeah. game for sure. But yeah. like it looks interesting, yeah. and I and I love the the attack on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry Brandon, yeah. I kind of talked over you. No, it's fine. I, I just I really like this. I like there's a there's an element that uh, the people the the kids talking are Hansel and Gretel because uh, they talk mm-hmm. they they mistaken. Uh, they kind of make it that like the Baba Yaga is also the witch from the Hansel and Gretel story. Uh, yeah, I like it. It was cool. I liked it. 
yeah i think i think that's supposed to be like a key part of it that like it's people like getting the story wrong but that's affecting her as she's going through it we'll see yeah uh the, I just want to mention real quick, Ali Ali World um, had a really nice trailer. Uh, if you're interested in this kind of thing, it's an indie game. It's a 2D skateboarding game. Uh, the art style is just really cool. Uh, uh, it looks like this is like fun to play. This is like the third game in the franchise. Yeah, uh, but this I, I think that, that this just looks nice. Uh, this just looks like a nice thing. If this appeals to you, check it out. Um, Bramble the Mountain King. What a tonal weird trailer uh you you had you had my curiosity and then you had my attention um uh yeah this is uh, a kid going on like a fairy tale adventure but it's intercut throughout with the kid murdering somebody murdering somebody very brutally and bloodily um i don't know what this is going to be uh but uh, i'm super interested this is bramble the mountain king um i'm definitely intrigued they do have that solid moment where the kids just hopping from lily pad to lily pad. And then like what looks like just because of the sizing and the frame of it, like a Titan, like a gross Titan rises out of the from swamp. Attack and I'm on like, Titan, yo yeah. man, I don't know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very interested in what that's going to be. Um, so check out that trailer. 2022. Uh, this is just a quick mention. Tunic has a gameplay demo out. Um, if you're aware of Tunic, it's very Legend of Zelda inspired. It's a cute looking little indie game. Little Fox. Uh, got some really great art to it. I highly recommend checking that out if that appeals to you. Uh, another one, I'm mentioning this. Um, Broken Pieces is a psychological thriller adventure game. Um, I like the style of it. It's uh, very, you know, just trying to solve a mystery. It's very puzzle solving, but I, I just like the atmosphere that it's creating with its trailer. So I recommend checking that out. Um, there's a kick-ass looking cinematic uh, gameplay trailer that that has both cinema and gameplay mixed in, telling a story for a horror game called Martha is Dead. Uh, that one looks creepy, something good for Ben to play on Halloween, freak him out. Bro, we got like two years stacked. Yeah. What's up, Ben? <laughs> um, is Doki Doki Literature Club in your news? No, it's not. It is now. That is um, getting a physical release with Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Uh, for those of you who do not, do not know, it is a psychological horror game that is good now that was on Steam and is now coming to consoles. And it is a horror game in the guise of a anime dating sim. Yeah, uh, that's fun, I've, boys. I I played it. Uh, wow. Uh, I just said uh, it's fine if you want to bring that up. If you guys have anything like that, just a general note. Uh, if it's a plus or a game going to Game Pass or something like that, um, none of that went in the news. If it's a game that's already been released and it's getting like an update or something like that, that's not in this news tonight. Okay. Um, you can mention it if it's something you want to mention. I'm not trying to say not that, but don't be expecting me to ever say it because gotcha. I didn't do that. Um, uh, anyway, Martha is Dead looks really good. Um, I If you're into horror games, I think this looks like a, it's going to be a, a nice one. Mm-hmm. Um, Haunted Space uh this had a trailer um i described this to, as to ryan as i think this looks like solaris which is a game that's been really popular for deep water exploration um it's just an ocean exploring game uh this is that in space with like weird creatures you mean subnautica because solaris, subnautica, solaris is a space game <laughs> subnautica is what i mean yeah, yeah um subnautica uh, uh but in space and you get to see these weird astral creatures and you are building your own ship and uh you can get involved in dog fights as you're traveling yeah, it's, a, it's a, a spaceship simulator but spooky one it looks really nice um, spooky squadrons uh did either of you get to watch this one no i didn't i did watch this one i don't or it didn't leave too much of an impression though 
fair enough. Yeah. Um, spooky yeah. spaceship stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm de- definitely intrigued by haunted space. I'm going to keep an eye on it because if it's if it's popping off, then that might be a cool one to check out. 2022. Uh, I will. I will say this. I, I will say I did really like. Um, the the look of uh, of the enemies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will uh, say that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Subnautica is a really interesting game um, with how you come upon different creatures, and I hope that that is the vibe that Haunted Space has about how you just kind of like. Uh, I kind of thought of like this is it was my immediate thought was like the when they do um, Ghost Galaxy for Space Mountain. Oh and yeah, that, I love that. That, that creature, and I'm like, I feel like this is going to be a game of like you encountering things like that. Yeah, I'm a big uh, fan. And I'm pretty into that. Um, Coke had one. Uh, that's worth mentioning. It's called Dolman. Uh, I didn't want you guys to watch the trailer or anything because I don't think the trailer is that important. It just shows you some of the visuals of it. Um, I'm only interested in the fact that this is uh, described as pulling from uh, things of H.P. Lovecraft and H.R. Geiger together, um, but it's got a very Doom uh, mm-hmm. sensibility to it. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about it is players' are, uh, mission is to save an alien species rather than fighting it off. Um mm-hmm. So this might be a cool one, but honestly, we don't have enough information to yeah. know. The, uh, the look, the look of the creatures in it is cool. Mm-hmm. Is this the one that we heard about a couple of years back that's inspired by H.R. Geiger? I, no, that's, that's no. That's this scorn. is a, this is a that's different scorn. one. This is a different uh, one because it's a it's a mix. There's some Geiger stuff, but it's not as obviously Geiger. There's there's different things. It looks right. like it looks like Doom, but with aliens. Got it. Like um, like, like Cthulhu aliens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, the developer did describe the experience as a hardcore game. We will find out later. Uh, on to Devolver. Uh, Trek to Yomi. Ooh, baby. Um, this is the black and white samurai trailer. Yeah. yeah. This looks awesome. Uh, this is how you do black and white uh, for your samurai thing, where it actually matters, and you're not just doing a, a filter a filter. Yep. scale. Uh, goes to Shusima. Yeah. Uh, you are called out. Yeah. Um, Trek to Yomi looks great. Uh, this is 100% a game I'm going to play. It yeah. looks gorgeous. The, the combat, um, uh, a lot of 2D games do this where it's like rock, paper, scissors, where like you have a high stance, medium stance, low stance, and like wherever you stab, it's like, oh, you'll defend if you both do a stab. So you have to like like figure out where you're going to stab someone. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. Love that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this. Um, I think it looks incredible. Uh, Devolver kind of always is crushing it, so this isn't surprising. So we're, we've got a couple we're going to run through here. Uh, Wizard with a Gun. Um, just a quick mention, this is, uh, it, it just has a really cool art style. This is very like a, a Western, but with wizards. Ben, did you see this one? No, I did not. Oh, this one has literally Final Fantasy wizards, like like with black faces with the colored eyes with guns. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the aesthetic looks like. Um, and you are you are playing through in like a uh, kind of Hades style look, but you are also uh, sandbox building the arena as you play. Yeah, and it's a multiplayer. It's it's going to be interesting to hear the reception to this one, but the the style of it is very appealing. Yeah, it's 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 a genre mixing a lot of different things. It looks it looks cool. Uh, Demon Throttle. Um, this is an old school game. And when I say oh, old school ben. game, I mean, this looks exactly like an old school ben, game. Did you see this one? Tell me you saw Demon Throttle. This one looks ben, like the ben, game came pop out. Off, pop off. It's like 40 seconds. Pop yeah. on to, and watch Demon Throttle. Because like, you're the only person who appreciate this because the game looks like it came out in like 1979. Like it's an old school game. All right, it looks back. awesome. Uh, this one, this one looks really good. It's going to come to most uh, consoles. I think. Demon Throttle. And this is the one yeah. that has a physical release coming uh, out. Yes, it yeah. has a physical release when it comes out, which is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy excited about that. Uh, Phantom Abyss, 
Uh, we'll talk about that real quick while Ben's uh, doing. Oh my god, I love battle. Indiana Jones. Uh, Phantom Abyss is one where um, you are doing a temple run. Did you get to watch this one, Brandon? Where they explain this? This one. Uh, so this someone one happened. also just says mention on it, so I didn't watch this one. Fair enough. That's, that's fair. That's right, because uh, we were trying to cut it down. Um, so I want to tell you what this is. So it's the first person you're doing like a temple run exploration thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is procedurally generated. So when you die in this run, you will never do that same temple again. Oh. However, when you are doing the temple run, you will see phantoms of other players who have attempted and died. Oh. So there are like a dozen blue like like ghosts doing the things and that's and you see how they died and they, they, they can lead you to victory or they can lead you to to, to death stuff. uh because yeah. at some point they all died yeah um so it, it could be like oh that helps me solve this puzzle but also following them too long could lead you to death also yeah. uh only one person can complete each map so when the map is finally beat by someone the it's map close. goes away and you get like the trophy kind of like fall guys you get a trophy so there's going to be just like dozens of these maps available at, at all times and then whenever somebody beats it, another one gets rotated in. Uh, it's it's a first person, just like Indiana Jones adventure game. This is really cool. cool. This sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. I saw the Demon Thrower trail, and Dan, that looks like a great eight bit NES. Uh, yeah, it's cool, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hard Gunner, because there are games like that for the NES that are stupid hard, and it looks it looks just like that. It looks rad. Man. Yeah, it looks really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad you watched that because I it's going to be right up your alley. Oh yeah, it already is up my alley. Um, we're we're uh, talking about Phantom Abyss. Phantom Abyss, uh, just real quick for you, Ben, is a uh, temple exploring game where mm-hmm. um, the map is procedurally generated. Uh, you are oh. seeing the phantoms of other uh, players who have played it when oh. they die, because if you die in the map, you never go back to that map, Ben. Yeah. So oh. you die, you screw up, you move on to a different map. You don't get to try like, that um, one again. Like oh. Mario Maker, how you know when you die, you see how yeah, like see it's it's exits, that. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's cool. uh, and then, and then, once someone succeeds, then that map goes away forever. Oh, so it's, um, a, it's a totally skill-based game. Yeah, that is a very uh, interesting roguelike idea. I like it. And and then the last one we're going to talk about from Devolver is Death's yeah. Right. Yeah, very very check this out. <laughs> I this one might be up your alley, pretty hardcore, Brandon. Uh, it's like all the distilled down puzzle solving you love it and charted into a game. Honestly, you know what we can like. It, it's a technically a single player game, but it's multiplayer. Um, we could all like do the same run of a thing to see who gets the best run, like of, of a temple. Like if we like, this could be a cool multiplayer like competitive thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm super into. That it. we're all just uh, constantly trying to to succeed where the yeah. others have failed. Yeah, Let me I, see if I, I can. That's yeah, cool. And there's like a there's 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 gods. a grappling hook thing. Yeah. There's gods attached to the relics that will appear. And try there's like um like you. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Cool. There's like an evil. There's like an Olmec who likes tries to stop you at the end. Yeah. 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 Um, Death's Door is the last one from Devolver. We're going to talk about Death's Door. Uh, you are a crow in this realm where death has stopped meaning anything, and so you take up the job of the Reaper. And this you go is to collect souls. like my one of my favorite things that I've seen at the conference. Uh, yeah, you are a, a Grim Reaper crow with a sword. Uh, and crows like rule the universe. Uh, it was it was in development before Hades released, but it looks like a lot like Hades, um, yeah. uh, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. That's a great game. Uh, this is probably going to play great. The art style's beautiful, mm-hmm. um, like a cool like like it's got like black and white, but like some this is this is another indie darling to watch out for. Devolver in general had a great conference. Um, if you have the opportunity to watch a whole conference, Devolver's probably the one I would recommend first uh, because it's kind of all hits. And um, also like they they are. Um, they are the anti 
establishment um um company so like all of their e3 press conferences are literally making fun of e3 and it's like constant jokes and like they say the f-bomb and like they are super r-rated like the fact that they have this kind of conference every year where it's like they murder people on screen and like they just move on it's like uh devolver is the best they're truly the best yeah uh we're gonna move on to ubisoft um they have mario and rabbits spark Mm -hmm. of hope uh, this is going to be a follow-up to the pretty darn successful uh, crossover that they already did once before, um, yep. which is not surprising. That that did, was received really well and surprisingly so, very fun to play. Yeah, so the thing about that, uh, so that first game was an XCOM game, and they're changing the gameplay of the sequel because they realize like there are some things you want to change, and, and it's kind of more like a um, like Final Fantasy XII then, where mm-hmm. like you move around and you do you use your actions. You have like you have like a amount of points you can use on your meter. Um, okay. That's really cool. Instead of just shitting out a sequel, they're actually changing it and like like mm-hmm. that's really cool. And yeah, that game was super successful and really loved. Uh, this looks really cool. I did yeah. watch this trailer. I like this a lot. Nice. This is the only time Mario's ever had a gun. It's so it's so wild. Mario and Luigi are just shooting fools. It's so fun. Wow. Yeah. Wait, can you say for sure he didn't have a gun in the Super Mario Bros. movie? I can't. I mean, he had a water gun in Sunshine, but that's not. Sunshine doesn't count. And technically, the gun he has when he's fighting up against King Koopa is the super scope from the NES. So, oh, there you go. Don't give him the information. He would just have to sit on that until we ever watch that movie. I'd have to sit on Um, that. Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, I certainly didn't think we were going to talk about Rainbow Six game, but Ryan made me watch this. There's a lot of uh, military shooters that I didn't expect to talk about this week, but here we are. And this uh, looks pretty surprising. This is very Left 4 Dead style, but you're fighting aliens. Uh, So yeah, so so Rainbow Six Siege is a super, super, super popular tactical multiplayer game. It's 5v5. Um, and like the thing about Rainbow Six is it's always it's way more tactical than like than Call of Duty or Battlefield. Like you are looking around corners, you're ducking, you're you're proning, you get shot in the head once and you're dead. Like it's it's very like realistic, quote unquote. So they're taking the excellent gameplay of that and turning it into Left 4 Dead. Uh, but also you can play as the zombies like you do in Left 4 Dead. So like it's the great gameplay of like being super tactical and like like having like precise like precise tactical knowledge of the gun you're using but also weird alien shit so it's like a really cool genre mix that i just didn't think would ever happen funny also fun fact this game used to be called rainbow six quarantine in 2019 they renamed it i wonder why yeah uh yeah so did you guys get to watch this one i no, skipped this I'm, one that's unfortunately, fine. I, didn't any, I didn't see any of the ubisoft ones uh, that's okay. a shame. There's a lot uh, of good ones. Yeah. Um, uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, I, I recommend you guys, if you're going to check out something from it later, um, check out the gameplay trailer, not the cinematic trailer. Um, go ahead and skim around that. It's like a seven-minute trailer, so just yeah. kind of jump around, get a feel for it. Um, I think you guys will like it. It is very, like, Left 4 Dead, just with aliens, um, but it's got its own vibe. And like Ryan said, it's going to be a little more tactical than Left 4 Dead tends to be, or certainly what I think Back 4 Blood will be. Because, yeah, those games are very much just like, Bleh! whereas, like, sometimes I want to be like, oh, no, my skill actually matters sometimes. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, and again, like, I didn't think we'd talk about this, but Ryan convinced me with uh, the gameplay trailer, is Battlefield 2042. Um, this this is... This is from the same team that made uh, Battlefront 2. Yep. Um, this is a all-out war. Are you trying to remind yourself if you watch this, Brandon? No. Ben just said he didn't watch any of the Ubisoft ones, and then he said he saw this. This well, one was on the Xbox yeah. one, that's why. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Far uh, Cry was like on four different press conferences this weekend. So yeah, like, yeah. Get it? yeah, yeah. Uh, so Battlefield 2042 uh, looks 
really, really good. So I did, um, I did see this one, and I and now that you've told me it's the same development team that did Battlefront Two, I'm much more interested. So the thing about I've always been uh, uh, I loved military shooters growing up, you know, on on the Xbox and stuff. Um, I've played Call of Duty and Battlefield, but I was always a Battlefield guy. One because Battlefield always had way bigger uh matches it was always 32 versus 32 instead of just like you know like 8v8 or 16 versus 16 and also battlefield had vehicles so you had tanks and motorcycles and helicopters and stuff like that so the the battlefield itself was just bigger and crazier and you guys have played battlefront so you know that the vehicles are there so uh we're in dubai and we're wingsuiting around while there's tornadoes happening and i'm like there's 128 players on screen right now. Like it is the most chaotic thing I've ever seen, like in a multiplayer like setting. And I'm like, this is, this is why I used to play those games. Right. And like you jump off, a, you jump off a, a building and you wingsuit into like a helicopter. I'm like, that's like, that's something you actually do in the game. And it's, it's awesome. The, the idea that our entire crew of like 12 plus players could all jump in and just do this. And like, I, I pictured there's a, in the gameplay trailer, there's this moment where they're like, we need to get out of the storm and they run in and they go into the elevator and they hit boop and they go down. Uh, meanwhile, there are guys out, uh, in, out in the storm. And I'm like, I, I could totally see our group having people who escape the storm. And then there's other people who are like either dying, sacrificing themselves, <laughs> or they just miss the bus. <laughs> Yeah, it just looked like um, uh, uh, like the most fun multiplayer that these games have ever been. Because um, I tried Battlefield 1, which is their World War One game, even though technically it's Battlefield 5. Then they released Battlefield 5 after that. Naming conventions are weird, but like those games were fine. This one looks like, okay, they're like they're doing something really cool here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this could be a lot of fun for us to play together. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that one. Hell yeah. Uh, last from Ubisoft is Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora. Um, didn't expect this there is an avatar game it ain't bad yep it's not great but it ain't bad um but this looks pretty cool um certainly more of what i'd want to engage with in avatar than when you tell me there's going to be four more movies (laughs) this is more of what i want out of that engagement level Um, i i really like i'm going to say this a lot i'm going to say this a lot but i really uh... I was kind of another way of saying I really like the look of this. I really like the new designs of these creatures. Um, we do mm-hmm. see new creatures than we did in Avatar, and I really like them. I think they look awesome. Pandora is still like I, an awesome place. It's like it was, it was awesomely designed. When I, I agree with that. One of my favorite things about um, the original video game, for those who didn't play it, uh, I was talking with Ryan about this because we both actually really like that game. Um, is uh, James Cameron had all these notes that like never go in the film that he wrote down and jotted down and came up with uh, explaining how like biology of the plant life and animal life functioned on pandora and so he basically handed them an entire encyclopedia of his notes and let them run wild with it and they supplanted all that information into the game so like you have these things where like you'll go and check out something and it'll give you the details of like how that plant lives and these kind of things like way more information than you'd ever need for playing a game or in general but it's all there and it's crazy that it's all there yeah i wonder how much james cameron has is involved in this one I have to imagine some probably pretty deep because yeah. the game that came out, it's called James Cameron's avatar, the game. Uh, so like, I have to imagine he, he cares about it so much that he has some involvement, but how much he'll have with this one. Well, that's what I mean. Like yeah, I yeah. like to imagine I, he still will. Cause like, I, yeah. I think he's pretty steeped in that world. I think he Four wants movies. 100% control of it, especially with watching how Terminator has gone away yeah. from him. Um, he's probably going to be pretty. And it's not like these are like, again, they're not like different designs. Like this is still like true to what that movie was. So like, I I feel like I I want this one. I'm more, I'm way more invested. I'm actually excited for this game. Whereas I'm trepidatious about the movies. If there's any 
like like flight combat where you're riding one of those dragons and you actually shoot an arrow into like a plane that's awesome that's yeah uh i'm definitely eager to see more of the gameplay but mm -hmm. you have me intrigued yeah uh, for sure i'm hooked mm -hmm. um Microsoft and Bethesda, which was today, um, let's jump into that. Um, the first thing I want to get out of the way is that Xbox announced uh, they announced Xbox Streaming Stick and the TV app. Uh, this is wild. Um, Xbox really is starting to become that you know, like we we handle it all console. Uh, they're achieving that promise they made a long time ago. And they're future proofing. Um, and they are future proofing. Uh, Xbox. While it might not have the uh, exclusive titles that are kicking butt necessarily, not yet, not yet, uh, to year. rival PlayStation or anything like that, they do have such a uh, wealth and payload of things available through Game Pass, and using that as such a functional system to engage with is pretty incredible. Yeah, the fact that um, like TVs in the future will just have Game Pass on it is that's that's revolutionary for video games like it truly is because it's not like game pass has five games game pass has hundreds of games yeah um, like and i cannot i say it every week we cannot overstate yeah. the value that xbox game pass has and this week alone like they added they added 20 more bethesda games they added a bunch more when i logged onto my computer downstairs and and the game passing pops up five new games were added since like a couple days ago like every week they add more games of that thing. It's just, uh, it's insane. And that, and that the streaming stick is going to allow you to be able to play Halo and things like that on your phone with an Xbox controller. Yeah. Uh, what, what a time to be alive. Um, they, exactly. they have essentially turned your phone into a portable Xbox console. It's wild. Uh, unbelievable. Um, it, it, pretty incredible. Anyway, uh, any thoughts on that before we move into the games that they were talking about? It just sounds cool. All right, cool. Uh, replaced is a indie game uh did you guys get to watch this one i just want to know yeah uh, I, I watched the entirety of the xbox bethesda thing so i just uh, replaced is the one that looks uh kind of blade runner-esque it's, like, um, it's, it's a 2d side moving pixel, one but pixel the games. 3d art i do yep, all the way yep. forward and yeah yeah he's climbing up like a hotel sign that's blinking me on my uh, yeah, I, I love the i love the art i love the look um there's something so incredible about how deep uh, this 3D, both foreground and background, feels based around the character who's moving, yeah. even though all of this is 2D animation. Um, really, really like it. Yeah. Really like the uh, concept of it. Um, this is uh, one of those indies I'm really looking forward to. This and Death's, uh, Death's Door uh, are the two like indie games that I'm most looking forward to. Big, big top ones. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think Replace Style looks incredible. Brandon? No, I've got nothing to add. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought this one might appeal to you too, just that kind of neo noir futurist thing. Yeah, no, I yeah. really like the look of it. I just, like awesome. I like I keep saying. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, that, that's a lot of what you can say from these trailers. Yeah. A lot of it is just kind of first looks. Um, Twelve minutes. Uh, this is a game we've been pumped about for a long time, it's and we finally got man. like a. For five uh, we finally got like a really nice in-depth trailer that's uh really analyzing the breakdown of it and we heard daisy ridley's american accent for the first time ever so uh we were watching this and we weren't sure if that was daisy ridley and then during the thing they had the video they had the video where she shows it. up and i'm like she oh, goes from a british to her american she's like, excellent like i didn't even recognize her it's great yeah um, it's james mcavoy uh, daisy ridley and Will willem, willem, willem you definitely recognize willem put your hands behind your back yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, this looks great. Um, it's I really love the hearing the developers talk about how important it was to them because of the style of the game, how they went about it, that they wanted to have people who could convey everything they wanted out of the story, even though you couldn't see faces. Um, they have a great cast for that. Uh, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. 
Uh, I this is a looping game. It's a twelve uh, you, minute game. That's you are a thing. In a twelve it's minute a, loop over yeah. and over uh, for this guy trying to figure out uh, how to escape his groundhog scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am all about this. I love this. It's just it's insane to me that like 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 all groundhog situations like it's a very short sequence. But yeah. like it's gonna take you like ten hours yeah. to figure out the twelve minute loop perfectly. This is a, That's just I love it. This is likely one Megan and I are gonna play together, and it's great yeah. because we can play just like a bunch of like you know we'll do like three 12 minute sessions tonight yeah and we'll see where we get or if you even make it that far (laughs) right Uh, all right let's pick it up uh yeah if you even make it the full 12 minutes uh, all right let's pick it up let's do five more sessions the next night that kind of thing until it's that this is going to be great that feels like it's going to be like an incremental progress game yeah uh Mm -hmm. that's again going to amount to 12 minutes and i and i and like knowing that i'm following this this excellent cast of characters uh of actors who have come aboard to play these things yeah uh, i'm like yeah okay i'm here sure um i've been pumped about this since it was announced even before we knew this cast i'm i'm incredibly there for it at yeah. this point yeah uh anything else on 12 minutes from you guys no okay you know uh, what i'm about to say uh psychonauts 2 uh, uh this one just has a mention this is this has been a like a sequel like 15 years in the making and yes. um uh double fine is a lower budget studio uh that got bought by microsoft and this is without a doubt the highest budgeted game that they've ever made. And it looks like it. Like this is a, this is a Ratchet and Clank Banjo-Kazooie type of like platformer, but like it's all takes place in people's brains. So like large, the ima- large chunks of the gaming community have been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. And again, it got announced like three, four years ago. Um, but like, it just looks really impressive and it's, it's, it's actually coming out in a couple months, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I did see a little bit of this and I know everyone's excited about it. Mm-hmm um somerville is an indie game it's a very mitchell's versus the machine style except it's aliens it's a family trying to survive as the aliens have invaded the earth yes Um, it's it's the parents and the kid and the dog it's a very short trailer Uh, but it's a very short trailer yes but it does leave an impression uh there's there's quite a style going on here uh i definitely want to keep my eye out for this one uh see how it's doing 20 received 22 yep when the kid when the kid hears the something in the hallway and then yes, at the, at the end and there's, there's just the shadow and the kids yeah. looking and you're like, Ooh, Nani? uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely loving the look of this. So I'm, I'm hopeful for its future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Redfall. Oh my God. Um, guys, oh, yeah. I love Empire. this looks like, uh, I described to Ryan, uh, Brandon, this was the one with vampires flying in the air. Oh, um, this looks really cool. Yep. So I told Ryan, I'm like, this looks like if all the worst things that people fear about happening in the world happened and the kids with the shining grew up uh, <laughs> and learned how to master their abilities and they're fighting back uh, because that's what it feels like. Um, it's just a kind of a cool interpretation of a lot of Stephen King stuff. I told Ryan that the vampires look very Stephen King to me. Long they arms. look more like how they're described in his books than they're ever usually interpreted in film or television. Um, this is very much the look that he kind of describes for vampires. Uh, uh, ben would know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't brag about that kind <laughs> of information. But um, uh, I think this looks really cool yeah. and really unique. And I love the, the setup and the concept and the feel of it. Um, I love the tone. Yeah. yeah, this looks really cool. This is a great developer. Some girl just makes an elevator out of like psychic energy. The, the umbrella, when she turns the umbrella into this huge, she loads, loads her bullet with psych, uh, oh. psychic bullets. Yeah. I was really stoked for yeah. this game. This is, this is, uh, see, I generally like, like when we get cinematic trailers that don't show any gameplay, I often get frustrated because like I don't know what your, what the game actually is because it's not like a movie where I know what it is. This is a great cinematic trailer because it shows you everything the characters do in the game. 
You see all of their abilities, and they use all their abilities in a cinematic way. And a lot of other good trailers, when they do that, like I notice that. But a lot of them are just here's the trailer. Yeah. Um. So like you get to see all the characters and like what they're about. You know what this game is. You know what Even this game you is. you haven't seen the gameplay. The Suicide Squad game did the exact same thing. The characters using their abilities in the in the in the movie. Uh, that's a great trailer too. Yeah. Ben. This is the one trailer of the entire Xbox presentation that made me go, "Damn, I might be thinking about getting an Xbox now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Th- this one and. So every game we've talked about coming for free on Xbox Game Pass, let's not forget that. You don't have mm-hmm. to buy any of these games unless you have this if you have the subscription. So that's insane to think yeah. about. Um yeah. And I know, also, but I was thinking get... about Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I was thinking about skipping this generation of Xbox. And then no, this game came out. That's the thing. You have an Xbox One. You have an Xbox you One. You will be able to play it. All the games we're talking about today are still that's why Xbox is great, because it's like a PC. You no, I have... mean well, it, won't it won't look as good. It won't look as good. It'll as it look could, like a 2013 game, but like you can play it. I'll deal. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't have the money to buy it. No, exactly. Five and an Xbox. That's why Xbox Ooh. is so good because they're like, if you, hey, if you want to play the games on the old thing, you can. It's fine. Ben. Ben, where um, are you? Gonna... I, I had something and I lost it. Damn. It's okay. I um, really, I really like this. Yeah, yes. this is uh this looks like this will I'm also glad we be, I remembered to add it. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um this looks like this will also be in the style of like the Left 4 Dead, the Back for Blood kind of thing that we're talking about. Um these games are clearly coming back in a big way, but uh I really love the look of this one. If this if this hits right, I'm looking forward to playing this with a, a group of you guys for mm-hmm. sure. Um because I I love this. Yeah. I love this yeah. so much. This looks so good. Um I think this is one of the first big titles from this year that's really got me jonesing to play it. Um uh, at least to see gameplay of it. Uh, 20, 20. I, I hope the gameplay delivers on its promise. So we got some time. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Pandemic really messed things up, guys. Uh, the Outer Worlds is a game you guys uh, that I've heard a lot about. I know I want to dive into it. Um, I think you guys would both enjoy it too. Um, the Outer Worlds 2 had a trailer. Please um, tell me you guys watched this trailer. Yeah, of course I watched cool. this trailer. This trailer was uh, hilarious. Hell yeah. Uh, watching this trailer and then watching the Starfield trailer just a little bit after was really funny to me yeah um because as ryan pointed out to me uh they are making fun of everything the starfield trailer did (laughs) um outer worlds 2 had our worlds has this kind of humor all throughout um it's tongue in cheek humor yeah it's a really uh dynamic game it's got a lot of good positive responses to it uh it's just awesome that this team is coming back and making another uh, the, the, the only thing that that people complain about is that uh it felt really small like is it because like it's not like the, the developer small but like this type of game they made was quite small so some of the stories didn't branch out as much as they wanted to so with a sequel they can really fulfill that and make a big game like they want um i just remembered and i didn't put it anywhere in the news but i just i do want to briefly mention that blizzard did make it clear uh that overwatch is finally getting cross play after all these years it's catching up to the modern age after five uh, years uh, it took them way too long, but they're finally doing it. So if, no matter what system you play on, you can all play Overwatch with your friends now, which means I might actually, for the first time ever, get to regularly play with my friend Michael, who only plays it on PC. Oh. Uh, and I was like, I'm not going to play it on PC, but I play it on PlayStation. But uh, now that might finally mix. Nice. Um, anyway, Outer Worlds 2, uh, there's not a lot sure. to say about it other than like it's a really funny trailer. Yeah, um, it's happening. The, per- the point of it is that they haven't finished the game. I, I wanted to just mention that I really like the joke in the beginning where he's like, do you like this monster? Well, we're never going to see it again. Yeah. yeah. Or it's you like, hear that. Well, it's like, oh, yeah, Backshot, the, the main character. But we don't see his face because the designers haven't finished drawing him yet. Yeah. Um, Halo Infinite. Um, has I watched both of these. Trailer. 
uh, had a story trailer and a multiplayer trailer, and um, I'm whelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. It looks like, but I'm not. I'm not pleased. It's definitely, definitely better than the presentation we got last year. Um, I agree with that. But like, it, like I'm not impressed with like, super great graphics because, like, you know, it's it's. Well, and I feel like we're still dodging like, what is this game going to be? Yeah. You know, like now I know the the story, which. I, I don't I don't know the story. Yeah. I the story is more or less what I assume. We're fine. We're gonna we were find gonna, Cortana. We were gonna be following up on Cortana. Yeah. Cortana is yeah. has either escaped or been taken when she was supposed to be destroyed because the Cortana new, is bad. The new AI set wait, hold on. Which game ended with court with the boss fight being Cortana? Was that okay? So so the AI implies that that mission was to delete Cortana. Like, that was the point. Like, he was on a mission to do it. No, I think that the mission to delete Cortana was whatever happened right after 5. Mm. And and he was asleep. He went into... He w- was knocked unconscious. They were on the mission, and that's why the ship is all destroyed, and he's bouncing around it. Mm. That's the mission they were on, and the mission didn't go right. But she assumed that it was successful because Cortana is no longer there. But if Master Chief didn't delete her, then it didn't go. So, okay. So I, I love the Halo. I love the Halo franchise. I really like Four. I'm. I'll. I'll just always say that I really like Four because I like the idea of Cortana and Master Chief having a closer relationship. I just don't give a shit. Um, I really hated that the story trailer opened with introducing some like cheeky male voice inside of Master Chief's head, and then immediately said, "No, never mind. We're doing discount Cortana." I'm sorry. Well, we that, know I'm who that guy is because from last year, it's the guy who finds Chief. Yeah, and like yeah. He, he like he's like his new buddy. Yeah. So now we're gonna have just two new buddies, and I'm like, okay. The multiplayer looks like. I mean, if that oh, looks like good multiplayer. That's what I wanted to say. I, so I really so okay. So I was I was very disappointed in what i saw with halo infinite it is the primary reason why i decided not to get this xbox generation because i just i buy xbox for halo because i love it and i'm just not interested in this halo game uh-huh. um but i actually thought the gameplay looked really cool i really like uh the new designs they have like ugc um covenant tech now uh-huh. um which i thought w- looked really cool um, well, they're like working with some of the covenant now i mean like I know, but we haven't seen this, tech, yeah, this yeah. type of technology before, and I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm I'm far more interested in the multiplayer, especially that Samurai Master Chief. It looked awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, the multiplayer looks like good Halo multiplayer. I'm not surprised and I'm not concerned about that. What I am concerned about, what I still don't really know, is what is the campaign going Finishing to be? Finishing the story. What is, uh, what is the story and how are you going to be playing in this open world that they're creating? Because again, it's, this is an because open world game. Because we still really haven't seen it. Not really. Yeah. Um. And and I'm I'm having trouble with that. Um. And, and it's coming out in five months, which is which is interesting. No, yeah. it's not. That's what they said. They said holiday. They did say well, holiday, but I'm I'm willing to bet they're. I believe be I, I do believe them. I I have a I have a I have a feeling that they're not. They they didn't maybe. They they can only push this game back so far. They really from can. When it was supposed to release. Remember, it was supposed to be out. It was supposed last to be November. Title. I like. I can't. I can't imagine the campaign got worked on that much, except for like the graphics. Like you can't change. Well, you like, really can't change deep, that much. They're too deep in the mud at this point. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's it's just a bummer to feel like this kind of like whelm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Just kind of mixed energy. Like what used to be like the greatest like shooter. Also, yeah. also, Brandon. Um, the Halo Infinite multiplayer is going to be free. Oh, you don't even have to buy the game, Brandon. You don't have to buy yeah. the game. They're that's why I was. More, that's why I wanted to bring up the multiplayer because I'm far more yeah. interested in it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't blame you for that. Like the multiplayer is probably going to be a ton of fun play and we should definitely do it. And um, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of sad that it feels like Halo might be going out on a whimper and it's even more at this because point than I thought it was going to, which is a bummer because like when they announced they were changing directions so hardcore, I was really optimistic, but I just haven't seen anything to make me feel good. Yeah. I think grappling hooks are pretty cool. I mean, grappling hooks are pretty cool, but yeah. like that's not enough. Now that to I know, now that I know the grappling, now that I know that the grappling hooks can can catch weapons, I'm kind of I'm a little bit more interested. Yeah. That was pretty but, sick. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sick. But like, I saw most of the cool stuff in the in the multiplayer anyway, so I'm like, cool. So you, this is why I I don't have faith in that campaign is because they're separating it from the multiplayer, so you don't have to buy the the campaign to get the multiplayer. Yeah. Like, like, like for me, when Halo One came out, like, like Halo was about the campaign, and then Halo Two and Three got Xbox Live, and that like changed the game, right? Um, but like three four three for me just hasn't hasn't done it like the old Halo games did. Like even as, as like four is fine, but like none of those new games are like the old games. Like they just, they just can't compare. Um, so like I feel like even they know that, and they're like, all right, the multiplayer we know we got that unlocked, and then we'll just shit the campaign out. Like no, lock wasn't in this one. Oh, no. I just I I I don't want them to shit out a Halo game. I want no, them I to agree. Make one. I, I agree, and that's why I'm kind of like just like oh, I'm not gonna be. I'm not going to have my hopes up for the campaign. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Starfield. Um, uh, it's just had, a trailer. They yeah. had just their announcement trailer. Uh, this is only important because this is the uh, the team uh, behind Fallout and uh, Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim. Yep. Um, and, is this uh, the one this with is, the astronaut? Yeah. Yes. This is the, the uh, one this that... Is, this yeah. is the one they've been working on for a while. For four I'm four and a half years. I'm sure there's a possibility it's going to be a pretty solid game, but we, yeah. we just don't have it a lot. I appreciate um, this... Sorry, go ahead. I appreciate um, that they finally come out and talked about it because, again, this game got announced really early. But the problem is, this is very unlike Bethesda because last time they announced the game, Fallout 4, it came out six months after they announced it. This game's coming out in like in a year and a half. Yeah. This game is so far away. Uh, like, I really wish they just would have stayed silent again because now, like, Ben, remember when you asked about Elder Scrolls 6? This game isn't coming out for almost two years. Nope. So like Elder Scrolls is not coming out until like the next decade. So I'm not even like, yeah. Like I wish that I kind of wish they wouldn't have shown this trailer because like a year and a half is so far away. Maybe. I I yeah. this is this is the main thing I did want to talk about with it is because the Starfield is uh, I I understand I feel like they felt a lot of pressure like if they don't say something it's a it's a going to be bad press for them. Yeah. Um. But uh. Also, this is the only trailer I think out of everything we've talked about where you're getting that overpromise vibe um where oh. you're just trying to sell you on something that's coming and like the the kind of thing i'm grateful wasn't as much in the square enix panel that we're going to talk about in a bit is that uh is is that kind of idea of like this thing uh hope you're excited about it i don't know when you're gonna see it. it's gonna be a real long 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 time a year and a half so far away and then again like if they delay it again then i'm gonna like be like oh my god funny oh. enough when i saw the the supposed release date i'm like no well Right, it it had the same vibes as listing the God of War. Just know what Bethesda's yeah. been doing recently, and even not just Bethesda, but all almost all AAA teams. Mm -hmm. um, Fantasy Seven Remake, they pushed it back. Um, Kingdom Hearts, they pushed it back. Um, pandemic, pa yeah, pandemic. Yeah, I know pandemic. But even then, even before the pandemics, they were pushing games. They were delaying games. Right, and I I think that's the thing is like, I want everyone to learn the lesson from the pandemic that like maybe just talk about your games within like one year at most yeah. of when they're about to come out and then don't talk about them before that yeah. just don't sh show us bullshit 
that might not even be in the game. Like just relax and we'll we'll be ready for it when it's come. Yeah. But uh, but most of the places seem to have learned that lesson this year. Uh, this was not one of those lessons. Mm-hmm. No. Like even if they say, hey, yeah, we're working on it, it's coming <clears> soon, that would have been fine because now that you have a solid release date and then when you have to break it to the fans that, hey, we have to delay this game, um, luckily the four of us, if a game that gets announced and then delayed and we're not going to throw a hissy fit about it, it's like, okay, we'll just wait a little bit longer. That's fine. Right. But unfortunately, you're still going to get ire and hate from people who apparently don't understand how video games get made because a lot of work and a lot of man hours get put into these games. Well, uh, well, 100%, but like also the video game industry itself needs to stop trying to sell people on games like five years in advance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially like AAA titles, like calm the hell down. Stop telling us about things long before they're going to ever actually reach us. Um, See, that's the thing, because the fact the fact that they even said the words Elder Scrolls 6, then I promise you that game's not coming out for at least like seven years. They no, made no. a mistake. They made a mistake even uttering those words it's because their next good. game... Their next game isn't coming up for potentially another year and a half to two years. Well, it's probably going to be an Xbox exclusive too, so that's going to be. Yes, a- it is. It's Star Star uh, Starfield is an Xbox exclusive, and that is probably no, why I will be buying Xbox. I was talking about Elder Scrolls. Oh yeah, it will be. Oh yeah, they're owned by for Microsoft at least the now. The first two years. Yeah, they got to get. Go somewhere they need exclusives. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so we talked. We talked about it before that Bethesda will also uh, make third make uh, multi platform games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just they won't be as common. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're not limiting Bethesda entirely, um, but there are restrictions. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, like this is is very much like the problem right now with the game industry, um, which we talked about a bit with Ragnarok, which is just like really, really trying to sell you on something way too early. Um, If it's a good product, we're going to buy it. Like you don't have to worry about it. But then again, this is a lot of like, like behind the scenes, like stock market bullshit where like you have to release stuff, which sucks. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Uh, into our final panel of uh, the E3 section is the Square Enix one that happened today. Um, I'm in disappointment. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Totally. I mean, you feel that way. Uh, I, that, yeah. I think you're alone. Um, Looking at this, this is almost all good stuff. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, you'll find out. Uh, he's talking about. The I know what you're talking about. The one thing, there. the one thing, because you don't have a PC like everyone else in the world who has one. Um, final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Uh, we'll talk about that one right up front and up first. Uh, this is a remaster release of the first six Final Fantasies. Which is um, good. And it's coming to mobile and to PC. That's, That's really cool fantasy. of them. That's really cool of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's only coming to mobile and PC, not to consoles. They could easily put these on consoles and sell a whole lot more. The yeah, entire I mean, collection of the original yeah. six Final Fantasy games, Pixel Remaster. And also I'm a little nervous that they're not going to do what they what they did with games like the original Final Fantasy 1. They ported that to PSP beautiful pixel art when they put final fantasy 6 on ios and android devices they redrew the sprites and they looked ugly they did not look good that's why i'm that's why i'm nervous yeah. about and that's also, like when i first when i first saw literally when i first saw this trailer, it was like the original six final fantasy games pixel remaster like hell yeah mobile damn it what does that mean mobile on your phone on your phone oh. so it's, it's it's available for the app store yeah yeah, yeah. it's a, oh. there's actually surprising a lot of regular games that are old that are on you can play sonic you can play like metal yeah. slug you should, can play should, knights at old republic on your phone to be honest so, like wait ben you have a phone right yes i have a phone what are you bitching about i want to play these games on consoles i want to play them on my tv i have a pc and i play it on my tv 
Ben Ben just wants the the versatility, and I understand. no, I get it. No, I get it. I understand it. where he's. I'm coming sure from. there there's got to be a reason that they're not catering to the biggest markets like with PlayStation. There's got to be that, a reason. I think these games are more likely to be played on phones, to be honest. Because yeah. like honestly, if I were to try to play Final Fantasy one through six, the most likely way I would do it is in something where I can do it like when I'm sitting on a break or something, yeah. and I can just diddle around and get it done. hundred percent. Those are. We've talked about it on the E3 thing, Ben. Like, old school, like, Japanese RPGs. Like, I don't want to play a 1985 RPG on my 60-inch television. It doesn't look good. That doesn't look good. You know what it does look good on? It's on my tiny little phone. Yeah, but the Pixel remaster is going to make it look good. Uh, But you said the last ones did it, though. No, that's when the last ones they did it on the phone. Like, when they redid the artwork and they put it on phones, that's when it looked bad. Like, the actual art, the way they drew the characters did not look good. I get it. I still think there's millions of people who are very excited because most people own PCs. I'm sorry that this uh, bums you out, Ben. It, it did. I was literally, I said boo when it just said PC, uh, mobile and uh, Steam. I mean, Steam players, cool. It should have been. It should also be on consoles. Sure. The, the important thing is, Ben, if you want to play it, you, yeah. you, you can, can play it. You can play, play it. You can. Yes, yeah. very true. And now I guess every other trailer about to talk about is terrible because this whole conference with that. Uh, Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier. Um, this is uh, just a quick mention. Yeah. Um, this is uh, essentially Fortnite Final Fantasy. Yeah, Battle Royale. Um, I, did you watch the trailer, Ben? I I watched the entire uh, screen presentation. I'm just making sure. Um, yeah, this one like you like summon creatures and you have like like Final Fantasy weapons and like that's yeah. I think that's cute. I think that could be fun. I love Fortnite. So, uh, Ben, I throw this one to you. Did you want to talk about Legend of Mana? uh legend model will go very quickly um it's the i mean the art style is beautiful if um i'm not sure where this takes place in the mod series because the mod series is kind of it, it stemmed from final fantasy and then it became its whole own thing um the art style looks beautiful we don't know a whole lot about it um i'm excited because i do enjoy i do enjoy that series so i would i would say it looks cool we don't know what much about it and where it's coming out so my okay. my whole thing is like that's that's neat okay cool, cool. Um, Avengers War for Wakanda is going to be a new expansion. There were two Avengers trailers. The Cosmic mm-hmm. Cube one also? That, the, the one that's important is the Wakanda one. Okay. The, I the, watched other both. One, the other one is just like the update that's happening this month, which is adding um, the, the, the Scientist Supreme boss battle. Which is so I, really, I really like that title. Yeah, it's, it, that's a, uh, a real thing too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, so War for Wakanda, uh, this is the expansion DLC bringing Wakanda and Black Panther to the game. Um, Claw looks good. I love what they did with Claw. The, the big version of him is his comic book look. Yep, and then yeah. like the smaller version is still like still dealing with like the vibrations clearly because he can disappear, but he looks more like Andy Serkis. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, love it. Yeah, like I, uh, I still play that game. Like the updates are always good. Um, I'm really hoping that this will be a substantial update because the last couple updates I've gotten have been nice, but you can like be done in like three hours. Um, but then you still level up the character and stuff. But like, there isn't like more story to that. So like, I'm hoping this new area really adds like like much more to do. Cause... They uh, added spider enemies. Yes, there are there are thankfully new enemies because that game is in desperate need of variety. So uh, uh, that, looks, that looks cool. Black Panther suit looks great. Um, yes. The Dora Milaje look great. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the interpretation of looks are good in that yeah. game, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything else on that before we move on, guys? Cool. Uh, no, it looks cool. The look uh, stuff is great. Uh, just a quick mention, Life is Strange True Colors. 
Um, this is going to be the first Life is Strange game that's not coming out in an episodic way. It's going to be a complete adventure when it releases. Um, if you're familiar familiar with the Life is Strange series, this is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, they're also getting a big remaster collection of everything that's been out so far. So mm-hmm. look for that. If you have an interest, go check that out. Um, we're not going to spend a bunch of time on it. Those are great, like um, they, like they're, they're good. They're like the great, like telltale games about like real world, like diversity and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Uh, this this game <laughs> is a prequel to Final Fantasy One. Chaos. No, chaos. this one. Yeah, take a shot whenever he says chaos. So yeah. this one, at first, I was actually wondering if we were going to get because spoilers, the final boss of Final Fantasy One is named Chaos. So this, yep. as he kept on saying, like, chaos, chaos, guys, like, okay, is this, like, Final Fantasy One chaos or just, like, a, a random villain? And then we get to, they talk about the name of the night, and like, oh, wait, that's, that night is named Final Fantasy One. We get this. Um, at first, I was kind of into it, but the more I watched it, I was, like, I'm, like, kind of lukewarm, which yeah. I do like how the Square is teaming up with Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja and taking a new direction for Final Fantasy. We need new direction of Final Fantasy. I'm all 100% for that. Just, I don't know if this is the right direction to take it. it I don't know. It just looked, I, mean, I know this is a very early game. It's still in development. They're still working on it. But it just looks super bare bones. And also the lines they say whenever they kill the enemies, it's like, if I'm going to hear those lines a hundred times in a row, I'm yeah. going to get really, really annoyed. Yeah, the the voice acting of the trio uh, felt like it could be grading pretty quick. Um, Definitely, you know whose voice acting was voice acting was great though was uh, Chaos, Chris, which is our Chris good Abbott. old man Chris Sabat, uh, yeah. the voice of All Might and Vegeta and Piccolo and yeah. Armstrong yeah. so and all kinds. Of I have figures. faith in this game because the game that these people mass played was Neo, and Neo is a Dark Souls esque game that's about like Japanese yokai and like all those demons. Not yokai, mm-hmm. yeah. no, that's not the word. There's a trailer about yokai, no. But there's like, um, what's the word? Um, what are you looking for? Uh, like Japanese demons, like old school like mythology demons and stuff. No, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it's about like old Japanese mythology and like Oni? so like they, what? Oni? Oni. Thank you. Yeah, it's about Oni and like fighting like like Japanese like monsters and mythology and stuff. So like um they have a track record for making really really great Dark Souls games. This is still early in development. Um there wasn't a HUD, so I think it looks bare bones because it's still really early and it's just showing yeah. what the game looks like. Um yeah. so I I have faith in the game. Yeah, like the 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 terrible cheesy dialogue is bad, right. but like I absolutely I also think it's rushed. But I also like mm-hmm. adore it because it's stupid. And like it knows exactly what it, what it is. Like it's For sure. it's doing this on purpose. Um yeah. so like uh it's like it's cheesy in a in a good way. This one I'm probably gonna I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on because there's a demo there's a demo coming soon so you can give it a try cool. yourself. Well the, the reason why I want to keep a demo uh, an eye on this one is because the original because a lot in, in retro circles people agree that the best way to play the original Final Fantasy is on the PlayStation Portable. That game is a little hard to find, but it's the most streamlined. It's the most beautiful. It's one of the reasons why I was hoping that port would get on consoles eventually with that whole collection, but whatever. Because um, the, as we all know, the original Final Fantasy was 8-bit. It was, it's kind of hard to look at nowadays. Mm-hmm. So seeing this story in a brand new way with those characters, I'm interested. But well, it's I'm no, not it's not that. that. It's not a retelling of Final Fantasy. No, it's it's those some of those characters. It's like it's, it's a prequel. Other, it's a prequel. Yeah, it's it's a prequel, but I'm I'm interested, but I'm not sold yet. It's Cruella. It Bow the Night. It definitely feels too early to judge on that one for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, our last big ticket item for E3: Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, how do you guys feel? I uh, uh, 
first of all, how much did you only watch the short trailer that they put out? No, I watched all the whole thing. Okay, because I'm um, I am sold on 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 it once I watched every all about it. I like the gameplay mechanics. The idea that like the, the you can if you piss off one of your one of your teammates, they'll just stop helping you. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, I, so I'm into that. I'm just not crazy about everyone's haircut. <laughs> you don't like uh, Rocket's silly beard? Oh, I love it. Weird. I love it. He's got a little Groot emblem on it. I love it. Other other than other than Peter Quill's stupid whatever this is he's got going on i actually really like this yeah yeah um, i do too i'm i when i first heard about this i was like i don't know if i want this but the fact that dan dan abnett is writing it um oh, yeah. and like uh, there's like a full interview like with him and stuff and i'm like he seems like he's really bringing it uh and that dude loves those characters and yeah. like i'm so he's the reason i'm stoked for this game but like the fact that it's that it's not a Avengers type game, the fact that it's a single player game where you only play as one character using the other abilities, it's it I think I think that's maybe not the best move for for selling a game, but I think for what they wanted to tell the story, I think it yes. works. I think it works. I think because I think this could have been like Marvel Ultimate Alliance where you choose all the characters, but I think it's better that you get to focus on one character uh, uh, to really tell a specific story instead of having to narrate all the stuff. I think yeah. if the story is about like being a leader in leadership mm -hmm. then i think this this is great yeah um and that does seem like that's the case yeah one yeah, thing I, i'm really excited for it honestly yeah now, one of the things i do like is what we mentioned earlier is that your decisions actually do affect what your the characters look at you in a like in a telltale game but when they say rocket is furious at you or clementine will remember that i mm -hmm. i mean don't they do in later games but the only telltale game i've actually played to completion is wolf among us but you've been seeing that happen, though, yeah. Yeah, but there are times where Just I feel... Work. Okay, but there are times where I feel that once I get to the end of the game, some of the decisions I made did not matter. Yeah. And especially sure. when they, when people when people say, like, your decisions matter, it's like, but do they really? This one, I I feel like they might actually matter. I, I, I doubt... I doubt it's going to be such a significant thing where like, oh, Rocket leaves the team. But I think it'll just be right. like, oh, he's, he's a little meaner to you in this scenario. Because, like, I... I I don't see it being also like, like if you if you pick up the if you pick the wrong song, <laughs> they're gonna be like, eh, I don't care about this. I, I'm not gonna yeah, fight. I, yeah, I, I hope that it's the kind of thing where if you are rude enough to everyone, you like reach a point where they don't help you in a fight and you literally can't yeah. go through the game anymore. Yeah, that's 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 the interview. Like, because because I saw the video, but then I read an interview where like, yeah, if 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 you're mean to them enough, when you order them a command, they'll just go no. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, uh, that, that is really cool. That's one of the things I was gonna I was gonna say is that if you if my decisions if I'm keep being an asshole to Rocket, for example, later on in the game I'm like, hey Rocket, heal me. He's like, no. Yeah. Good luck. You're on your own, buddy. You're not gonna get I, healed. I I think uh like like the like the ten minutes that we did see um I think the writing is really good and like I think mm -hmm. like it feels natural to what the guardians because obviously these are not the guardians that Dan Abner wrote a decade ago they are the more modern guardians but there is still like differentiation to like not just be Chris Pratt it's mm -hmm. like if yeah. you uh, mistreated Donald and Goofy and they were just like let's just watch Sora get his ass kicked <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> heal me no <laughs> yeah um I'm, I'm I was very pleasantly surprised. Very pleasant surprise. And something, uh, go ahead, Brandon. I was just gonna say, I'm happy it's a single player because that makes it uh, way more interesting to me. 
Yes, 100%. Um, and there are obviously going to be skins and stuff. Like, they already showed, like, a pre-order bonus of different skins. So, like, you can dress them however you want. I'm sure they'll have, like, excellent of the, like, the original, like, uh, comics costumes and stuff like that. Um, so let's talk about the developers real quick. So the developers of the Avengers game made the first two Tomb Raider games, okay? Mm-hmm. When they went to go make that Avengers game, Eidos Montreal made the third Tomb Raider game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That developer is now making Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. So all of these developers who were working on their own franchises now just make Marvel games. It's a precedent that I'm tired of seeing in, in video game culture where companies get bought and they get turned on to big IPs. Because this is what <clears> happened <throat> to the Tony Hawk developers. This is what happened to so many developers. Luckily, this game is a huge budget game and it looks really nice. But like, it, part of me is like, they could have done their own thing and they got put onto a big Marvel thing. And it's like, that's just a corporate business thing where I'm like, you know what, that's, that's, that's the world we live in. This game this looks is, great, but I'm just like, Hollywood, man. This, this is why there's, there's a Call of Duty every year. Because it's multiple yeah. developers. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I saw, when I was watching the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, man, that's really cool. But then I thought, I was like, hold on. But what about the Avengers game? And then we got oh, into- one last thing. Um, uh, spoilers for something that happened in Avengers like a year ago. Um, there are Kree sentries in that game. Those are they're giant Kree robots, and they have a very specific face model. That same face model is in this trailer for something in the background. So I'm not saying that this Guardians game and the Avengers game are are connected, but there's the rumored leaked of all those Avengers teammates that were come out. The Guardians were on that list. So if it's a way that they that like they'll combine these franchises in a way where like oh that team will show up in this game, that'd be awesome. That'd be super cool. That could just be a wild coincidence that they look super similar. Um, but if that is the case, that'd be that'd be really cool. When Spider Man, uh, when Avengers was announced, people noticed there was an Easter egg saying that Spider that saying that the Avengers. Uh, in Spider-Man's universe were in the West Coast, which is where yeah. the Avengers takes place. Uh, I don't think the Insomniac Spider-Man takes place in that world. Um, no. So that'd be weird if they were like, Guardians and Avengers do, but not Spider-Man. No, uh-uh. Yeah. Um, well, it's because they're, you know, coming out of the same game studio, whereas... it's That's the thing. It's it's Square. Like, it's the same Insomniac studio. is yeah. doing Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Um, also, Spider-Man was supposed to come out in March. And this, hey, pandemics, how, how, do, they, how do they work? Right. All right, my I'm I'm back. It's my turn. Yeah. Uh, well, right before we move into uh, trailer talk, trailer park, uh, Ben, any other thoughts on E3? Do you want to talk any more about how final how Square Enix let you down? <laughs> well, actually, the reason why I feel Square Enix felt really lackluster to me is because it's all stuff that they've that they've covered heavily in the March Square Enix, Enix presents. They covered all the Avengers, they announced the Wakanda stuff, they showed a lot of the stuff for War Wakanda back in March. Same thing with Life is Strange, they showed a lot. Now, I'm not knocking those titles at all, but we already saw a bunch of stuff for that. They gave the release date. I, To be perfectly honest, I felt like if they left out Life is Strange completely and added something, put something else in, then I probably would feel a little differently. I'm glad that we're getting the Guardians of the Game, the Guardians of the Game, the Guardians of the Galaxy game looks really cool. I'm actually digging Mm -hmm. it. But all in all, when I was done watching it, I just felt like this was really lackluster for something. That this felt like something that they would show off in March and not for E3. I I get you. I just also feel like if they didn't have something else to show, then they didn't yeah. have something else to show because that means it's not even close to ready. I mean, yeah. Like Final yeah. Fantasy XVI. Yeah, I mean, they, we did. They did say like, "Hey, Final Fantasy XVI." We saw a little screen cap of sixteen, which we know what's coming. They showed off a little bit more of um, Integrate, which we know is coming. Yeah, it's um, already out. I, I played it. Yeah. So, but um, I just, I just feel like all of them, like, were all temp- tempered back for the most part. 
yeah. on like trying to hit you with a lot of things that that would get good press and rile you up and be like oh new thing announced and that kind of thing but like that's exactly the gaming culture i want to back all the way away from um so i'm totally fine with the fact that square enix was like yo man like this is what's ready like there it is also like like press conferences like cater to a lot of people like they don't just make final fantasy games they also make life is strange which is a huge very popular franchise for them so, it like, is. it might not be for you, but, like, don't take it away just because it's not for you, you know? Take it away, Ben. Take it away. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to... Life is, life is normal! No, if life is, Look, my, my whole thing was I was looking for some more new stuff. We got some more new stuff, but it, to me, it just didn't hit... It I just don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way, but, like, at the end of the day, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, like, that's your new yeah. thing. That is right. And the anyway. Final Fantasy game got announced. <laughs> Yeah, let's. Yeah, like, all right. Anyway, also pandemic. Let's move into the trailer, shall we? Yes, I've entered the trailer park. Pal World. Yeah, uh, one, more video one games. More, one more video game. One more video uh, game. What this had nothing. This to was do from last week or Summer Game Fest. This was from last Sunday, but we didn't catch it before we recorded. I love this trailer. Uh, I love this trailer. I love this trailer. Hey guys, you want to play Pokemon but with guns? Yes, I yeah, do. Right? I really and, do. And no. indentured servitude, it looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to play Pokemon but they're actual slaves and also you get guns but you're in a medieval setting? Because So here's the thing. So This game is wild. So Pokemon uh, is a huge illusion uh, because if, if Pokemon really was going on, like that's the amount of animal abuse and like like terrible things that have happening in that world. Like Pal World just this depends on which version of Pokemon you live in. I'm just saying, I'm saying. Uh the real world of Pokemon is Pal World. That's that's what uh, that's what's up. I'm seeing Eevees and Pikachus with and I'm shooting them with machine guns and I'm using them as cannon fodder, like the human shield. I'm like, this is insane. I you're can't believe this is real. Um electric Pokemon to shock the water to kill all the fish. That's awesome. That's great fishing. That's a great technique. Um, this is just I can't believe this game exists. Um I, I am a hundred percent on board. Uh, you you can like you can uh, uh, hybridize Pokemon. You know you had a you had a blue thing and a red thing, and now you have a blue red thing. Wow! And I'm like, cool. This is Pokemon with guns, also known as purple. Also known as purple. <laughs> no, but it's just it's that thing. But he just oh, never mind. Can't do colors with Brandon. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, it's just a blue and red make purple, right? <laughs> no, I know, but like it's a character who's red and a character who's blue, and now just they made that other character blue. They just took the one thing and made it to the other thing. I know. I just it was funny. Colors. It was I'm funny. Not. I tried to do. I get Netflix, you. Netflix geeked released this trailer. This is the last mercenary, Jean Claude Van Damme. I think this looks radical. Yeah, I was I was shocked. I like Jean Claude Van Damme a lot. His movie JCVD, which came out like a decade ago, uh, great great movie. Um, he plays himself in a bank robbery and he has to save the day. Um, it's great. of course it's great. Um, I'm into this. Like and it's French. Yeah. Like I didn't. Uh, I'm glad he's doing stuff. Remind yeah. me, but he's actually a French national, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, it's nice, the original it's nice, it's nice that he's getting to do something in his language. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Um, and he was going to be the the old predator design, the one with the weird face. What the could have been? Uh, yeah, I think this looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, no sudden move. Was. Uh, so Steven Soderbergh heist, heist movie. movie. Mm. Brennan Fraser, Brennan Fraser, Don Cheadle. Right. Brennan. This looks great. This looks great. This, this looks good. It's a good cast. Uh, nice period setting. Um, 
outside of the cast and like the visuals of the period looking good and knowing it's a heist movie, there isn't really anything that's hooked me. Um, I don't know that the trailer was well cut. Yeah, I'll be honest, but uh, I do want to watch the movie because of the cast. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, this looks really cool. Blood Red Sky. Yeah, this looks great. Oh, my goodness. Vampires, vampires in the sky. I wasn't expecting the vampire part of the end. I I love it because it's like I was watching the trailer the first time. I was like, oh, okay, red eye. Yeah, and then she turns into a vampire. We're like, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's it's from dusk till dawn in the sky. It's like Dominic Purcell is like he's like I'm gonna rob this plane, and then there's a vampire on board. Oops. Uh, yeah, that's just, the vampire's a main character. Yeah, uh, I'm super into it. So is she? Is she, is she the hero? Like, is she going to be like a like a vampire who's like who like wants to hide it, and then she has to use her evil to save the day? I think so. Okay, that's wicked wild. I love it. Yeah, right. She's, you see yourself giving her a shot, and that could be something that helps her keep. Is her... she stopping the vampire? The cure? Yeah. yeah. Or you have or to use maybe, okay, evil. Maybe, not, maybe yeah. not cure. Maybe it's like a suppressant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really, I really liked this uh, when the when the trailer finished. I was mm-hmm. surprised. All right invasion this was one of those things where it's like lots of different stories are happening at once and it's sam like they're quiet together sam neil there's a lot of these happening around this time yeah. yeah oh by the way infinite is out it sure is and it's getting reviews cool i just didn't know it was out it was weird it's that's probably telling you <laughs> why um yeah invasion i also they kind of had a similar response not as not as aggressive uh to the blood red sky um, because I, I was into this, I was like, okay, cool, Sam Neil, I like Sam Neil. And then there's a the giant monster thing, and I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm a sucker for a good event series that has like disparate stories from across like really different perspectives. They don't even need to come together, but you're just getting different angles of an event thing. Um, so I'm open to the to this for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely susceptible to its marketing. Mm-hmm. And then I put this one on here because I saw the trailer for this and I thought, wow, this looks wild. The Great Yokai War Guardians, the sequel yeah. to the 2005 film The Great Yokai War, right? That's what it's called? Yes. yes. I saw uh, The Monkey King. Uh, ben, uh, this is essentially Ready Player One with Japanese mythical okay. folklore legends. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I did, I mean, I, when I saw this, the dolls was Japanese, it just looked wild. I was like, okay. I don't so know what's I going first, on. It looks cool. I first noticed this because the most recent trailer shows Daimajin, which is a giant rock monster um, from a from an old 60s uh, kaiju film. Giant, giant, giant rock samurai. Giant rock samurai. Um, they're coming out with a new set. It's currently not available in America. Otherwise, um, he's a Japanese iron giant for those who are still going with the uh, Ready Player One parallel there. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um, it comes from very well-received old 1960s kaiju film. Um that are coming that are getting re-released in America. I also just thought this looked bonkers and insane. Uh yeah, it looks I'm bonkers and insane. Uh I right. definitely want to pay attention to that. Uh I like, maybe watch you a, I like how the kid has a leaf for an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I recognize a few from the um from the Journey to the West stuff we've been seeing. Um like Neza is in this. Fox or, Lady. Fox Lady. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, looks cool. Uh, want to watch the subtitle one so I know what's happening. <laughs> uh, Ron's Gone Wrong, animated film. I'm excited about this. It looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kid gets a busted ro- robot, where and it's they, 
I like it. It looks. I know there are are a lot of people who are interested in this. Uh, if it's the story is as they think it's going to be, a parallel of uh, uh, living on the spectrum, um, but for the for the robot. Um, and if that allegory is there, uh, I think that could be really cool. Um, I, I'm definitely I'm definitely intrigued. I think my favorite bit is when he turns back and creates the ruler on the ground and he says six feet and then immediately gets hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this actually got some there's some Netflix animated vibes I got from this. Uh, there's a movie with John Krasinski and he plays a robot. Um, I forgot what I forgot what it's called, but it's good. I liked the movie. Um, I got a lot of vibes from this one, which got me interested. Yeah. Uh, okay. Space Jam: A New Legacy got a new trailer. Yes. It did. I, yep. Oh, damn. Yeah. Not as good as that first one. Kong and uh, Iron Giant fist bump. Yep, that's what I love to see with my franchises. Man, just every time that a new trailer comes out, like I, I hate, I hate the audience. Me like too. everything about it being just filled with Warner Brothers IP. Yeah. Every single time I see it, I hate it more. Um, especially because like the first time, I can't help myself, and I end up like looking in the crowd and going like, "Oh, who's that? Oh, it's that." Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Oh, Why am I oh, having to Nurse do this? Ratchet. Oh, it's Why? Jack Nicholson's oh. Joker jumping up and down. I guess. Why Jesus is Batman God. next to Jabberjaw? Yeah. It's the mask, but clearly not a good body double of Jim Carrey doing it. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What is this? Why are we doing this? It seems like the like the basketball game Excel itself also gonna might might be a, a big portion of the movie. Because, like, there's so much, like, stuff that happens. Unless that game, unless so much happens in, like, 10 minutes, I feel like that might be, like, an extended basketball scene because it feels like half the trailer was just the, the game. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm i not sold. Uh, like I said, the first time I saw this, I hope kids like it. Yeah. I'm, it's for them. It's definitely not for me, but I but I am less sold think, than the first I think, trailer. I think what is, what little of this is the Looney Tunes humor them do being the tunes is on point yeah characters feel like the characters. The 2d stuff they're with the ron looks good the, mm-hmm. the 2d stuff looks good i'm hope i said to ryan i hope this is like a, a the second spongebob film situation where you're seeing a lot of the 3d stuff in the trailer but it's really only like the last 20 25 minutes of the film yeah. and everything before that is the 2d um i'm kind of hoping it's that uh they also i just want to quickly mention this there's a uh the bunny and the goat uh special it's a six minute thing it's like a fake documentary existing in the world of space jam where they interview basketball players and lebron james and the tunes to talk about the game as though the game already happened um which is weird that they released it now but uh the basketball players who they talk to um most of them are the people who are playing the goon squad uh which are those basketball players they're basketball players in real life and the thing that bums me out is that they all have pretty good personalities and i'm definitely nervous that what we're getting with the goon squad in the film is them completely devoid of personality yeah, uh, and movie. turned into these cgi figures and that's a shame you know what that sounds like it sounds like what disney did they kind of did a riff off espn's 30 for 30 where they take sports documentaries but it's like that's exactly what it is yeah that's exactly what it is wow uh just just because we talked about this earlier just to counter you but not even in a way that i care yeah um I just think I don't think we've seen enough to know if those characters are in the movie or not. Right. Um, 
So I hope they are, because that is one of yeah, the yeah. things about that I'm original not, movie. I'm not like saying, oh, this is bad because. I'm no, just saying like this is what I, I'm afraid of. And no, yeah. what what made that really present for me was watching that video, which is yeah. why it's important, is that video came out this week. That makes me think that they will be in the movie if they e- even do any marketing with them, because why even do it if they're not in the movie? I'm really hoping so, but also like they're there talking about the Goon Squad as like, separate entities yeah. and like you know like doing the cheeky thing we're like oh yeah i really admire that one it's like because that's me but we're not pretending it's not yeah um kind of thing uh so so we'll see because i kind of what that did to me at least because i have to assume that this is the fake documentary canon that lives within the world of the film right mm-hmm. uh i thought that maybe the basketball players could be could have been abducted and twisted by the ai i now know that that's not the case yeah uh they are separate entities that he's just manufactured he's just like taking their persona right and they don't even seem to recognize it as like variations of themselves oh you know it's gonna suck actually it'll just be like they're like they're just like watching the tv and like hey that's me and that'll be it (laughs) yeah that's actually gonna be that yeah um anyway uh so uh, i come on and slam I, I want to watch this because I really like the Looney Tunes, but there's not a lot else going for this right now that's making me happy. If there's not a Dune sandworm in here, then what's the point? I bet it's there. You're going to do these crossovers. Like, he's got, I want him to be like, yeah, Looney Tunes! I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm having such a hard time getting beyond the fact that, like, every single time I see a new shot with them playing the game and that crowd is there, yeah. I hate the crowd more and more. So, and my last it thing I'll be. Like, it could be a, it, it could be the same shot, but it's always a different crowd. Yeah, because it's just adding new people. Yeah, because they just want to fil- filter out shit. I still wish, and this will be my last thought on it. I still wish it would have been what my original idea was, where it would it wouldn't be LeBron and the dudes fighting like just other basketball players. Like it's actually them like basketballing, playing other Warner Voldemort. Yes, that and, would like, be way better. Yeah, and that like would be way better. that'd be so sick. And like get like actually famous comedians to, like be Voldemort and stuff. But instead, it's just like that's the thing. Is like it's such it's such a meaningless use of it because it's not actually associating with the film at all, except to just visually be in the background. I look, we're just um, I agree with you entirely. Like I would at least feel like it's warranted if the Warner Brothers IP was being actively engaged in the fun way rather than just like because we can here's some bullshit i'm just imagining voldemort wearing like 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 air jordans and he's going like Bleh! with a basketball like that'd be so stupid God, but now we're me. just getting like an aquaman My like God, like water boy yeah. yeah 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 um wait was it like a batman okay sorry ray finds is 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 um Al- alfred alfred in the lego batman movie and the lego one of the i think it's the lego movie too when Voldemort's yes. in it yes but it's not Ray Fiennes it's Eddie no. Izzard that's weird that's fine oh, that's uh, funny. all right anyway uh tick tick boom yes a musical I was about to say that yep go ahead tick tick boom yeah musical uh this is uh Lin-Manuel's directorial debut um, this is based on a musical that came out in the 90s. Based uh, off the Rent Man, the Rent uh, Guy. Jonathan Larson created it. It's an autobiographical, so the main character is representational of him trying to break into the business. Um, Spoilers, he succeeds. <laughs> yeah, um, he made Rent. <laughs> this, uh, this is going to theaters, but it's also a Netflix original. This, I thought this looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's... it. it it's it's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Andrew Garfield is definitely like at that um, uh, Daniel Radcliffe stage in his career where he's just doing like the weirdest shit. Yeah. And uh, I'm super I'm super supportive watch, of it. Uh, what's what's the Under the Silver Lake? Yes. Yep. No 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 no. I've got uh, the no, other one. The one that's coming out. 
where he's the social media guy. Oh, I, I who, like takes it too far. I don't remember, but I know. Yeah, the, yeah. the Sofia Coppola Maya. movie. Yeah, yeah, with Maya Hawk. That's in. That's out already. I think. <sighs> but I haven't watched it. Like yeah. I forget the name of it. And he's also doing that movie. He's doing. He's doing that movie, and then he's doing another movie where he's like a pastor with Jessica Chastain. Ooh. Uh, that looks really good. Also, he's doing a lot this year. And he might be Spider-Man. Who knows? Yeah. yeah I thought this looks really good. Yeah. It took me a minute to realize that I was Andrew Garfield when I saw Mainstream. this trailer. Mainstream. Thank Mainstream. you. Yeah, Mainstream is the that movie I really want to watch with him and uh, Maya Hawk. And it's Gia Coppola, the niece of Sofia Coppola. There are so, so many Coppolas. Ooh, you got checked. Nikolai Coppola. Nikolai Coppola. Nic- Nicholas Cage. Uh, free Guy. I didn't watch this. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't watch this. Didn't we see this in the movie when we saw it last week? No, no this is a brand new trailer. This just came out this week. This is a brand new one that came out for E3. Never mind. I'm going to be honest. Okay, look. Wait, wait, no, you're, real quickly, this is the only one that I've liked. I genuinely like this trailer. Oh, man. Because I was the opposite. This is the one I didn't like. Um, Because the, the, the... I don't know if you know who these people are, but there's a lot of professional gamers that are in this trailer, like Ninja and some other people that are like Twitch people. And that mm. just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, like... I the I this is this is the type of movie I thought it was going to be now. It's like it's gonna be like not not a fun one. It's like it's gonna be like people who don't play video games made this movie, is what I'm saying. That's what it feels like to me. Um this is Sean Levy of Stranger Things as the director. Yes. Uh yeah, he did not see him too. Uh I like that. like I said, I like this trailer. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know who any of those Twitch people no, are. No, yeah, so I, yeah. It's just it, it it's just like when you see it's as I, I, I it didn't rub me the wrong way. Um, right. I'm just I'm I'm over the marketing for this movie already. Uh, I if it, if I hear good things, I'm gonna see it. Otherwise, I'm I'm kind of done with this one. Uh, I I just the only thing I'm kind of pulling for right now is um, is uh, Jody Jody Comer, uh, who's playing the female lead. Um, coming from Killing Eve. Yeah, yeah. That that's the main reason I still want to watch it. Like Tyka's in it. Uh, like Ryan Reynolds is good. I'm but. just over the the setup of it, to be honest. Yeah. That, that's too bad. I put this one on here because I thought this one would be the one that's universally liked. I'm sorry, bud. Like uh, I just uh, honestly like did, there's been one too many trailers of Free Guy for me, and I'm I'm done with it. Monsters at Work also has a new release date of July seventh. On Wednesday yeah. soon. Uh, either. <laughs> I do want to watch this. I like the setup of it. Um, either the animation, they're struggling to recreate the Pixar look, or uh, this is just a badly uh, lip sync dubbed trailer. Mm, um, so but it's glad. one of the two. I am so One glad. of the two. I'm so glad. I'm not the only one who noticed a dip in animation quality when I was watching this, because I, when I saw this, I was like, okay, I know this obviously Pixar isn't making an animated TV show, but and they are not making this one yeah and i was like but why does this not look good i mean it doesn't look it it doesn't look look bad but like but while i was watching it something felt off yeah i was like something's wrong here i can't put my finger i mean it's kind of like i mean this is a weird comparison but like it's like the mandalorian like like it looks good but like it's not it's not always movie level but like it looks really, really good. But like this is like Pixar. Like this is better than like Pixar twenty years ago. But like it's not Pixar twenty twenty one. Like it's it still looks good, you know. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I still want to watch this. I, I like, I like what this series is going to be about. I like the cast for it. Um, I, I just uh, something was wonky for the animation in this trailer, and I hope that that's not representational of the show. Uh huh. All right, that's it. Oh my god, we did all the news. Oh, this is awful. <laughs> Should we? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Okay, and at almost four hours, we are now at our main topic. Uh, by the way, I really like monsters at work. Um, we are going to be talking about Sweet Tooth, the uh, adaptation of the Jeff Lemire comic. Uh, we're going to be comparing the first volume, Out of the Deep Woods, with the first three. We all watched the first three? I watched the first two. I missed the first, uh, the third one. We all right, the, the first fine. two uh, episodes of Sweet Tooth. I, 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 I really, really like both. Um, I read more than six issues because where, where I was at in the comic and where I was at at the show, I needed to know more. Um, so I read, I read what, what my friend Sparks here owns, which is the first 12 issues. Um, and I, it's very much a invincible situation where they are mixing a lot of stuff that happens later and they're mixing stuff that happens in the past. And like, they're kind of weaving it into one story. Um, Sweet Tooth came back as a comic recently called Sweet Tooth The Return. I assume that was a sequel book. It's not. It is a reimagination of the original series that's more like this TV show. So it's hard for me to like pick which one I like better than the other because they're so drastically different and they're made at such different times um, that it's hard for me to be like, oh, this one's better than the other. I like what the show is doing. I love what the show is doing in terms of making it a little more family friendly and making it more of like an adventure than just pure darkness. But that is yeah. something I do appreciate about the comic because it allows the the humanity to really uh, 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 lift up in those dark times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben, what did you think about this one? Um, I highly enjoyed reading both. Now, unlike Brian, I only read the first six issues. Um, I Me too. thought I highly enjoyed those issues. It was very like what happened. It's it's easily one of those show or one of those books was like man this is such a world this is such a world to live in it's like what it would be like and pardon me it has piqued my ears um as much as i love jeff lemire as a writer his art style is not my favorite it's good art but it's just not my favorite there are yeah, times fair. where it's a little hard to look at but that's his art style that that's all his it's a very unique art style it's kind of like um um uh jay lee no jay What's that one artist who does Jaylee? Jaylee, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's like his yeah, art. Yeah. It's it's not my favorite, but I recognize the talent is there. Um, going yeah. on to the TV show, the TV show I was, I only saw the two episodes, but I really enjoyed what I saw. I liked how the first episode was very, very close to what the book it to what the book is, but there's still so more to see that I was that I wanted to watch more. And I most like, I probably will go back and finish it. Cause I want to see what happens to Gus and, the, and I, I'm going to call him the big man. I like him and Gus, the big man. Cause I really like that actor who plays him. And the, the second it's weird. The second episode gave me hope, but also made me a, a, a tiny bit uncomfortable. Just when Dr. Singh goes into the doctor's office and it's like, I know some bad is going on and I'm not going to like it. Um, yeah. I, really enjoyed both um we, when we talk about comparing the, the two we're not uh, comparing them against each other we're just seeing how mm -hmm. one is adapted into the other 
Um, and I really like one of, one of the things I find really interesting is how people decide to adapt things. Like this is a very different tone than the than the comic book the show is. Um, I really like both. the The comic is is really well written. I love Jeff Lemire. Um, and then the show. I like the changes they made as a show. So I wouldn't like those changes if they were in the comic uh, as much. I don't think that this story as a comic would work as well, um, but I like it as a, as a show. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Sweet Tooth The Return is set 100 years after the end of Sweet Tooth. No, I literally just read the synopsis, and it's like it is literally called a bold reimagining of the original series. Yeah, I must have heard a different synopsis because there's a story that I, I don't know if it's Sweet Tooth The Return or something, but apparently there's a story where um, someone they clone Sweet Tooth a hundred years in the future. Um, and, and that's kind of like meant to be the re the, the, the reboot, but I don't know. Maybe I misread. Um, yeah. Anyway, Sparks, what do you think? Uh, I left out something that I did with my week because, uh, I read about 35 issues of the 40 issues of sweet tooth this week. Nice. Um, so I went pretty hard on it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I kind of agree with Ben a little bit and also disagree about Jeff Lemire's art. Um, I think his art when it doesn't look, uh, when it is hard to look at, it's hard to look at on purpose. Yeah. Um, uh, uh we kind of know this from Essex County as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like the way he interprets a lot of what he's doing visually, especially uh, pieces like you guys wouldn't have seen this one, but there's a, a conversation that Gus has with Dr. Singh later on in uh, the first 12 issues. And they literally are walking down uh, along his antlers uh, on top of his head. Oh, that's so cool. Um, as they're having the conversation. And so Jeff Lemire does some really just incredible uh, layout and framing pieces like that, that makes this book just a joy to travel through. Yeah. Um, and the story's really cool. The reason, uh, the, 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 the real quick, the reason I read more is one, because I had it easily available, that's why. But two yeah. is I, again, like where I was at, like I didn't feel like a lot happened in comparison where I was into the show. So I read more and it's like, the comic's slow. The comic's pretty slow. Um, and I really appreciate it. Um, and it's, it's so weird. Like, again, like Jeff Lemire helped adapt this, this comic to the show. So like he was involved yeah. in it. So I'm like his choice to make, to make Jeopard a, a, a thousand percent more sympathetic character to make, uh, Gus like just way, like way cuter, like to just everything is like, has like the sheen of like, of like grim just wiped away from it. Everything, all the characters, all the settings, even the plot. It's not as like half the shit that happens in this, in this comic is not going to happen in the show. Uh, just again, for the nature of it, just being a, a, a different tone and medium. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I actually um, do. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, one of the things I want to give credit to the show is that when you see, I feel like when you Jeffrey. see a bunch of show, a bunch, no, a bunch of shows nowadays that deal with a virus that deal with a global pandemic that's gone horribly out of control. And so many people are dead. The government's essentially in shambles. You see a lot of the destruction and the death outside the city, and it just it reaches as far as I can see. Whereas this one, set in the middle of Wyoming, which is in a very beautiful part of, of the state, and you get beautiful, um, you just get beautiful shots of the mountains, of the forests, of the trees. It's like the death and destruction hasn't fully. I mean, you do see parts of it with like abandoned cars and some busted up, um, and some like like busted up supplies here and there but it's not the focal point the focal point is look how beautiful this land is yeah 
No, I want to give I want to give credit for that because a lot. I feel like a lot of shows, it just focuses on like look at all the death, look at all the destruction. Look gonna, all the destruction. You're 100 percent right. I want to real quickly uh, clarify. Um, so I did just look it up, Jeff. Uh, Sweet Tooth Return. The first two pages are 300 years later. Wow. But I don't okay. know what that means necessarily. So I, I just read the synopsis and it's saying it's like retelling the story just like uh, uh, in a different way. So I, that's cool, I guess. I think I have an idea of what that means, but I don't want to say. I still have five issues to go, but um, uh, I know what causes the virus and what mm -hmm. causes the hybrids. Um, and it's buck wild, and I don't think they're going to do it that way in the show. Um, it is it is truly bonkers. Um, uh, it, it I will say like one of the biggest changes, and a change that I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it in terms of the show, um, but certainly something I value a lot in the comic as I've read it is uh, in the book. It is explicitly stated that um, all humans are sick; they will all die. They are already sick. It is just taking a different amount of time to get to each person. So whoever's left alive is just not hit their moment yet, um, but it is slowly killing them. Um, so death is an inevitability. And in the comic, all of these people are doing horrible or selfish acts uh, that put the hybrids, what's left of them, in jeopardy because they are trying to preserve themselves because they believe somehow the hybrids are the key to their cure. Um, and it's a really excellent just idea of when put against their own salvation, what this older generation will do uh, to the younger upcoming generation, just totally eviscerate them for their own preservation. Yeah. Um, which I don't know, reminds me of politics, who knows why. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I just think that that messaging in here is really good. And I don't think the show is necessarily going to go that route at this point, especially because like there are things that we've seen in these first couple episodes, like Dr. Singh having a cure a temporary cure for his wife that doesn't exist. Doctor Singh doesn't even show up in the first volume. Uh, yeah. That's true. He shows up in the second. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a he's a very different character. Yep. Um, they've made him him far more sympathetic too uh, in the show. Um, yeah. I, but they have these uh, they have these things like these concepts of uh, of having things like the cure. Like there's you know there's still a hope for humanity. There is no hope. Like they, all humans know they're dying. The um, thing, there, there, there are people who are scrounging at the basic idea of like, oh, maybe we can pull this out of the fire at the very last second. But mm -hmm. uh, most of them have more or less resigned to it. And part of the story is about key characters in the, in the comic coming to the conclusion, oh, we need to foster the future yeah. of the hybrids because they are the inheritors of the earth. Ben, you hit the nail on the head talking about um, how this is like apocalyptic, but it doesn't, it doesn't like feel as apocalyptic as like, as other shows. Like that's what the com the comic is that way. The comic is very like shit's oh, bad everywhere. And that's something again, that I think Jeff Lemire came to this and he's like, I, it has been, it's been like 12 years since that comic came out and we've had a thousand more apocalypse things happen. He yeah. doesn't want to do that again. He doesn't want to have the walking dead, but with his dear boy. So, and I really appreciate that he decided to tell a more like fantastical journey story mm -hmm. instead of like just the really horrible shit that happens in this comic. It's, it, it is really a different story. Um, I think the, the key reason why like both the interpretations of the work work, uh, uh, the original and the adaptation is because the heart of the story is still there, which is Jeopard and Gus. Mm -hmm. And that's really all you need yeah. to make this story sing correctly. Everything else is uh, fluid and tangential and um, they're still all work working for more or less the same concept around the, the boy and the big man. Yeah.
Yeah, I wanted to say uh, one of the things I think the show actually does better than at least the first volume is right away I'm already uh, interested in Gus as a character uh, in the show. As soon as I meet the actor who plays the main Gus, um, I'm much more invested in that character. It took me much longer in the admitted only the first volume uh, to get interested in Gus as a character. I agree with that. Um, I think part of the struggle that I, I certainly can acknowledge, like even though I enjoy Jeff Lemire's art, is that um, age, it does not always come across very well with the way that he does his style. So like, I'm told that Gus is nine in the comic and I'm like, bro, he don't look it to me. Uh, <laughs> like I keep seeing like a 14 year old often when I'm reading it yeah. Um, yeah. because of just how, how tall Gus is, how he's designed. And uh, this comes up later with some of the other hybrid kids too. That's hard for me to picture them at the age they're supposed to be. Yeah, they're yeah. supposed to be like eight and seven. And yeah. I'm, and I just am not seeing that because of how they either socially engage or how they, uh, are just are styled. Um, and that's something I struggle with. And I, it happens on the back end of that too. Um, there are characters who I'm, who you meet later in the comic who are supposed to be a certain age and they seem still too young uh, then for how old they're supposed to be and that kind yeah. of thing. Abbott, Abbott is a key one of those. The second episode is the one that's mostly focused on Dr. Singh, right? Uh, no, but there's a good chunk of it as well. That's I think that's three. Page. I'm trying Dr. to remember... Is the is episode two the cabin and Doctor Singh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love that episode. I yeah. I adore that episode. I was so interested in that episode. I love everything with the family uh, mm -hmm. and Rusty. I think that's yeah. all ex excellently handled. And the terrifying sequence of them burning that house. Uh, that's in episode three. The okay. Doctor well, Singh still. burning the house is in episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Still thought it was um, terrifying. The uh, again, like this, this like the comic is like rated R. It's a hard, mm -hmm. it's it's a mature comic, and this show is like TV fourteen, which is like you know PG thirteen or whatever. But like the uh, the show is like it's violent but not violent, which again I appreciate. Like they really like they're committing to like no, we're gonna keep it like we're gonna lessen the the gore. The dude's flinging a, a, a what's it called a bear uh, uh what's it called bear trap a bear trap. He bear traps a dude and like. And like I thought we were gonna see it, but I'm like, no, right? This is this is like a PG-13 show, right? Like the 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 mom when she turns off the light in the in the bed and she gets startled because of of Gus's eyes. So yeah. uh, the the um, ever present concept of like what it truly means for Gus to be a hybrid. Um, these are things that Jeff Lemire just didn't bring to the comic, which are like Gus's night vision, his ears hearing, always moving, his hearing, his uh, sense of smell. All of these things are really prominent in the show in a way that they're just not. Uh, and I can say pretty much not ever in the book. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's a different, there's just a different arc that Gus is following than what it seems to be on the show, which is totally fine. I'm here for it either yeah. way. Um, I think that they both have their strengths for the story that they're telling. Uh, and I am glad that they decide to diverge down different paths. Jeopard is a very, very clearly different character right from the outset. Yeah. Um, even though he is still at his heart who he's supposed to be for this story. Um, yeah. Because uh, ultimately, like, I know you guys got to the end of volume one, which is where it's revealed that, you know, like, he, he took Gus to the preserve on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, 
I think this is no shock to you guys later in the story, you know, he will change his mind about that and he will reunite with Gus and that, cause that they are the key of the story is them being a duo together. So, you know, that's not done. I figured. I figured. Um, so, so just kind of having to skip that arc and skip the, like, you know, kind of re-earning trust part of that, I think is, is a fine, good choice for the show. Like, let's not even open that casket if we don't need to, there's so many other avenues to explore. Yeah. Um, I'm super intrigued still cause we're, we're three episodes in, but I still don't really know who some of these characters are supposed to be. I'm, I won't, going to talk about amy um amy is introduced in the beginning of episode two as a really important character and i'm going to tell you 100 i have no idea who she is because she's not in the book um uh however i do think she is a reinterpretation of a character named lucy who you guys have actually already met she was the black girl in the brothel um uh if if I'm correct, uh, it would actually make a lot of sense. Um, Lucy in the book ends up becoming kind of a surrogate mother character to uh, one of the hybrid kids, uh, the pig girl. And mm. of course, we see the pig girl baby at the end of episode two. So I think I that also That's makes me past. think that also makes me think that Amy stuff is in the past. Um, yeah. That girl's going to be like mm, older, be closer to Gus's age when we actually reconnect with wherever their stories sync up. Yeah. Um, I think they're faking us out about that. Uh, but it, it is interesting. I'm pretty confident that's who Amy is, that she is supposed to be Lucy mm-hmm. um, in some form, essentially filling the role that that character did down to the essential level. Uh, and it's a really interesting, different interpretation if that is the case. Because like we didn't know if this was a a uh, like a limited series thing or like there will be a season two. But it seems like with the way they're introducing characters so early that this is like a one season. Like we're gonna we're gonna uh, try to tell a single story. A, another concept like Ben, you haven't watched episode three yet. I'm not I'm not really gonna massively spoil anything for you. Um, you are going to meet these characters. Uh, they're um, a group of kids who seem to idolize the hybrids, want to protect them. Um, in the comic, that group doesn't appear, but a different group that kind of has created a religion around the hybrids appears. This is another thing that kind of like I value in the comic a lot is that uh, uh, they, they're, Jeff Lemire is really very much exploring this idea of, uh, of a religion and a connection to God. And that's on purpose, knowing where the uh, story goes in those comics. Um, and it, it creates this interesting idea of like what you are owed by cosmic means mm-hmm. is what uh, is being discussed. And some people kind of get with the program and feel like the hybrids are the future. And so they want to foster that, but they also take it a little too far. They obsess over them. They create this entire religion around them. Some believe that uh, some believe that uh, the important part, like what Abbott wants to do is he believes that all hybrid children need to be brought to them so that they can experiment on them so that they can try and find a cure because he believes in the blood of the hybrids is the cure to the disease um whereas like others the, these religious groups some of them will eat the hybrids um because they believe that eating of their flesh is going to make them uh you never see it it's not gruesome but you are aware it happens um so all that kind of stuff is there you know uh and uh i don't think the show's ever going to delve into some of those those darker deeper elements and i think that it's all the better for it yeah. i think the show's really colorful a light adventure um, in a really fun way, it has a kind of a youthful energy to it that I think is refreshing mm-hmm. and really, really nice to have on television. And I really like it's not often that I come to a work where like I've enjoyed the original so much and then the adaptation goes in such a completely different direction. But I yeah. do feel like what's truly relevant to, to make the story like agreeable and functional and, and recognizable is still there yeah um and then it's just gone in this entirely other way uh 
I I really like both. I'm I'm looking forward to finishing the show and I'm looking forward to finishing the comics because um, if, if you guys are intrigued, you know it's 40 issues and I do recommend it. Um, it definitely gets weird. I'm gonna tell you like straight up. Uh, uh, the what would be the fifth volume opens with three whole issues that take place in the early 1900s. So make of that what you will. Uh, I wanted to say that uh, because you were talking about the religious aspects in the comic book, um, I think that the dad, the dad's significant changes to the story are indicate are an indication that they're not going that direction as well. Um, what you were talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the dad is uh, definitely in the comics a focal point of having that conversation, uh, certainly based around, like, talking about his his concepts of God and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also tied to, like, other stuff. Uh, Ryan was just talking to me earlier where he's like, uh, you know, like, the dad's definitely less crazy. I'm like, the dad's not actually crazy in the comic. That's not quite what's up. Um, he's, he's but he comes mostly- off of that in the volume that we're... He definitely does because he's mostly uh, feverish from the virus at that point. Yeah. Um, But what ends up happening later is uh, Singh gets a hold of um, of his writings from when he was still stable, and Singh starts to interpret it later in the story. Um, I drink a lot of soda. I'm sorry. I have these. No, it's okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, uh, Singh is is a really interesting change, especially having his wife alive Um, in the comics, as you guys know. Uh, oh no, you haven't met Singh yet. I'm sorry, but in the comics, uh, Singh's uh, Singh had a wife and daughter. They both died, um, so he's he's kind of all alone and isolated, and he he feels like it's his burden to find a cure. Uh, his what a cool alone. way! What a cool way to visualize. Yeah, I love uh, I love the pinky. I love the pinky. <laughs> I think that's great. Um, there's definitely like some stuff I think the show doesn't do very well. I think one good example is like. Uh, uh, there's the scene where we're supposed to be doing like the catch up with Amy of her first days with everything. And uh, the alarm system goes off talking about the virus and people just like freak the freak out and they panic and they throw papers and they storm out of the building and they're all running and screaming. And I'm like, well, we just know that's not how that works. Because <laughs> like, we, 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 we kind of saw like, it also gives the implication that in the first one, it's like, this was a gradual thing. Yeah. Um, and it and it was it was in the the books and it would be in the show and so like that panic is just like it feels like it's for the effect of like the montage yeah. but it's not very representative of like what the population would have been doing at that moment because they're acting like they're about to be bombed and they're not you know like it's it's, <laughs> it's a wild reaction I'm like oh that's a lot guys I mean like I've lived through that uh, pandemic I <laughs> I know that that's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no like siren that goes off like COVID's here. Oh yeah, no! There's no, there's no immediate threat that makes you just react that way. Um, I do. I do wonder if the tone change is because of when it was filmed. I don't think that's the only reason. It feels like something that was much more premeditated than that, or the yeah. show would have had to have been delayed. Um, I'm sure that they felt like maybe they even leaned a little further off of some things, but I think it already was working in this opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine that they were heading into it, um, I think without, it the, without yeah. some of this in mind and yeah. were able to put the show out this fast. Uh, I think that some of this was certainly thought of before. I love how colorful it is. Me too. I love I, all the colors. It's hard. It's hard not to uh, praise that. Um, certainly, uh, Christian Convery plays Gus. He's mm. really excellent. Love him. Oh, I, he's so good. He's so and, good. And uh, and Nanzo Ananzi is the name of Jeopard. Um, uh, interesting thing, and it's just kind of just a commentary on like 
Americanized, like this isn't even Americanization, but like mass media Americanization um, is, uh, you know, Jeff Lemire, because he's Jeff Lemire. And he's Canadian. Uh, Jeopard is a hockey player in the comics, oh, yeah. um, but we got to make him a football player. Or, you know, like audiences in America just aren't going to connect with it. We got to make him a football player. And no, I'm like, Americans oh, don't know what hockey is. Come on. I mean, what's a, what's a hockey? What's a hockey? Um, yeah. I will say that Jeopard has a sick ass moment uh, later in the series in the comics where he like skates uh, out to go like just do something awesome. I don't want to say more than that. Uh, and the fact that like that moment will almost certainly not be relevant in the show because it's like a character beat. It's like the first time he's picked up skates since he left the ice as yeah. a professional player. And I'm like, damn, this is a great moment. And like, that's just not going to happen. It's like Kratos picking up those blades of chaos. Yeah. What's going to happen? Is that we're gonna get to a point? He's gonna look down. Football. Boom. Throw, <laughs> throw it, 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 I, I promise you, it would not be the same as what um, I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, but it, j- just an interesting like uh, analysis kind of thing. Um, but but I'm really happy with Nanzo Anansi in the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's really good. He's got a good presence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that he got this after Artemis Fowl did him dirty. I keep forgetting. Yeah. And to be fair, to be fair, he's, he's probably my favorite thing in Artemis Fowl. Yeah, uh, because he he's playing the, that character so well. He was the only good thing in Artemis Fowl. Mm. That's not, I won't go that far. Uh, yeah, you know, we're fine. We had um, it's, it, was it, it? It's Judy Dench in that, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. No, not I forgot the Judy Dench. Yes, yeah, Judy Dench. Yeah. Judy Dench. Yeah. Top of the morning to you. Yeah. yeah. Little leprechaun lady. Hell Look, yeah. I'll, I'll listen to all of Judy Dench's scenes in that movie at least one more time <laughs> in my life, and that's fine. At least once. Um, but but definitely those two, and then kind of nothing else in that movie. Um, yeah, it's I, it's curious that uh, again we don't know for sure, but it looks like this is a one season thing where there's kind of tell the whole story in one go. And I'm wondering if that's the if that was the best method because like obviously you could extend this thing for as many seasons as you want. You can add your own story. Um, but I wonder like instead of trying to instead of like making it go as long as we can, we just tell one perfect season and just get the whole thing out and oh. like. The fact that it's eight makes me think there's more. Yeah, but the thing is, I agree. But again, like stuff from like volumes ahead is showing up now, like an Invincible. Well, but but like, like Invincible is gonna get ten seasons, right? But I mean, this is only a forty issue comic. It's also a hundred issues true. more, yeah. And, and I'll tell you, like, uh, they're they're definitely playing with at least ideas of elements that don't come until like issue twenty five. Yeah. So so they're they're moving through. Um, I could see more. Uh, for sure. I think that they're just really going to go for it in their own opposite direction of what the comic is doing. Because again, like uh, a big part of like what becomes the third act is them learning the cause of the virus and the hybrids um, as, as separate things. And uh, I don't think that that's going to uh, uh, be, be the same thing in the show. Was it the dad? Did he do it? That's my theory right now. Uh, Cannot confirm nor deny. Um, I'm really not going to tell you. Uh, My theory is that Will Forte did this. Does that sound as... It is crazy. I'm telling you. The thing in the comics, the the reason is insane. He had sex with a deer. Um, uh, That was his mom in that show. uh, I'm looking at my notes right now. Um, We talked about how the pinky shaking symptom is really cool while you were in the restroom. Um, Oh, real quick. That scene... uh, Oh, that's that's an episode three thing. That's fine. There's a dinner party. That's like really... That's really, really tense. It's really tense, Ben, because of someone having that symptom in the room. Um, uh, I really like the concept of the maps 
uh, how Gus starts putting that together in the first episode. I thought that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I just love the whole thing of like Jeopard showing up and just like helping him fix his place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, something that I don't feel like they've hit on enough um, and is really important in the comics. I'm sure the show will bring it up at some point. They've, they've hinted at it. I just wish that they were hammering it a little more is uh, the concept that um, most people don't even care about raising the hybrids or taking care of them. That's why most of the hybrids don't speak English. Those that have been lucky enough to live up to about Gus's age don't speak. Um, And so everyone kind of gets to treat them as less than human still. Uh, And, and so it really unnerves people. There's also when they encounter Gus and he talks, there's also some stuff though in the comics that I, I, I wonder will be in the show is like some, some babies are born more animal than human. So they can't even speak. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's oh yeah, because the, they talk about like someone had a duck bill or something. Yeah, yeah, like there's, there's stuff in the comics. There's a yeah. there's a hybrid, oh, like there's though, a yeah. hybrid kid that shows up um, like at past issue thirty, uh, and they're literally like they're stunted to be the size of a bird, um, like wow. they're more bird than they are person. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but they're about this big, um, but they're like but they're like a seven year old kid. Like it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, I cannot stress enough how much I like the first scene between Jeopard and Gus, uh, just the energy between them. The chemistry between these two actors is just working really, really well for the show, which is great because it is the key element. Um, uh, I'm not going to turn you in. I'm an asshole, but I got limits. I guess that told us all right there that Jeopard is not the same motivated Jeopard nope. uh, from the comics. Yeah, he's definitely nicer. Again, like like the the sheen of grim is just lifted off the whole. Yeah. The cynicism that that's a lot in the comic is just like it's like oh let's not be let's not be so sad. Yeah, I I really I really like the show. I think it's really enjoyable. Um, I, I also really like the comic. Uh, I think I finished the show first though, because I just kind of like. I, I think I personally like it more, but I do see how both have value and what and the mediums they were told in. It's a lot easier to watch eight episodes and read 40 issues, too. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I just want to shout out because, you know, like this is probably the only opportunity I'll really take a lot of time to talk about Sweet Tooth. Uh, just uh, without spoiling anything for you guys, there are two epi- two issues uh, where Jeff Lemire does something really cool, which is uh, I'm just going to example it with this book, which is where um, two issues start telling the story. They're mostly dialogue with less art mm-hmm. uh, and they tell it this way. And so when he does art, they're like usually a spread page and dialogue or like one panel here and one big panel here and dialogue and dialogue. And he does that for a whole issue where you're flipping up sideways. Um, and it, it's really nice. And it's kind of like they're, they're kind of like the, the longer break time jumps where like a lot of time passed with the, the group you're following around Gus and Jeopard um, just kind of doing a thing for a while in a place. And then the story has to pick up again. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a nice way to do it, especially because the dialogue is almost like it's coming. Like when he describes it, it's not coming from Gus, but all of the names are not the names of the characters. They're the names that Gus uses to describe those people. Because Gus almost never uses, even as he meets other people later, he almost never calls people by their name in the comic. He's always referring to them as the nice lady or the pretty lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, uh, the only ones he refers to by names, this is a really interesting point, are hybrid kids. All human beings he refers to by like titles, oh. uh, but he reveres only, them. But only hybrid kids does he refer to by name. Yeah. Uh, until much later in the comic, he actually does call Jeopard, Jeopard. Yeah. Hey man. Um, so I really like the music. Uh, yes. In the show. 
I think it's all very well picked, and the needle the needle drops are just right. Uh, I, I want to shout out Will Forte as the dad. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I made this a, a mention to Ryan and Megan where I said uh, I think Will Forte's got a lot of Robin Williams energy at this point. He does yeah, a lot yeah. of comedy stuff predominantly, but when he does drama stuff, it really does work for him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. sells it. Yeah. Um, and I also really like the final scene of the first episode uh, with uh, Gus running across the across a very long field. How long did he wait to chase after him? Long, um, longer than he should have probably. And, and then like yelling over the 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 cliffside. I thought I just thought that was really powerful. A really yeah. powerful moment. Uh, I really love the idea of him looking out at it um, when he hears he's got his internal voice, but his internal voice is talking to his dad, and he says, "What if you were wrong?" Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really good. Uh, I I love the use of just like the, the dog. Uh, just that first episode is just really well paced out to give you a vibe of like what his connection was to his dad, um, what he's been told about the world, how he interprets it, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I love the story that uh, his dad tells him about what happened to the world. His his concept, his Sire. conceptualization of it, of like you know the bad people and they were punished because the world should belong to you. Um, really enjoy it I, I think that's really nice uh and and shout outs to like the younger gus the two-year younger gus mm-hmm. who appears like that that yeah. actor is also really good and engages well with will forte baby gus um i also i also just want to say like the story is basically the same story that he's told in the comic book but it's told with a different like uh cause and that to me made all the difference like in the comic he's like god did this because god was angry at us and then in the in the in the show he's like um this happened because we were mean to you, essentially. Uh, and no, I yeah, really like we destroyed the planet. Well, yeah. uh, Earth, Earth did this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Earth punished Mother us. Mother Earth and Earth uh, punished us for hurting you for being upset. I really, I that that distinction, it made that moment ten times better for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, without personally. giving anything away, that kind of comes around again in his messaging later in the comics. Okay. Uh, I, I can not, only say that's not for nothing. I will say that, like, you as you learn more about the dad in the comics, his conceptuality of like his conceptuality is misunderstood as Christian when he's referring to the to God, mm-hmm. and you come to learn by reading the comic that that's not Gaia, what it is, and he's more referring to nature itself Mama. as representation of a deity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have much more to say on this. I really both. I, I do wish I could have watched more of, you know. Yeah, me too. Me too. Stuff. But I probably I'll probably finish it. Maybe. Well, I want to watch it with you though. Um I'll finish it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, uh, Ben? It's so far what I've seen and what I've read, I'm interested. I would like to see it to the end. I I hope I'll keep reminding myself to make time and sit down and watch it because unfortunately there are times where I see shows I'm like, yeah, this is very interesting, and then I just move away and focus on other projects and other things and then don't go back to it so Mm -hmm. um, i would like to see how this ends because i'm actually intrigued and i want and also i kind of want to get to the part in the comics where we do find out what caused the virus and what caused the iris so i'm intrigued so i i might i might revisit this someday but i mean i still i liked what i saw i enjoyed it it was very entertaining and also quick little thing I love how sometimes when they put in little like snippets, like when uh, in the show when Amy goes to the zoo for the first time, it says the Essex County Zoo. So yes. she's on the scene. And I'm like, hey. Uh, there's the Gideon Falls one too. There's yeah, the Gideon. 
Gideon Falls has one, but it's Gideon Place. And there's also Platoon, Pla, Plato. There's, there's a comic book that I did that behind her before she gets to Essex County Zoo. Um, there's like a billboard and it has another Jeff Lemire comic. That starts oh, with I starts it's on my it's on the tip of my tongue. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that pretty right away. Cool Easter eggs. I wonder if there'll be more in future episodes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I was I was loving when they put little Easter eggs in like that. It's like I'm like, eh, Essex County, I know that one. Mm-hmm. And even when I saw Gideon Place, I'm like, that I feel like that's a I, reference to something. I own it. It's Plutona. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think that'll do it. Sparks, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah. Um, I think that the comic is super good, obviously, because I read a bunch of it. Um, I'll probably be done with it in a matter of days. Um, and I highly recommend it uh, if this story interests you and you want to see the darker original adaptation. Uh, sorry, original work. Um, I do think that like while this is very cynical um ultimately the story as it's being told uh what shines out is uh an optimism for when people choose to be selfless um and that's really what uh shines out and what changes people and helps them to grow throughout the comic as it's going um so i do think that that's there it's not all dark all the time but it definitely starts in a dark place and it does dip back down into those dark depths frequently um but there are nice and uh optimistic hope things to look at and certainly i think that just got turned all the way up for the show in a good way Mm -hmm. uh so I, rec- I recommend trying both, honestly. Um, and, you know, if one doesn't appeal to you, then the other probably will. But uh, I'm glad that there's outlets for this story. I think Jeff Lemire made a really cool world with a really cool concept. And honestly, that I feel, even as I'm coming to the end of the comic, never got explored as much as I wanted it to. And I hope that the show has an opportunity to explore it even more. Because uh, uh, while I really like the story he's going for, there I have so many questions about, like, what happened with a whole lot of hybrids that we don't meet and things like that. Uh, Ryan, did you get final thoughts? No, but I will. Um, I like them a lot. I like them both. Um, I, I really, I really like that it is so different from the comic. So, like, yeah, like if you didn't connect, <coughs> if you didn't connect with one or the other, maybe the other version of it will will connect with you. Because I do think the the central core of what the story is is really, really good. Um, it's just like, hey, do you want it to be a little darker or not? Um, they're both they're both worth worthwhile. Uh, I want to just just quickly say uh, we've had a good trend with. Uh, comic book adaptations trying to translate to shows uh making a different making a slightly different product that works in its medium as just as well as the comic book works um pretty good so far yeah oh yeah like invincible we got Watchmen doing the boys the the boys oh yeah the boys is a great example of of making it less violent but making it better because the, the the comic is a little too much yeah a little too much all right so we're going to skip next week altogether um, we are taking a break next week because uh, well, we deserve it. Um, just look at the time code on this episode. 420. And, uh, but Ben, it'll be mm-hmm. your book club when we're back. It is. Uh, you don't know what it is, right? No, I do not. All right. So I'll post it on social media uh, the week before that episode airs. So, Love it. Stay tuned for that. Okay, as I said, we're skipping next week, but we are going to be coming back with a review of Luca, which is the Disney Pixar film that's that is dropping next week. Um, Ooh! But we'll we'll review it. We'll have it up uh, after that, and then uh, out for it. And then F nine will be the episode that we are back with. Yeah.
I don't know. You guys know the, the song in that trailer where it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. what he's saying. I can feel the love. Don't lie to me. I'm not lying. I can feel the love. I guess that would make sense. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that will be the episode. It's, 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 so earlier in the song, he says, I can feel the love. And then the repeating chorus is, feel the love. Feel the love. That's it. All right, okay. cool. <laughs> now stay tuned for that. The ninth entry in the Fast Saga. Hell yeah. Uh, of course, guys, you can check out our other shows such as Conversation, which is my audio, uh, which is my audio show where I talk to podcasters. Uh, so hopefully, your favorite podcasters. This week, I talked to Richard Kirk, and that series is not going on hiatus because I've already episode, I've already done the episode. I think it's Carrie Carrie Caris Lunn from the Kingdom Minds podcast. Okay. I believe is next. That's a Kingdom Hearts podcast for those of you interested. Um, ben, I'm sure you just woke up a bit because of that. Sure <laughs> uh, of course, definitely check us out on YouTube, on, on YouTube if you are already. Um, subscribe to this channel, like this video. And you can check out our other shows such as Fake Nerds Watch. We had recorded the first episode for Loki. Uh, that is going up this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That show's back. Exciting. Marvel's back, baby. And, of course, Basement Arcade, which is a Let's Play series, which is currently on hiatus. Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which mm. put out an episode from E3. Well, we're all wrong. Well, so far. So far, we're <laughs> but, all wrong. Nintendo hasn't had their presentation yet. But it's a good episode anyway, so watch it. It is, true. It, is a, it is a very good episode, and eventually we're definitely going to do something after E3. I don't know when that's going to happen, because I'll be gone next weekend. I cannot believe Mag is still here. What? Mag, you're insane. So you're the best guy ever. Thank you. Good night, bud. Crazy. Good night, Mag. Oh, good night. Thank you so much. Um, Fakner Book Club, uh, which is on a hiatus, but should be back soon. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. And of course, our newest show, our freshman show, our baby show, Animation Station. Choo choo. Sparks's uh, new show is up now. You can check out the Adventure Time Distant Lands BMO discussion. Uh, Sparks, I'm really proud of you for doing that. I, was I just sat down and recorded the thing. <laughs> I also love your all your logos. I just I don't know if you hear that enough from me. I I don't hear that enough from anybody. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so of course, all those can be found on wherever you find us. Uh, definitely check out our Crafted by Z mask. We have masks that have our logo on them. Uh, it's our birthday. Buy one. Give us. Give us money for our birthday. It's our birth week. Buy a t-shirt. Join our Patreon. Very limited amount of time left for the the current Patreon exclusive shirt. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Did you want this? Here, take this. No, he loves. He loves. Like he loves. Like please. (laughs) Make it. Let it end. (laughs) Jesus. That's. You know. You got to get that one good laugh in at the end. Um, crafted by z masks are still available you can check them out and buy them that's linked below you can check out our patreon as ben said uh where you can join the elite club of being stephen king's best friend and ben i know you think that joke ends on june july on july 1st but you're wrong because we will keep that joke alive until i decide to bring back that shirt yeah uh brandon do we have a new patreon tier Oh! What? Thanks. Maybe! 
Oh my god, I'm so sad I didn't bring this up at the top. Yes, subscribe to our Patreon because now we have four tiers. Oh god. You know you know these tiers best as our $5 tier where you can get a bunch of cool stuff. And yeah. you know our $10 tier where you can get the Ben Magnet. Is you're, you're our Stephen King's best friend, just like Ben Magnet. Okay. Uh, for a limited time, for only two more, two and a half more weeks, uh, July 1st is when the new shirt goes up. And we have the $20 tier where, you know, if you love us, give us 20 bucks, and Ryan will give you a ship in a bottle, only for the first person. I'm waiting for it. That does that. But now there is a fourth tier, a little brother that has joined them. Because you kind of like us. One dollar. Gets you nothing. Except for our gratitude. And that's it. Nice. Um, we've also discussed that potentially, uh, if we do a Fake Nerds After Dark, that's probably the tier it goes to. Yeah, sure. Because uh, it's only a dollar. It's only a yeah. dollar. Yeah, if, all those, if, if our third high tiers don't, you know, don't do it for you, don't want the shit, you whatever... Maybe you want, but you want to support us. One dollar. What the fuck? One dollar a month. Hey, uh, yeah, you know, uh, just a tier. If you if you just want to offer some support, because we understand, like who who can necessarily allow themselves to not think about, uh, you know, uh, what's five times twelve? Oh, 60. 60. Who, who has the time I to think about I'm, I'm doing math, year? not at three in the morning. <laughs> who has time to think about $60 a year? You know, like you don't want to be concerned about that or anything higher. That's the $5 tier. Uh, we understand if you can just give $12 a year. That's awesome. Look at yeah. that. There you go. $1, guys. If you love us or, hey, if you want a t-shirt like the one I'm wearing right now, I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan, uh, you can check out our T Public. Both of those, Patreon and T Public, are linked below. Uh, new shirt going up, Animation Station shirt going up this week. Stay tuned for that. Nice. Um, and, uh, I slipped up. And our website is also linked below. You can check out our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com where you can find all the links that I've mentioned. Uh, everywhere you can find us, that's there. Plus more. Check it out. Thank you to everyone who listens. And thank you to everyone for the five, past five years. You guys rule. Um, thank you to Mac who constantly does this. Thank you to the people who watch the replay. Thank you to everyone who supports us by by watching and listening to our crap. Oh yeah. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our all of our themes, including the new animation station theme. Um, he does our interim music that you've heard tonight. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards, and you can find his uh, podcast, Suburban Proctologist, on iTunes. Wherever you can listen to podcasts, facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike's great. He's wonderful. He, he recently just texted me about how much he liked our, our fifth anniversary. And I was oh, shocked because wow. I was like, wow, you watch our shit? Nice. I mean, he um, did this. So I think he, yeah, he doesn't need to watch it. <laughs> I don't think he likes us. You, th- you think, oh, he, no, he does like us. I'm just saying, it's, it's a funny thought that like he has to watch every night just because like, do they have the logo? He He's was like, definitely it's six o'clock. I got it. It's fake nerd time, I guess. He was definitely pumped about the the concept of the game. So, yeah, love it. Um, he it's a really cool guy. But you find him at Mike Pantola. He did all of our logos, uh, for Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Book Club, and Miscellaneous. All right. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FickNerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. 
You can find me sleeping like a baby and dreaming about video games at Ben Maga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, waka, there wasn't. Waka, 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 That's pretty waka, much waka, how it goes, waka. honestly. It's either that or I've been having really weird dreams of MasterChef recently. I'm kind of concerned. But oh. also, I didn't have a, a article this week because. I didn't was... hear MasterChef. Dude. Oh, Lord. I, as uh, we said earlier, or we didn't say earlier because it didn't happen this week, I write for oldschoolgamermagazine.com. A new article should be coming up this week. Um, it's probably going to be about E3. It's probably not going to be about E3. I have a few <laughs> ideas to write about, but I got to sit down and, you know, write them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparks. Uh, you can find me sneaking into Ben's room and screaming him awake in two hours. <laughs> At Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. And Ryan. You can find me going into work. In five and a half hours at DJ Tony Snark. I'm so sorry. Me too. It's, a, it's my fault. <laughs> Subscribe it's to us on iTunes, fault. Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Musical Podcast, and Pandora. Great review wherever you get us. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time, guys, stay focused.